Are you getting yourself ready for our show? Morning, jigheads and jiggettes. We've got some fantastic stuff in store for you this week. Jigs and Bigs took a couple of bites out of the Big Apple this weekend. We'll give you all those details. Sean had a rough week while I prepped for the Springfield Sportsman Show and dealt with a pair of flatulent Irishmen. And just the tip this week, it's brought to you by Gatorade and Old Wives Tales. And FTG, we're dealing with uh, birds of prey and how not to deal with them. Lots of details coming about that. Bait of the Week continues. In the beef seat this week is uh, returning friend of the show, Todd Grubbs. Uh, hold on to your Primus tattoos. This week's Jigs and Bigs is about to clear out your colons. I hope you're ready for it. Go ahead, grab yourself something delicious. You're not going to want to miss it. we got much more good stuff coming up after this with Jigs and Bigs. Absolutely right. I hope you guys are ready to have a good day. That's what we got going for you this week. Jigs and bigs, all kinds of amazing things that we got to talk about this week. We, we got our little live stream happening for our jig heads. We got a couple of guys in here. We got Vidal with us. We got Mike Mariani with us. I mean, this is this is good. And it's this is interesting when we do a show earlier in the day like this. On uh, uh, literally on the day it's going to drop because it's going to drop tonight about 11, 11 p.m. Um, there is so much stuff we have to put together and we haven't recorded a single bit of it, but uh, there's a lot to talk about. We were Sean and I were talking about was it Thursday or Friday. We we're going over some of the details here, and there was there was a lot of shit going on this week. Like we were quite literally all over the Northeast, and for totally different reasons. And uh, we're going to go ahead and get 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 into it. Sean, how how are you this morning? How are you? Let, let's let's touch base with you. How walk us through? Where are you? How are you? <laughs> I'm feeling feeling much better. Um, I I called you last night or texted you last night and said, "Be ready to do the show alone because on my, on my I was sick all day yesterday. Yeah. On my way home from the New York uh, New York City boat show, I I didn't want to stop. I wanted to get home so bad. I I didn't even want to stop and get like aspirin or anything. You know, a pain reliever. Yeah, I had like a. I guess it was a cold. I had a fever. Um, I was getting chills. I was sweating. All the the awful things, and then my head felt like it was in a vice. That's the uh, worst and, feeling. And, yeah, this all started on on Saturday because I felt a, a sore throat coming on, and I'm like, ah, oh, it must just be from all the yelling I did at basketball last night because we had a pretty rocking crowd um, at the basketball game on Friday night, mm-hmm. and I was yelling to the kids. Let's make it you know, apparent what I was doing to, to get over the crowd noise. So they knew what the, you know, what was going on. Oh yeah. And I felt a sore throat and I said, ah, it'll go away. And then I ended up yelling a little more on Saturday. We had more basketball. And then Sunday I was dead to the world and yeah. I probably shouldn't have, um, I probably shouldn't have been involved honestly with the, with the boat show, the way mm. I was feeling. But, um, three bells was in kind of a pinch with, um, a ride situation. And, uh, I jumped in on it and we'll get into that more later. Um, I think because we'll talk about New York City, but uh, I, I do want to start 
mm-hmm. with a public ser- with a public service announcement. If you don't mind me kind of wrangling I, the I show here it. to start. No, no, <laughs> dude, by all means. And this is this is going to be a recurring theme throughout the show this week. Um, well, I hope not, actually. So this past week was a little rough for me. Mm-hmm. But the public service announcement that made it rough for me is, guys, if you're 45, go to the doctor and make sure you get your colonoscopy. It's part of life. Make sure you don't have something going on inside of you that can, you know, either alter your life severely, alter everyone's lives around you or oh, yeah. end your life. So, yeah, go go get checked out. It sucks. No one wants to do it. I didn't want to do it. And honestly, I've had a number of upper GI endoscopies over the years, so I kind of know the procedure for the most part. Yeah. And uh, I knew what I was in for, at least partly. <laughs> um, but uh, it still sucks. Like with an upper GI, you don't have to clear your digestive tract exactly. out the day before. Yeah. So you and I were going back and forth or calling or texting or whatever on on Tuesday because that was my clear out day. And you have mm-hmm. to drink, a, what, what is it, a, a gallon of, so, well, I, I had the go lightly, which basically turns your insides yellow. You keep, it turns your insides yellow. You can't have anything to eat solid. You can have clear liquids for a day and you are on the toilet for 12 hours. It just sucks. All right. So I went ahead and did that and I had a basketball game that night. And I, I took it early in the morning, and you're supposed to drink it over the course of two hours. And I knocked it down and was just running to – I was wearing a tread between my kitchen and my bathroom oh, for two man. hours. And then things kind of slowed down, and I said, okay, okay. And then I had a drink of water. And then immediately, bam, cleared it right out again. I said, okay, so I cannot have anything to drink if I plan on coaching a basketball game yeah. tonight. <laughs> All right. One of my rules – and this should be a second public service announcement. One of my rules on the court is – if you throw a basketball towards any human being, you call your name, you call their name or make sure they're aware That's right. before you let go of the ball. One of my players, great kid, did not do this intentionally, threw a rebound my way and then yelled my name after it bounced and was already on its way to my nutsack. It hit me so hard, I had the one or two seconds to scream an obscenity, which the gym shook when I screamed it. And then I grabbed my nuts and headed to the bathroom, and it it literally knocked the shit out of me. I was on the toilet dying. Like, what happened? Oh yeah. So, so that was my Tuesday. Wednesday, the procedure went fine. Um, you're unconscious for it, guys. So you just you go night night and you wake up and yep. um, you fart a lot and then you go on with life. Um, to celebrate this accomplishment, I knocked down two pizzas from Uno's because I hadn't eaten in two days and yeah. said, "Fuck it." You got to make up for you know lost time. Yeah, exactly. So that was uh, that was my Tuesday and Wednesday, and it sucked. And I didn't want to mention anything about it beforehand, but guys, well, it's important actually because the colon's part of the intestine. So I guess women. Well, there were plenty of women getting it. Guys and girls, go get your colonoscopies. Yeah. So here's what I here's what I learned about colons. Colon is your basically it's a big part of your large intestine that basically runs horizontally, so stuff can gather there, and that's why it's a problem. Yeah. In a nutshell, Sean the Fisherman understanding. I'm not a doctor. Disclaimer. Go get flushed. <laughs> so, yeah, go get it checked out. Go knock yourself out for a day. Uh, shit yourself wildly for the day before, and yeah. um, make sure you're healthy. Is the bottom line. So there's my PSA. I love it. The more um, I, insert, the more you know. Ding 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 ding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, um, sometimes you know too much about Sean's <laughs> lower lower digestive well, tract. I don't. Oh God. I don't give a shit. (laughs) Hey, there it is. Hang on. 
<laughs> After that, the rest of my week, um, we had uh, I had a basketball game on Friday night. You mm-hmm. want to talk about so real quick? I know you're not super sports guy, Bobby. But yeah, there are a lot of sorry. guys that uh, that get into this, and a For lot sure. of guys that um, that probably swear at televisions with clock management. Oh yeah. All right. At the end of games for football, basketball, whatever. And they can always do better. And I was one of those guys. You were, you were beating yourself up over this when I talked to you on Friday. Yeah, we had a close game. Um, my, the, the JV kids that I'm, I'm coaching are yep. learning. They're all athletes. I'm making them into basketball players. And yeah. that seems like yeah, a yeah. small distinction, but it matters when you're going up against kids that have played basketball their whole lives and not all mine have. So I am doing yep. the best with what I have and I'm making them better and they are getting better, which is awesome. So I dumbed down everything. I said, we're going to focus on isolations. If I see a height difference, I'm going to yeah. focus on you. We're going to pick on that. It's, yep. I didn't tell the kids this, and I probably should have had you pull this clip, but all I could think about when setting up this offense was, you, you've seen the water boy, right? Oh, yeah. All right. You know at the end of the game when the kicker's going for an onside kick? Yep. And he's like, all right, where is he? Where is he? And and you, he was looking down the line, and there's that one guy who's like shaking and sweating. He goes, there's my bitch. <laughs> So that's what my offense was. I didn't tell the kids that. No, of course not. I didn't want them calling anybody bitches. Yeah. But um, so what happened was um, at the end of the game at the last minute, we were up by one. They came down, sunk a shot. They're up by one. On the way back down, the one kid that I, uh, the one player on our team that was doing a bang up job of my where's my bitch offense. Yep. Um, had 16 points. I don't, he never scored that much in his life. And they put a guy that was six foot two on him. Wasn't super coordinated. Yeah. But I am screaming for my center who now has a guard on him. Exactly. Center's like six foot. Yeah. The, the, the matchup had changed. So I wanted the other guy out of there and I wanted my, my big guy in. Definitely. They didn't hear me. And then somebody threw the ball to my center and the guard picked his pocket. So I'm like, okay, that sucks. Then with about 40 seconds, my son got fouled. They were in a one-and-one, one, so my yep. son went to the line. And I think I have to talk to the student populace. They haven't had exciting basketball at this school in a while. And even though it was just a JV game, it was still an exciting game. Oh, yeah. My son went to the line to shoot free throws. And my luckily, my wife was, was filming this, right? Yep. Because she wanted to see him hit the free throws. Oh, of course. And the student section had two things with them. A mm-hmm. bullhorn oh, God. and one of those those squeaky pigs. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yep. They're wicked loud, long. right? Yeah. They're they're yeah, they're loud. And that's good. I want them to bring that shit, right? Yeah. I don't want them to do that shit when our team is shooting. It's shooting foul. Yeah, exactly. Free throws. They didn't you don't get want it. to do that. They just thought like, hey, free throws make noise. No, it's make make noise when the other team is shooting free throws. Exactly. So my son was rattled, unfortunately, and he's usually aces with free throws and he missed yep. it. It was a one and one, so he missed it. And I looked at the – this is my first year coaching yeah. with a shot clock, all right? So that adds a whole new level of bullshit. Oh, for sure. And I saw about a three- or four-second difference, and I said, we can wind it down and we can get them. And I should – we had plenty of fouls to give. I should have had the kids intentionally foul. Yeah. Um, when all was said and done, we had 1.9 seconds left to get the ball full court and a shot off. Yeah. So my son is the best shooter on the team. I said – come off a triple pick, see what you can do. And he got the ball NBA three-point range and got grabbed and didn't get called. Oh, that's bullshit. So he was so – well, no, it happened. I'm sure he was pissed, though. He was upset. 
so he, I could see him getting so upset that like his eyes were kind of welling up. Yep. So I went out on the court immediately and kind of grabbed him in a hug and just put his head to my chest so nobody else could, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Right thing to do. Like I've gotten upset with games that way too. So sure. I understand that. But you never want to let anybody else see it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. So we uh we went off the court and uh I, I I'm not gonna be at practice today due to some doctor's appointments, but yep. um tomorrow I'm I'm gonna pull the J V team aside and say, I'm sorry, I fucked up. Yeah. I gotta own that. You know, there was the, obviously some other things could have went our way one way or the other, but yep. when it comes down to it, I should have saved as much time on the clock by fouling yep. and I didn't do it. And I, you know, learning, learning, learning a shot clock. I mean, I've been coaching for 10 years and I never had a shot clock. Oh yeah, exactly. Now, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I gotta, yeah, I'll never, I'll never make that mistake again. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that was, uh, that was a little upsetting. And then we go on a Saturday and, uh, that was Friday. Saturday was, um. The Cheshire Swap Meet. It was. Cheshire so, Swap Meet was a good one. Yeah, so it was good. Good turnout. Um, met a lot of fun people. I want to I wanna say that um, we had a – it wasn't a fill-in because he was planning on going anyways. Yep. But we thought we were going to have three people at our table. And by the way, that Jigs and Bigs banner yep. is gorgeous, dude. What a great job you did with that thing. It looks fucking fantastic. Yeah. When you when it, Because I got there, I didn't realize how far out that was even from where I was, and I got a little bit oh, later yeah. of a start than I wanted. So I got there and I set up the table with the table scrim, and I left all the parts there for the backdrop if anybody wanted to put it up. I was like, I don't know if it's worth it. Mainly, I left it there as the bag to be able to put everything, everything in together except for the table, you know, to make life a little bit easier. <clears throat> and you set it up and the pictures you sent, and I'm going to post some of those too on, on Instagram because it looks yep. awesome. Like, I was afraid that that four-foot table would be a little bit too narrow, you know? That's what I like. Perfect. Yeah, I think it worked out really, really well. I'm excited for the the Springfield Sportsman Show. Like, I mean, as good as yeah. that stuff looked, with the stuff that I have in mind, like our booth at this at the Sportsman Show is going to be insane. But go go on, finish talking about about Cheshire. Did you get a chance yep, to meet original- Jeff while you were up there? I did. Jeff yeah, came over a couple nice times. Guy. We talked. Yeah, great guy. So yep. Jeff Jeffrey in the show. If you're interested next year, folks, talk to Jeff over at the uh, Cheshire Rod and Gun Club. He's a point of contact for this. Um, and what I was getting into a second ago was um, we had planned on myself, Nelson, yep. and Chris Dabari running the table. Oh, yeah. And um, unfortunately, Nelson got sick. We yeah. some shit running through the area. Nelson got sick, couldn't make it out. And um, Chris was there. We had a blast. That's I awesome. had such a good time just hanging out with Chris. And, oh, yeah. Chris you know, is me- such a good dude. It was uh, it was phenomenal um, to the point where we we grabbed a bite to eat afterwards. I even called him yesterday. Yep. Um, on the on, I think on the way down to New York City and said, "Hey, I know your schedule is busy. Find an excuse for us to hang out, and we yeah. might be catching a show show at some point." Um, I'm gonna let. Actually, I got to text him about that today. But um, yeah, we had a blast of that. I went and grabbed a bite with Chris, and like I said, at that point, somewhere around Saturday night was when I really started feeling like shit. I mean, I already been pumping cough drops into me all day. Um, but as far as the, the Cheshire show goes, um, one thing I do want to mention, just to wrap that, put a bow on it. So uh, the Cheshire Volunteer Fire Department, all right, is having a an ice der- an ice fishing derby yep. on February twelfth. All right, I believe it's on Cheshire Reservoir. Let me double check mm-hmm. on that. Uh, fishing derby. Yep, both basins of, of Cheshire. Well, Cheshire Lake he has written, but I whatever Lake Reservoir, same thing. So um. If you want to get in touch, if you're in Western Mass and you want to, you're available February 12th. You want to do some ice fishing. The Facebook page, 
is under the Cheshire, that's C-H-E-S-H-I-R-E, Fire Department. And they also have a subpage for the annual ice fishing derby. So check that out. If you want to email C.J. Garner, he's the point of contact. It's C-G-A-R-N-E-R, Cheshire, C-H-E-S-H-I-R-E, B-O-H, at gmail.com. That's all I got for that. That's awesome. You want to talk... You want to talk about your week, and then we'll meet up in New York City and see what happens? Let's do that. Let's actually, let's back up a little. There's a couple things I want to talk about, because right now things are are really kind of popping off jigs and bigs-wise as far as, like, growth goes. We're seeing some real big increases in growth, and I'm not 100% sure if it's just some of the guests that we're getting that are doing some, uh, bringing some new eyes to things. But in general, we're seeing some growth over at Instagram, and we're seeing some growth as far as listening listens and stuff, too, and I appreciate that. Um a couple things I want to mention. First off, uh, welcome everybody who's listening to the show and uh, and getting into it. Um, keep in mind at jigsandbigs.com, uh, we're going to be going through some some uh, little facelift over there. Uh, streamlining things is really what kind of what I want to do is really kind of streamline that website a bit. So that's going to be happening. But over at jigsandbigs.com, we have for you, we've got merch available for the show. We've got t-shirts. We've got hats. We've got all kinds of great products that you can check out uh, over there at jigsandbigs.com. In fact, we have a couple of really uh, we have uh, we have the, a couple of mock-up shirts that we've got, and uh, I've also got uh, Bobby Roast Beef branded merchandise as well with the Bobby Roast Beef logo. If you're interested, I've been you know folks that follow me for trivia nights and all kinds of stuff. Some folks want that logo merch and that everything else, so it's all in one store. Go ahead and check it out. Um, if you're not following us on Instagram or on Facebook you should make sure to follow both locations because we've got some really, really great stuff going. Lately, we've had a lot of really good engagement happening on Facebook, which is awesome. Um, it's uh, it's not the dead uh, platform everybody said that it was. There's definitely lots of stuff going on over there. So if that's more your speed, make sure you're following us over there. But uh, if you're of the Instagram generation and, and that's where you prefer to do most of your stuff, make sure to be following us because we have some good stuff that's going to be coming up for you guys as we get into the fishing sort of world and that's also where you're going to find out with a good sense of immediacy of anything going on regarding our online fishing tournament series or anything like that as far as registration opening things like that uh and and other events as well uh, plus not to mention all the giveaways so make sure you go ahead and do that and the last thing i want to mention is this we got we got a new review over at apple podcast and it was a really really nice one somebody had posted they're like i'm not really all that into fishing but i love listening to bobby and sean and i was like that is freaking awesome man so I love hearing, you know, those types of reviews, but reviews on uh, uh, Apple Podcasts specifically, regardless of if you're giving us some kind of, you know, criticism to work on or anything, anything like that, a review over there definitely helps us quite a bit. Apple Podcasts is still our biggest performing platform with the majority share of about 54% of our listeners listen over there. And Spotify is another one as well that's that's been killing it. And you can give us a star rating on Spotify if you would like. So far, we're doing okay. I think we're 4.7 or 8 or something like that. We're doing all right. So I am, I'm very happy with that. Now let's get back to my week. So last week was an interesting one. Um, I started my week. Uh, there was obviously, you know, editing last week's show, putting uh, a few bells and whistles. And by the the way we're officially at uh we're over 150 episodes now so 
Thank you to everybody who's listening to the show. Thank you, Sean, for uh, taking part of all this wacky weekly craziness that's been happening. 150 episodes for a podcast is a big, big milestone. 100 was a huge milestone, but I mean, here we are. It's been almost a year to that day, and we've grown uh, 50% from then. So, I mean, if nothing else, we are disgustingly consistent with this program. Uh, So, and I I take that as as a huge sort of benefit right there. Um, Cold, colds, flus, colonoscopies, nothing stops us. Oh, yeah. Hit me in the nuts and I'll shit and I'll exactly. still do this podcast. There we go. That's exactly it. And I, and I love that about this show. So there's a little something for everybody. Um, so my week last week, there was a lot of prep involved. I had uh, plans to go to the Big Apple, just like you, Sean. Uh, but I was going with uh, with Queen Beef. And uh, some of you guys may have gotten a little bit of a preview on the Jigs and Bigs Instagram. Not, was I posting the Jigs and Bigs Instagram? I did. I did. I posted a reel about my trip there on the Jigs and Bigs Instagram. We'll, we'll get into those details about all that stuff. Um, this week for me was a lot of planning. It was uh, just coordinating going to set up the, the and drop off the tools for the booth up in Cheshire getting all that stuff together but also I got a chance to sit down and talk with uh, Doug Souza and we're going to have Doug we're going to be talking about the Springfield Sportsman show in a bit Um, so I got to plan a few things with him I started working on a little bit of a video presentation for our booth so that this way there's information on screen at all times about the show Um, that weekend is going to have a lot of stuff and I am really 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 fired up I'm going to go ahead and throw something out there I am working on a little this is a little I'm hoping that it, it pans out the way that I, I'm, I'm, I'm intending, but I'm working on a little bit of uh, content creation there uh, with Becca, um, which could be a lot of fun. And uh, we just have a lot of good stuff planned. I mean, this is going to be a really, really good show over there. Uh, I, I'm really excited to actually have like a multimedia booth uh, for the show and just to meet some folks and hand out stickers and stuff. We got to re-up on some stickers for that. So that was a lot of this week as well. And then kind of getting the dots connected for a lot of what what I've had going on this week. And, of course, I did a full weeks-long schedule of trivia and uh, started out Monday night. Monday night was, man, it was, I don't know, it was like there was a gas leak in there. It was just crazy, man. I'm not not seriously, but, like, just, I don't know what was happening in this place. It was bananas. Uh, Tuesday night was packed. Uh, It was great. Uh, Packed house. Um, Got to uh, bump into PJ from the uh, uh, Beer Bro of Facebook uh, again he was over there we had such a fantastic time I mean it, this is one of the busiest nights we, we've had over at Craft 32 in East Longmeadow um, and then uh, Wednesday night went off without a hitch it was fantastic but Thursday night was uh, probably the best show of the week but with some very very interesting um, well just an interesting sort of backstory here and uh it, it, t- description. it ties into this. <laughs> Good day. Um, so what uh, what this is what I want to talk about. OK, so I, I know I've shared this. Do we talk about this on the show? I know I've shared it with you, Sean, about this one team. Um, and we're just going to we're just going to call them the aroused Irishman uh, for the time being. And uh, it's this, this pair of dudes that, like, I could read immediately that they were just going to slay at trivia. And it's only been a handful of weeks. And, yeah, they, they took the dub last week. Well, 
Um, they stopped to visit uh, a, a team that I they're they're just like the little the, they're the darlings of of Northampton's uh, smartphone trivia. Um, this team, the Flowhos, they're wonderful. I love these ladies. They're so great. In fact, you want to talk about a small world? Two of them have worked with my wife before, so like they know it's 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 nuts. Um, they are awesome. In fact, with the new feature I've been using for speed quizzing for the. Um, profile pictures for the teams we work together to create a custom one for them it's like these four women i think it's a a still shot from like snl i want to say like rachel dratch is in it and like uh i i think it's from like it's from snl and it's they're all wearing like mom jeans and like pink button down shirts you know and 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 i put on their their team name it says flow hose and it says mom jeans ain't nothing to fuck with well there's a little bit of a business deal going with a couple of the flow hose and myself working into getting into a very specific type of events that we're working on together involving trivia and some stuff that they're passionate about, um, which I think could be amazing. Well, I guess what I missed was this. The two remaining flow hose had a conversation with our aroused Irishman just talking shop and I'm not going to get into the details necessarily, but I'm going to I'm going to say this. There was a fart. There was an audible fart and somebody like the conversation just stopped. And then the Irishman exited very quickly. And the, the server who was working that day was just like, oh, my God. And the one of the flow hose, this is where this came from. One of the flow hose then decided that uh, it was time to exit and left them with a good day and then came back our way to give us the story. It's very interesting. <laughs> so the crop dusting aroused Irishman. Uh, what a way to go out, fellas. Wow. Wow. So that story carried me and I was like, you guys are never going to believe this. Then Friday night, we just had an insane game. Like Friday night was just absolutely bananas. This was a night where Greg was like, you guys have to get the fuck out of here. Go like everybody was hanging out, bullshitting. And there's one thing I want to talk about. There is a team and you know, this team, this family, right? They come out and they play routinely. All right. And one of one of this team's uh, one one of this 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 family's uh, members had uh, approached me and said, I'm curious about your opinion about something. And I said, what's that? I'd love to see if I can make it work. Let me see. Let me give you some input. Well, she had gotten a text message from another host that does my game in another community. And this this message basically said, um, so you guys can show up, but you have to either sit apart from one another or um, don't come back. Basically, don't play or throw the game, you know, and. I, I think that's insane. You know, and this was in a conversation where we were talking about my tournament that's coming up because I am. I'm launching a, a speed quizzing, a smartphone trivia tournament, and I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun. And we were talking about it. I was like, you know what? I go, guys, if you want to enter individually, cool. You can all play at the same time. But if only one of you is going to enter, you should really just play on one device. Work together, you know, work together and and do it that way. I was like, that's that's it. But I go, that's because there's money on the game. If you guys just want to show up and play and not enter, 
then that's fine too. You guys can do anything you want, you know? Because you and I have worked yeah. together, come up with a good creative idea for the scoring and stuff. So it's going to, so I think this is going to be a really great tournament. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. And I think we're going to see a lot more participation from up in Northampton, which should really be good because I do kind of love the idea. And if, if I could schedule wise and not put so many games in Springfield, in the Springfield area and only one in Northampton, then I could do the battle for the tofu curtain. I've always wanted to do it, but I've, yeah, pulling that off is tough. Uh, eventually, we'll get there, but the tournaments are are a way to begin. So, uh, here we are, you know, doing all this stuff, working on all, all these details, and it just it got to me. I was like, "Wow, who who the fuck is this piece of shit?" To reach out and say, "Like, yeah, don't come back," you know. And this is a, a family. Like, this is what they do. This is how they spend their time together. Like. It was basically made clear to me that like the the opportunity was they all go out and play this game and play against each other and engage together like that, uh, or they would be at home in different rooms, each of them doing whatever it is that they're doing. So it's like if this is how they're spending their time together as a family, like it's it's supposed to be an entertaining bar game. It's it's not like there's big money on it. Jesus Christ, get over yourselves over there yeah, in Southwick, Jesus. Third place is a $5 gift card. Well, and that's in my games. Over at their games, it's not. First place at that is a game is a gift card. Second place is a coupon for a free appetizer. And then third place is a coupon for a free 12-ounce beer. And for this family, that does nothing. So it's not it's not even a loss leader. It's not costing them anything. There's not, not even handing over any product. They're going to get that and just, like, throw it away. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So it just it it just blows my mind that I'm like, who do you think you are where you're going to tell people like, oh, yeah, you can't show up because you're too clever. Everybody else is so fucking stupid over here. And, uh, you know, you're, you're winning and uh, it's a it's a it's a bad look like, no, 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 no. That's not how it works, man. Come on. Trust me. Um, keep, keep doing what you're doing anyway. You're going to chase them out of there on your own. You don't have to fucking actually ask them. Just to play devil's advocate, I wonder if somebody complained. Oh, I'm sure that they did. But I'm sure that that person is just a local yokel that is just like dumb as a brick and uh, bent out of shape that they missed some questions or even worse, a, a speed bonus, which is nothing. You know, it's like in yeah. the grand scheme of things, what is that? It's probably some local moron that is so unbelievably competitive, but a mental midget when it comes to being able to compete with, you know, these, this, this team that like, trust me, I've been tracking their scores for the longest time. If there was like any collective advantage, it would be so clear to me. <laughs> and there is not, they are way more concerned with competing with one another because it's better competition than most, most other random public arenas they're going to walk into. Very you know? true. Yeah. So, Very I mean, true. that's why I just kind of look at it. I'm like, okay, you know, I mean, I guess, but I was, uh, I, I know it upset her. And I, I was also, I was just like that, that's fucked up. I was like, you know, it would be, if, if there was money on it, I would totally, totally, totally see it working. But, oh, good Lord. Good Lord. Bobby, what, I got to, I got to illustrate something right now. Yep. I've told you we've, we've, we've gone over that when I record this podcast, I'm upstairs in my house and I could see the street and mm -hmm. my neighbor across the street has three young kids. I don't think any of them are even like five yet. Oh, right? okay. Super young. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Let me tell you what just happened while you were talking. I was just keeping an eye on this situation because okay. I worry there was one day one of these kids almost went down a staircase and I, I don't know anything about my neighbor. 
much. All right, I don't. Sure. But the three the three kids, the oldest of which just opened the front door. There's a foyer, so I can see right through to the backyard in this foyer, right? Yep. That's not creepy at all. No, no it's just it's it's an open foyer. <laughs> it's an it's observation. Glass, yeah. It's got big glass windows in the front and back. You walk, it's good. It links up their garage and their their house. So yep. they always go in and out of that door. <laughs> Fucking the oldest kid just ran outside, ran left the door open, ran all the way to the back of the house to play on the swing set. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think mom knows about that. Oh yeah. So mom comes mom comes out with the other two, and she's obviously looking around for number three for a minute, right? Oh sure. <laughs> Meanwhile, she just kind of shrugs and says, "Fuck it." And she's loading the truck up, and I see through the foyer at the back door now. There's number three banging on the door. Oh my <laughs> like, god! Let me in. And then she she realized everyone's in front. She ran around the front. So this is just kind of some ridiculous neighborhood comedy that's going on. I feel like it's uh, the Burbs. You know what I mean? Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's 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 a good comparison. Yeah, it's that's what's going on. Is Burbs? Sorry, I I don't mean to steal your thunder. Oh, it's okay. I it's get, okay. This I get what you're saying transition. on the trivia, but this was happening in front of me right now, live. It was you know live I mean? breaking news. I understand. You've got to cover these things. <laughs> I'm the neighborhood creeper. These I are situations, it. you know, and you heard it heard it here first. So this last thing I kind of want to bring up before we get into the conversation of the Springfield Sportsman Show and all that, the prep and everything going on there, has to do with this post that I put up. Geez, like almost almost like two and two and a half months ago, almost three months ago. Um, yep. Now, here, here's the thing. I put up this a lot of posts on the Jigs and Bigs Instagram that are uh, reposts. I use an app uh, that what I'll do is I'll, I'll find a post that's interesting that I can make some kind of commentary on or use it as a point to ask a question or engage the, the followers. And what I'll do is I'll, I'll copy that post. So the little three dots across from the, the profile, I'll, I'll copy that post's URL. I'll open up repost and it automatically pastes it in there. And I take Take that post and I post it to our own page, uh, the Jigs and Bigs page. That's what I do. I post it. So I basically am sharing a post there. But what I do in the caption is I add my two cents, whatever the conversation is. So when you see something like this, I'm trying to I'm looking for a post that I have an opinion on something that I can add. So I wrote on here. I said, it's not often that you can uh, that you see what can only be described as an undeniable example of extreme faith and quite literally anything, as we can see in this guy's faith and the strength of his of this rod it's even more rare to see that and see uh such an amazing example of legendary ditch pickle from the tales of angler's lore but then again i suppose you need to see them both in order to see either no it's too early for uh my gas station philosophy that was my input right there this was a picture of a guy with a a big ass swim bait and a giant swim bait rod uh basically boat flipping <sighs> It's a big old fish. It is. I mean, I would say eight plus pounds. It's a big fish. It's a real big fish. This fish lands like right in the seat, actually, of the console. Um, and he goes over and he's like, holy shit. He's grabbing the rod like up further on the blank in order to lift this thing up. And was this a stupid move? Absolutely. In fact, he might have even said that. Um, the original po comment says that time I realized way too late that I was about to launch a trophy bass into the cockpit seat cushion with the battle shad 9.0. Uh, there's no stopping it once you've committed and what's done is done. Lessons are, are to be learned. Make the adjustment and keep moving forward. So here's the thing. I post these things with the sheer intention of engaging and, and starting a conversation. Um, that post 
has been seen 393,000 times. Not the original post. The one I reposted has been seen almost 400,000 times. It has 21,000 likes. <laughs> it also has, I mean, I'm not even sure how many comments there are, but a sea of comments. Most people commenting on the fact that that fish is an absolute tank. Most people commenting, hey, a net would be a good idea. And then some people just getting like outright, like, like out for blood. Like they're just, they're a little ridiculous. Some of these folks. But again, I realize this is the case. You know what I'm saying? I got a DM from some absolute fucking what piss hole um that that reached out to me uh and sent me a dm this was over the weekend this was saturday at six at night right before we left for the show actually right before we left for madison square garden to see louis ck i got this message from an instagram profile that is e-t-x-r-e-y e-t-x-r-e-y is the username and what they sent to me was Wish I could boat flip you and smack you around for an Instagram reel. Garbage human, rotten hell. Your parents are bums just like you. So, of, of course, I did what the Instagram, you know, uh, terms of service would say. I reported that for hate speech. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Bullying and hate speech. That's what I put in there. I'm like, this is bullshit. Uh, again, am I concerned? No, not at all. Am I shocked? Yes, that people are that fucking dumb. Holy fucking shit, people. Like, read something once. Just read yeah. anything. And I'm and, just going to jump in on that. They yeah. Read the fact that you said this guy. Yeah. Those two words yep. mean it's not me. And yeah, then people are fucking stupid. If you read the original caption, he even says this was a mistake. I should not have boat flipped this fish. Did not realize it was the size it was. And mistakes were made and lessons learned. Like, I'm, I'm not throwing any shade at the original poster whatsoever, you know? But it's one of these things where it's like, holy shit, why get so fired up that you attack somebody with a message like that? And then, you know, without when, when all the information is right there. So, I, of course, I didn't respond or anything. I blocked him and I, I reported the comment. Hey, whatever. I can only assume that this is probably a person who has had multiple strikes against them already, you know, for like not being able to be like level headed on social media. Do I agree that throwing around a, a, a 10 pound fish on, on the deck of a boat is a good idea? Hell no, I don't. But the original poster agrees that either. That was a dumb, dumb idea. It was caught on camera, though. I have to start wondering now. How many of these, we already know there's tons of bots all over Instagram and Facebook. How many of these comments are now like bots with AI that just type shit just to get a rise? You know what I mean? I mean, it's possible for comments, but I don't think for a DM. I think a DM, there was somebody like sitting there, you know, like methed out of their face, like, you know what I'm saying? That's all I can think of, you know? I mean, I, I don't know. We, we get all sorts of, dms i mean in every inbox from you know random porn stars they're not true probably not somebody typing that or they typed it once and then let it fly you know what i mean yeah I don't know. yeah 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 i don't know it's just it's just like man if there's one one thing i just want people to because i don't care when people comment you know i'm like sometimes i'll fuck with them 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like on that one, especially like, cause I do agree. Absolutely. Like if you realize you have a fish that size, that is not boat flippable. Yeah. You, you net that fucker. That's what you do. You know? I mean, I, I net fish that I probably don't have to net most of the time, you know, just as it's a practice I want to be in, especially in the kayak, you know, I net, I net 14 inch fish Yeah, because those fish could be worth money. I net everything. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's one of, it's a good practice to be in. It's not, you know, it's not a hit to your masculinity or anything. If you use a tool to, you know, make sure you don't lose a fish or cause them any additional harm or anything like that, like, it's cool. Um, But it's just, it's one of those things. Like, sometimes I'll post stuff specifically knowing it's going to fire people up. And then when they give me a comment, I'll elaborate. And then this is, uh, this is all done with intention to engage the audience. And sometimes that is meant to, you know, tap a hot button issue. I mean, I'm not like the first person in the world to think of this shit. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, this is old fucking stuff. It's been happening forever with all types of other discussions, but it's just one of those things you know um yes sir let's see what we go so on, on <laughs> to new york city i just want to throw this out there I, I have a feeling that uh this guy who the fuck is this oh it's who the fuck is joe brown um, that guy. he just texted me he says by the way i might be taking my instagram name off of my truck now not saying i drive like an asshole but <laughs> you remember last week's show <laughs> Of course I do. <laughs> so he's just listening to that week's show. Nice. <laughs> it's just, it's one of those things. I was like, you know, I, I saw that and it was like, right, right as we were leaving to go out to the show, I was like, I looked at my wife. I was like, can you freaking believe this? She's like, some people just have way too much time on their hands. I was like, that's exactly it. I was like, wow, what a psycho. Um, but like I said, that post is doing unbelievably well. And uh, our, you know, so far Instagram has been growing. So thank you guys. I appreciate you. I, I truly do. Just don't go DMing people if you're a moron. You know what I mean? Think if you're typing something, look back and go like, am I a moron? And if you're asking yourself that question, just don't send it, you know? And some people are like dogs, man. They know they're not supposed to eat their their own shit, but But they just can't stop themselves from doing it. It's so good. I can't stop. Um, So let's let's talk Louis C.K. Because my wife, so this was kind of a mess, to be perfectly honest. I've known about these tickets for Louis since like August. September, something like that. I've known about this show for quite a while. And when I made the the call that we were going to do the Cheshire show, my initial thought was, oh, it's six to one. We'll go and we'll leave. You know, I'll, I'll do the show and then I'll go with my wife that evening and we'll go to New York. We'll see the show, stay at the hotel. We'll come back on Sunday. It'll be great. It'll be awesome. I thought I could squeeze everything in there together. The reason why I was so panicked is because my wife says, oh, I'm going to, I think instead of driving, which I totally agree. She's like, I think instead of driving, you and I should take an Amtrak down um, from Springfield. And I said, okay, look into it. See what you can find. The, the insanity with the pricing for this, like to put the train so that it would put us down there for even close to check-in time, what is was like, it was ridiculous the increase in cost. So she, we, 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 we pulled out of Springfield's Union Station at like eight thirty. <laughs> So we left so early in the morning. I'm like, when she told me what time we were leaving, I was like, well, so much for Cheshire. I'm not going to be able to do that show. 
And it's not like we were able to make any changes. We had tickets in hand. So not only that, but then she says, oh, and it was the same thing on the back end, too. Like, we're not leaving uh, until Sunday at, like, 4.35. I was like, really? Shit. I was like, we're going to be cutting it close to record. So when you called and said that, like, you weren't feeling so hot, and, and I was like, no, that's great. We'll do Monday morning. It'll work out. Awesome. No sweat. Um. And and it did. I'm glad. I'm glad it actually ended up working out. And and the fact that you know Bill, same thing. Bill wasn't available to stream with us on Sunday or or on Monday. So we're going to catch up with Bill next week. Um, it worked out. You know, I think for for everybody. So I had uh, I had you know come back, but I got to tell you guys, this show was out of this world. So my wife and I, we get on a train, right, and everything's good. We get off of the train, and the train brings us to Penn Station. I I don't think I've ever been at Penn Station before, but I knew that they had recently updated it. And holy shit, there was this little food court in Moynihan Hall um, that was out of this world. Big shout out to AJ. Uh, he was the bartender over there they have the bar at Moynihan Hall. We go over there and uh, he made me this uh, this drink called the late late afternoon. It's kind of like a riff on a Manhattan. It was out of this world with Old Forester bourbon. I love Old Forester. Old Forester's awesome. It's a good good go-to staple. And uh, my wife had a gin drink which she loved. Then she switched to a beer. She found a dogfish head uh, sour IPA. Um, I forget the name of it, but she absolutely loved it. It was so good that when we went back to get our train the next day, we were there so early that we had lunch. We stopped. We had some pizza and a beer, and uh, and she had the same one. I had a Five Burrows Juicy IPA, dynamite. Well, so we had our drinks when we got there. We're like, we got some time to kill. We can't get into the hotel until about what I think four o'clock. So I said, we'll go. You know, we'll just we'll hang out. We'll grab something to eat. And we're looking as we're walking through. Uh, Moynihan Hall, there's like all these like eateries just all over the place. So we stopped at a place called um, where they did uh, chicken and biscuit sandwiches, right? I did a, a Nashville hot style chicken biscuit sandwich and calling this a sandwich was just like a, a mistaken terms. This was like two giant pieces of fried chicken. I think it was thigh meat out of this world. Um oh. Yeah, out of this world. And the, uh, the the Nashville hot sauce was not like the traditional, what you expect with Nashville hot chicken, but it was hot. It was so good. Um, and just an absolute, like probably like a full cup of pickles, their pickles, smothering it. And the biscuit on the bottom, they just leave the top off to the side. And I just ate the thing with a fork and knife because I'm like, I am going to be wearing this all over my beard otherwise. So I did it the right way. Uh, my wife ordered like buffalo mac and cheese, and it was absolutely out of this world. Like we were just totally into this. It was awesome. Um AJ over the bar was great. We we cashed out. We head over to our hotel, which was uh, the New Yorker. Now, you know, you've heard people talk about New York apartments and stuff and how ridiculously tiny they, they were. Our hotel room was like this. It's like old school, original New York, Art Deco, all that stuff. And yeah. it's like we're on the 34th floor and it was tiny. We had a full size bed and we had a full size bed because I don't know that they could have put a queen or definitely not a king in there. It was so, so small. Bathroom was actually pretty good size. I was really surprised at that. But the rest of the hotel room. But I mean, it's New York City. Like. It, that's that's just kind of what you expect. Now, Penn Station is quite literally right across the street from Madison Square Garden. That's where the show was. So everything that we needed was in that two block window that we were we were we were in right on Eighth Street. It was awesome. We go into uh, check in early. 
we got our keys and everything. And uh, the woman's like, yeah, you won't have access to the room until uh, four o'clock. But she's like, if you guys want to hang out down here or, you know, there's lots of restaurants around us or something like that. And I even looked at her. I was like, I was, I was like, I was like, are you making an insinuation about about the two of us that we like to eat or something? Is that what's going on? <laughs> Uh, no, so we went over to the bar, had another couple of drinks. Uh, this time I had a scotch. Uh, my wife had, I think she did the same thing. I think she did a, a gin cocktail and then a beer. And uh, we went uh, went upstairs to our room to check in, get everything all set, you know, relaxed for a little bit, got ready for the show, and then headed out. We went, went to the show. I got some pictures of uh, Madison Square Garden outside and then also from where we were. This is how amazing my wife is. Hold on. I want to give her a round of applause to begin. So Louis' show at Madison Square Garden was a live-streamed event. This is something that he was live-streaming so that people could see it, and it's available on his website so that you can watch the entire thing. I want to see it. Be- I want to actually uh, purchase it and see it myself because I'm just curious to see what it's like from that standpoint or that that. Uh, I guess that angle um, they had cameras all over the place and he was in the middle of the circle with a stage with seating all the way around it. So there, you know, it, it was absolutely out of control. He had two openers, two comics that opened. Um, one of them was really good. I forget her name. I forget both of their names, but the, the woman that opened and, and uh, introduced him, uh, her name was Adrian and she was hilarious, but he had a jazz trio as the opening act right beforehand. And the jazz trio, featured Ravi Coltrane who is John Coltrane's son and like I listened to some Ravi Coltrane stuff and it's it's really like these guys were on fire they played maybe four or five songs and I mean like just laying it down unbelievably um it was so good. My wife doesn't love jazz music. She doesn't like most instrumental music, to tell you the truth. But jazz, she's like, I, f- I hear any jazz at all. And she's like, I immediately think I should be like grocery shopping. You know, that's what it reminds me of. And I'm like, that's your opinion. It's okay. That's fine. You know, I married you for other reasons, not your your taste in music. Um, so, you know, I'm loving this. Uh, we made a friend. There was a girl next to us who was probably old enough to be our, like, our oldest daughter's age. You know, we've, we pegged her for about early 20s, maybe 22 at the most. And uh, I'm going to bring her up in a minute because this kind of, I, I want your feedback here. So the show was absolutely out of this world. Um, we noticed as we're sitting there because we were second row. Like, we were second row by the stage. At the corner of the stage where we were seated, there was there it was the only stairway with railings. And Holly made the point. She goes, I think Louie's going to walk up here. And he did. He walked right past us and back off. And uh, it was out of this world. This was one of... I've seen him a number of times. I've seen him four times already. This was the best show I've ever seen. I mean, everything was... To the extreme. It was so good. Um, I don't want to ruin it for anybody. Uh, I don't want to get into any of the material or anything like that. But I will just tell you, like, I, I highly recommend you check this live stream out. It is out of this world. I love it. He even says in the show, he goes, I realize to all my fans, and I thank you guys, I am a hard, like, I'm a difficult guy to be a fan of. 
You know, it's it's not easy for me. Uh, it's not easy for my fans to publicly. He's like, I guarantee you, every single one of you in here has somebody that has no idea where you are right now, and it's probably for the best. And I was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's totally aware. You know, it's it's all good. But man, what a, what an amazing show! I do want to say this about Madison Square Garden. I've never had such a good, and I've seen a couple shows at, at Madison Square Garden before. The last time I was there was like 2005. I saw Paul McCartney, and it was it was dynamite, but. I didn't have the same experience like I had this time. So we go through and we had like, of course, no idea where we're going. And because of the stage setup, we're like, which section are we? We end up getting routed to our, our correct area. And we, we, we go down this one flight of stairs. We turn the corner and there's a little bar, but it's really nice. Like, it's really, really nice. There's a lounge there for everybody who's on the floor level. And we go over and we have, uh, we order a drink. And uh, the woman that was working behind the bar, her name was Janice. Janice, amazing bartender, amazing conversation. She had all the information as far as what the lineup looked like and about the timeline for the show. Went a little bit over timeline, but like nothing crazy. It was it was really, really fantastic. So we're enjoying our drinks. Everything's cool. We go over into the uh, main arena. We find our seats. Everything's awesome. So we're sitting there. My wife loves an aisle seat because, you know, we're we're significant people. You know, we don't like to take up anybody's space or, you know, it's a lot easier for us to just like get up, get in the aisle, let them go in and then sit back down. We're like the big chunky end caps, you know. (laughs) So we are in this one spot and this girl comes over, like I said, probably no older than 22, comes over and sits down. I'm thinking nothing of it. And she's sitting right next to me. My wife is on the aisle and she gets up to like leave. And then she comes back with some food. And while she's gone, my wife says, she goes, I I think that girl has a cheese tattoo like on her back, like right above her ass. And I'm like, well, I'm not looking to get canceled, so I'm not going to stare or anything, you know, whatever. So I was like, I'll take your word for it. I was like, cheese, huh? She's like, yeah, cheese. It's kind of interesting. I said, okay, cool. Um, I, <laughs> I, I then am, you know, getting fired up for the show. You know, I took a couple of pictures and stuff before we had to put our phones away. And uh, she comes back over and she eats her food and then starts having picking up conversation with us, asking us about, you know, if we've ever seen Louis before, like what we thought about it, blah, 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 like bringing up other concerts, all sorts of different things. And then she says, I need your opinion. She goes, I just got this really fucking awful tattoo. She says, and this is the first time I'm wearing an outfit where you can see it. She's like, can you guys take a look at it and tell me, does it look bad? And my wife is like, is it cheese? And she goes, it is cheese. But she's like, um, do you know like what it is? It's got to do with a band. And I was like, is it, is it Primus? She's like, yeah, it is. It's Primus. And I was like, is it, is it, is it something from Sailing the Seas of Cheese? And she goes, no. The, the tattoo is this artwork. Yeah, the, the best of ours. The artwork. best of, which I think is, I think, so I'll, I'll get to that in a second, but it's basically this block of cheese with a face, like the face of like a troll or an ogre kind of looking up out of it. It's from the, the, they can't all be the, zingers. Yeah, that, that face that's coming out of the cheese is the frizzle, fr- or the frizzle, frizzle fry, fry face. Yep. Yeah. So 
um, on there. It says, you know, 100% genuine, fully remastered, prepackaged cheese product. Um, you know, and it's, I'm like, that's, that's pretty freaking awesome. But she goes, yeah, but take a look at, and it was, it was terrible. Like it looked like she had had this thing for like five to 10 years. She, she'd had this tattoo for three weeks. I oh. guess apparently the, the artist, uh, that did this, um, cause she did, she was just like, no, 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 no. This looks gar like garbage, whatever. This artist had only been an artist for a while and had been an apprentice for like three plus years beforehand wow. and then got downgraded to an apprentice because of this. Like it was, it was, it was just a, a weak tattoo. Um, uh. it was accurate. Like it, it, it was, it's just, it didn't look like it didn't, it looked like it had just faded and had gotten kind of blown out. You know what I mean? Um, uh, I, I think if you the, didn't go deep enough with the ink or something. I have no idea. I have no idea what the deal was. So she was like, yeah, I was like, you know what? I go props on that. But here's the, the reason why I bring it up is this. And this is the difference in age and, and just generation. Like in my mind, like I would never get a tattoo that was like, cause she, she even said, she's like, all my tattoos are like music based. And I was like, I kind of roll my eyes a little bit. <laughs> Cause I'm a fucking piece of shit. I'm like, Oh, okay. Cause like what the fuck ever happens if that band starts to suck out of nowhere or something like that. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like that's a lot to put on a fucking band, but like, I would never be like, Oh, I'm going to put the fucking artwork of the greatest hits of that band. Like I'm never going to be walking around with like a essential air supply tattoo. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And you know, you know what's, you know, what's funny when, <laughs> Chris, when Chris and I were talking at lunch the other day, uh -huh. we talked about, obviously I told him, and, and I've, I think I've said it on the show, I love music, but I'm not a musician. I don't speak that language. Yeah. All right. But one, one of the things that, and I, God, I'm going to date myself and sound old with this, but one of the things that we had when we grew up, whether it was, um, it was more <laughs> prominent with albums, but then CDs. Yes. Is you'd go to the CD or your, your music store and you yep. flip through and you'd look at the artwork. You didn't know what the band sounded like, but the artwork tried to capture you. Yeah, exactly. So the artwork was usually pretty phenomenal. And that's what drew me in and led me to attempt, you know, to improve my art, my artistic skills. And mm -hmm. I had that and I roll with that. I just, I fucked around with music, but I don't understand it. I can look at a guitar tab because it tells you where to put your fingers. And then as long as you know the rhythm, you can, you can figure it out. Along. Yeah. Yeah, but I do not know how to write music. I don't know how to read it. Mm -hmm. I can read a shitty guitar tab, which is music for dummies. And that's it. You know, that's but the, I, I think I the think work is what draws you in. You know, I think regardless if you understand music, create music, play music, whatever. I think that you know, even as even as like a fan, I'm like in my mind, I go, and I think that may, might be like a generational thing. And the reason why I bring up the greatest hits thing is that like, and you nailed it. You're like albums, artwork, all this. And I make this comment to trivia every once in a while, and I'll be like, oh yeah, what is the band by this album artwork? And I'll make a joke and I'll say, to those that aren't sure what an album is, an album is a collection of songs. And you know what I mean? Like the generation, yeah. that younger generation that's in bars and stuff, they're used to buying and acquiring their music. If they're buying it. It, they're doing it a track at a time you know yeah. and they're 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 cherry picking the stuff that they want like i used to have a rule when i was a kid uh, i would say three decent songs and i'm buying the record you know yes so like i'm like yeah you give me three good singles and i'll buy the record that was it um of course this is like you were buying cds and they were like 15 to 18 dollars a pop and you know this was like the mid 90s like that would eat into your budget of what you were making as a kid that age so fifth, it was fifth 
15 to 18 at the higher end places. At the you, higher end places, lucky, like, yeah. Like at your, one of your um, former places of employment, Leechmere's, yep. they were always good about $9 to $12. They were always, my dad loved getting CDs from Leechmere's. Oh, that's perfect. Ass. That yeah. Y- yeah, no, I remember that. Strawberries too. Like, I mean, there were sales and stuff like that. But generally speaking, like if you went to like, you know, your, you know, a regular spot gen- generally, you know, unless it was like like you go to like some mom and pop stores where you're getting like the the more indie stuff, yep. you, you can buy those CDs at ten bucks a pop, twelve bucks a pop, no problem. And it was it was it was definitely no issue. But like for a kid that age, if you were going out buying something that was from a major label and a big box store, you were paying about fifteen to seventeen bucks, depending. And the reason, actually, the reason why the albums were that cheap at like that when you were at Leechmere is because they would gladly take a hit on those to sell you a freezer at full price. Yes. That's what or, it was. Or a Denon receiver yep. or a Yamaha amp. Yep. Me it was good, man. Yeah, they were they were it was an interesting place to work. So anyway, it was it was one of those things where we, we had this conversation about this tattoo and I was just like, Wow, it's it's really rough. It's really fucking rough. Um but we had uh, we had a good time. You know, uh, New York City was great. We left and uh, we decided we're like, okay, so we could either you know, uh, get a, a ride share or something and go for a restaurant. And, you know, I wanted to make a reservation, but we're like, I wasn't a hundred percent sure of the timeline of the show. So what we opted to do instead was just to go back to the hotel and just door dash some, some good eats. So as we're making our way back there, you know, my wife's on the phone looking at stuff and she discovered an eatery that was called uh three seventy five chicken, right. Or chicken three seventy five, And it was, th- oh, so they had something that was absolutely nuts, dude. She saw that they do these like loaded fries and there was a, 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 a signature dish called Ludlow fries. Ooh, yeah. The Ludlow fries were covered with like a cheese sauce, fresh jalapenos, like all kinds of different stuff. It was just out of this world. And, and Holly's like, I'm not really into that necessarily, but she's like, I know that you are. So she's like, just order like some, some plain fries for me. I was like, okay, cool. Sounds good. And then she's like, but what are these chicken pops all about? Chicken pops are like, they were like barely breaded. This is what made them so amazing. There were, it was like popcorn chicken, but without all that extra shit on there, they were like probably just dusted in flour and thrown into the fryer. And they were covered in, they had this one sauce. I forget the name of it. They called them PB and J wings or PB and J chicken pops is what it was. There was more going on. This is a very complex sauce, but the roots of it were peanut butter and grape jelly. And it was so good, dude. And then we did like a a honey garlic uh, Buffalo or something like that. That was absolutely dynamite. So we ate like gluttons that night. And then we uh, we got up the next morning and uh, like any true New York experience, we're like, let's just go and we'll grab breakfast. There was a diner called the TikTok Diner right at the, at the in the lobby of the hotel. So we go in. Oh, no, no. I put in an order for pickup, actually. And I go downstairs and I picked up our breakfast and I, of course, got coffee. And this coffee was nothing to write home about. It was diner coffee. You know what I mean? It was nothing amazing at all. Um, But I love how they they package up the coffee like it was the most New York thing I had seen in that moment. It was two piping hot cups in in paper cups with lids in a shitty paper bag. (laughs) 
the cream and sugar oh. set up. So it was like, you know, I'm like, okay, we'll see if these make it up without dropping a. I didn't drop a single drop. I was like, I was like a surgeon with how careful I was with these things. And I'm like, I told it. This feels like New York City. Like just these, this, these two unbelievably, probably dangerously hot coffees in a shitty little paper bag just sitting there. So I go back up to the room. We have breakfast. We hang out, and we we didn't have to check out until noon. And we just relaxed. It was so nice. This is when I think I initially talked to you when we were, we were hanging out there. Uh, we then left, and my wife decided she wanted to do the most New York thing she could think of, and she dragged her man to Macy's. Ooh. <sighs> I mean, it was fine. Um, but that was not my ideal way to spend a weekend in New York City. That said, I bought Hudson, my oldest uh Boston Terrier. I bought him this uh, fleece-lined vest that uh, I think he's going to love when I drag him out truck camping later uh, Later on at the, as we get into spring and things warm up just a little bit. He's a little bit of a baby dog. I don't think he could handle the cold. Um, so I got that. Um, you know, my, my wife did a little bit of shopping, bought some stuff for the girls. Uh, I made a reel while I was waiting in line for her, uh, waiting for her while she was in line at Starbucks. And uh, we, we had a good time. It was a lot of fun. Um, we had gone and uh, gotten on the train after, after all that and headed back home. So it was just, it was an amazing trip. I had a blast. She absolutely had a blast. We got home. We were so tired. She had to work this morning and here I am living my best life. So I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. It's it's good. So, I mean, that was my trip to New York. Am I am I forgetting anything? I don't think I am. Yeah, I don't think I am. That that about freaking does it right there for my week. Um, lots of stuff coming up this week, which is going to be kind of nuts. I have a whole lot of. I have I have six events this week. I'm doing a fundraiser in Wilbraham for a, a good organization, and uh, that should be pretty fun. We'll we'll see what happens. It'll be a good time. Um, so let's talk about the sportsman show because that was the other main element of what I had going on this weekend. Um, the sportsman show was a huge success last, last year. Um, for us, it was our first sort of go round over there. And, uh, we had had the opportunity to, uh, do a live show there. This is after our 100th episode. So we got to, you know, kind of, kind of sample that and see how we see where everything went. Uh, it was awesome. Um, very, very enjoyable, but we knew coming into it that we wanted to approach this year differently. And that's exactly what we're going to do. So we have a booth this year. You can come down to the sportsman show. Um, there are tickets are they're cash only their day of, uh, it's cheap. It's 15 bucks. You can come in and check it out. And there is so much. I recommend check out, uh, the Oseg, uh, Springfield sportsman show. Just Google it, check them out online. There's a full breakdown of all kinds of good stuff that they have there. In fact, I got to sit down and talk with Doug Souza who heads up all of this stuff and puts it together year after year after year. And uh, you'll get to hear that in a moment. But, uh, you know, we, we talked and, and 2021 was a good year for the sportsman show. Or what am I saying? 2022. They didn't do one in 2021. 2022 was a really, really good year for the sportsman show. Um, the show this year, they're expecting to be even better. And we have a lot of great stuff lined up um, that I think you guys are going to love. We're going to have some uh, some some special guests popping by our booth every so often. And uh, if you guys want to come out and uh, and say hello while you're you know at the show, we're going to be recording some stuff too. In fact, Sean, this is what I'm thinking. We I would like to do uh, a lot of a lot of our our event there. I'm going to create like a rapid fire interview, uh, 
And just if folks want to jump in, we'll do a rapid fire interview like there, but mainly like focused on angling, you know, and then maybe we hang on to those and just drop them throughout the year of like, oh, yeah, here's where we are at this show. And maybe we can make that a common practice. So I'll come up with with some questions. We'll kind of maybe we'll work on some of these together. But I think this will be a whole lot of fun. Um, Why don't we actually we'll go ahead right now and we'll flip over that segment with Doug Souza. We'll talk about the Sportsman Show. We will see you guys on the other end of that. All righty, guys. Bobby Roast Beef here. Another Jigs and Bigs segment. This is no interview here, though. Right now, we are touching base with Doug Souza. He is uh, a member of OSEG, who is uh, organizing the Springfield Sportsman Show, and it is their 39th year uh, over there at the Eastern States Exposition. It's all going on this February 24th. 20, uh, 24th, 25th, and the 26th, that entire weekend over at the Eastern States Exposition in West Springfield, Massachusetts. Doug, good to have you back on the show again. It's been about a year since since folks have heard from you. How have things been going over there in your office as far as getting things revved up for the big show? Well, you know, it's very surprised. Uh, uh, last year, we considered like a restart type of year. Because we, uh, well, we would have been 40 years this year if it weren't for our friend with COVID. Closing sure. down the world and all that good stuff. Yep, uh, it hurt a lot of other shows more than it hurt us, and I've seen that this year. But we are doing great. I mean, it is coming together. You know, we things come and go over time. The one thing that we have because of supply chain mm-hmm. uh, as a problem is bass boats or ba- fishing boats in general. Oh yeah, everyone sold them all. They don't even need to be there. They yeah. can't get new ones. Their their supply is very limited. But we have a lot of other great stuff. This, uh, I couldn't be happy with the stuff that's coming in this. That's that's awesome. I mean, last year was an amazing show. I had let's. It was just this, just the strangest thing calendar wise. I had uh, an expo to work in Vegas the week of the show, so I had to do all my prep and everything beforehand. Work this entire show, and I remember I had a, a snafu where I got stuck in Detroit flying back right before the show. We got a bunch of snow, and, yeah. and I got stuck in Detroit. And by the time I got back, I think I had about twelve hours to flip it and turn it around. And thank goodness that Sean was able to go and do a couple of laps because I was back and ready ready for business on Saturday. We had an awesome time. We recorded a live show. If you guys uh, haven't heard that before, you can actually listen back, go back about a year in our in our library of shows, and you can listen to that that segment that we recorded there. It was a, it was a blast. It was a great time. We had a good amount of people come out and, uh, and, and enjoy it, but this year we're doing something different there. We've actually got a booth, so we'll be on the floor with all the exhibitors we're going to be recording content with uh, some of your exhibitors right there and as well as just you know meeting people and shaking hands and talking with folks and that's that's the kind of stuff we love to do um there is oh hey i got a good idea for you bobby oh yeah I what's got that? a great idea i love it hit me with something yeah invite your in, invite your listeners to come in with their best fishing jokes Oh, that's a good one. Oh, you know what? Actually, I, you know what I've I've found, Doug. One of the things of our uh, about my show, and I've done this from the beginning, was I came up with a skeleton list of questions. And there's one question that's been been there since the beginning, and it's always looking for two stories: the biggest, like the moment that you're most proud of on the water, but then the biggest yeah. fail. And I've learned after a hundred, yeah, I've learned after over 150 episodes that those that question is the hardest one to answer because. Every Every angler has the like a, a, a just a giant 
sort of warehouse oh, yeah. of, of failures that they can talk about. Everyone yeah. hilarious. <laughs> I, that's a really good idea. Maybe we should. Maybe we'll Isn't do that. that. Funny? Yeah. yeah. So if you're listening to this show and you're in, in and around the Western Massachusetts area and want to come by the uh, the Sportsman Show, come on down. It's I'm telling you guys. It's uh, we're talking admission. It's all at the door. Admission is adults. It's fifteen dollars. Kids six to twelve or five. Uh, if you got real little kids, they're free. Under under six is free. And uh, yeah. come on down. It is it is absolutely worth it. It's a great great time. You're gonna have a uh, have a good one for sure. Um, bring some cash with you because there's gonna be some amazing items that you're gonna want to pick up as well. And and that's one of the other things that I kind of want to talk about is the diversity that that you've got. And I can remember being a, a younger kid with going with my dad and you know and his friends going to the out the sportsman show and and just the variety of everything that was that was there. There's a little something for everything. Um, in fact, you guys have a section this year that is for the kids. Isn't that correct? Yeah. Yeah, uh, we had these uh, brothers, uh, a team, uh, get a hold of me, and just a phone call alone was yeah. enough to say, I got to do something with these guys. That's they awesome. have a bunch of stuff. They have games. They, they're very funny. They're entertaining. They get, oh, they make balloons. They do everything. It's it's really, it's going to be a blast. We're going to put it right next to our trout pond. That's awesome. And, uh, it, yeah, I yeah, love it. Yeah. It's the it's the outdoor sports kids fun area with Pete and Chris. Yeah. Um, that yeah. sounds fantastic. I mean, especially if you're showing up with young kids and you want to keep them engaged. And that's what it's all about is engagement, especially with like younger kids. This is great. So there's something for the kids. There's even stuff for, you know, if you're like, yeah, my, you know, you, you want to go to the show and, uh, you know, maybe you want to bring the whole family and, and your wife is maybe not too into it. Trust me, there's stuff that she's going to want to check out, too. <laughs> there there are some uh, some vendors that were there last year some metal workers and stuff that just just make these absolutely gorgeous items to hang in your house and uh you know if you're planning a trip you've got guide services that will be there you've got i mean you've got taxidermy services that will be there let's go ahead and dive into it why don't you go ahead and give me a list of uh, a handful of of some of the the exhibitors that you've got scheduled here especially if they're new anything that somebody maybe hasn't seen before why don't you let me know who's going to be there oh man we have a poll Pile of stuff. You know, it's funny. We range from uh, people that have been with us 25 years that mm-hmm. totally just called in yesterday. You know, the uh, the province of New Brunswick oh, yeah. drops me an email out of nowhere. Here's your contract. I'm sorry, this is late. I never even got to talk to you before you sent it, you know. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's things like that. People that are going to take a trip. And I'll tell you, I have fished New Brunswick a number of times. Yep. The bass fishing up there, the smallmouth bass fishing is playing out outrageous on the mac the quack area up there i uh i uh, many years ago uh, with a friend of mine uh i caught uh, almost a five pounder my largest small month today no kidding it was, uh, I don't know, yeah it was four nine something but it was it was beautiful uh, but that's, that's just one example of someone that comes in out of nowhere yeah we have a whole bunch of uh uh New uh, uh, Mayhew custom knives. Oh yeah, he builds handmade knives. Uh, uh, just absolutely beautiful artwork you can carry around. You can collect it. You can take that name, and one day it's going to be worth a lot more. That's for sure. That's awesome. And, and, and as far as um, uh, reaching out into the into the community, the veterans community, we have one uh, uh, fishing for a mission twenty two fishing for a mission. Oh, really? Two. And uh, their whole um, uh, uh, thing is to uh, 
help to prevent and help uh, have hotlines and whatnot for our soldiers that are in distress that have thought about maybe taking their own lives. Oh, yeah. This is an important one. They're doing is. good stuff and they run tournaments so the uh, 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 people can just get out there, uh, connect with some of these guys. Uh, sometimes they just need someone to know somebody's on the other end of the line for them, you know? Oh, definitely. Kind of like, you know, but anyway, that, that's one of them. Uh, oh, boy, we're just little with stuff. <laughs> it's it's hard to it's hard to pull one or two things out uh, for guys that like guns. We have uh, yep. Ruger. Ruger's coming in with a giant trade show oh, really? uh, booth. Okay, know, just a huge yeah. Like you'd you'd find if you went to the shot show down in Vegas or something like that. It, just a big gorgeous booth with uh, their stuff, and we have a you know we have a good uh, uh, rain gutter people too. No, I'm kidding. I get I get harassed for the. The junk booth. <laughs> legitimately, if you, if you're under twenty five percent, you're legitimate. We are so far below that. It just exactly. these things stick out, and, and we pay for it. You know. Oh yeah. Everyone likes to get online and go, oh this and oh that. Well, of course. You know, yeah, but you maybe know that helps us from duplicating somebody else. Exactly. That, uh, needs to make it by having less competition. And and you know what? They they wouldn't be there if they weren't actually selling products. <laughs> so the, there's a yeah, market. It's all human that, the human stuff. Yeah, there there's a there's a market. That's the whole thing. You guys have some a re, some really good panels of pros from both the hunting and the fishing world. Um yes, I'm going right. through the list and I, I there's some of them that I want to I want to point out specifically for the fishing uh yes. seminars that you guys have. You've got Dave uh David Pickering coming back and I think he was there yeah. last year and i saw his striper seminar last year and i learned oh did it blow you away yeah. it, it really did he he was actually his seminar was right before we recorded our show so i was sitting He's right like in there. master yeah he really is and i i love that he 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 does you know fish for stripers from you know from the bank but he's also big yeah. into kayak fishing for stripers and that's yes. that's one yes. of the things and i learned something right now doing a little bit of research about the show i didn't realize that david was as much of an accomplished carp angler as he is and oh yeah i recently i just recently opened up that can of worms um Oh, good yeah! For you. I I really you didn't have to go to Europe to do it either. No, that's, that's one of the biggest game fish in Europe is the carp. Oh yeah, absolutely. Isn't that strange. Yeah, it, it really is. But I mean, they're just they're so interesting as far as a species yeah. of fish to catch. I recently had uh, uh, a couple of guys. One one of the uh, a YouTuber that we've had on before, but also he works with uh, uh, this other guy that runs New England Carp Creations or New England yeah. Carp Connections. Excuse me, Fred Powers yeah. and uh, and and Todd. Todd Grubb and and you know I just recently went carp fishing with Todd and uh, but Fred Fred gave me so much information about just that little niche within the fishing community and how unbelievably wild it is and then you, you start talking to folks that I've known that had fish for bass like seriously for a long time though oh I love carp fishing yeah. it's yeah. it's a whole other animal yeah. <laughs> well you, you'd be surprised uh, Al gag gags lures yep um, Oh, everyone thinks, uh, you know, you're, he's a, a striper guy now. For sure. He's got the whip and eel and all. And, yep. But uh, uh, he started out with shad darts. That was his thing. I remember. Shad darts, yeah. And then he moved into the mambo minnow. And, yep. But uh, he's a huge carp fisherman. He's it, a phenomenal carp fisherman. It, it's unbelievable. He, I mean, you're talking, you yeah. know. 
you can catch fish between 30 and 50 pounds right here. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yep. If you want to catch bigger, bigger fish and just in general, that's your species. So I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited great. about that. Uh, we also have uh, East End Eddie Doherty coming in. And yeah. and uh, I, I'm not familiar with Eddie. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about him? Well, you know, I mean, uh, people can uh, read about him on the website too. But uh, uh, Eddie is—he's—he is a deep cod canal guy. Ah, he's gotcha. a canal fisherman. Yep. Uh, I, I used to just run down to catch one single change of a tide and come back mm-hmm. home. It, it, you can get sick with uh, fishing the canal. It just—it's uh, an addictive thing. Oh, but yeah. he also is the author of a book called uh, Eight Miles After Sundown." Oh, excuse me, seven miles after Sunday. Yep. You go eight, you'll be out in the bay. Yeah, we swimming. <laughs> but I believe what he's talking about is he's talking about the, the length of the Cape Cod Canal and, oh. and all the fishing that's on there. No kidding. Yeah, but, yeah I, I, I had a pole. There was a particular pole that yep. a friend of mine uh, uh, turned me on to, and you had to get it at a certain time. So you only had one shot of oh. catching a fish in there. All and right. It produced. I got in trouble one time. The locals found me sleeping in the rocks, waiting for that change of tide. Oh, yeah. I can hear them cursing and swearing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. It it was only known by a few people, but everyone thought it was their sacred spot. It produced a monster for me. That's how it is. You get that that good real estate. And, and, I mean, you know, the the canal is infamous for some of the best striper fishing that like almost anybody could like you want to talk about accessible like it's it's almost anybody can go out to the out out and catch unbelievable striper right right off the canal um we've got uh skip bryant is back um skip's been there a number of years skip is a local uh he's a a bass tournament uh pro um and and actually i one of the the seminars this was a few years ago it was the first time i think i had ever seen skip but he did a a seminar all about jig fishing and it was just it blew my mind i was brand new to jig fishing and and skip (laughs) i like to think that maybe skip had a hand in 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 creating my passion for fishing with jigs and this podcast jigs and bigs so you can check out skip there as well and uh who else we yeah. have? we got al gag yep yep and just for a second i i gotta go back to skip okay let's go back to skip skip, skip isn't necessarily the slippest pro guy out there he's not really fancy <laughs> but this guy's fishing all yeah. year round yeah and he's he he catches gigantic fishing since we pictured so I'm sitting in my office. There's yep. another big, huge, beautiful bass skip. And uh, on and on it goes. But he's an extremely successful local fisherman. Mm. And he gives his uh, he gives his thoughts and ideas. And, and uh, people can improve what they're doing, just like you said you did. That's the way to and do that's it. Fun. We, yeah. That's what I like. We also have a new guy on the scene, uh, uh, Spencer Cookson. Yep, I was just going to bring him up. And, Spencer uh, from Berkshire Bass. Yeah, good. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. And and I don't know a lot about Spencer, except he, he is a local guy. Yep. He, he catches big fish, and uh, he's, he's a young talent. He's I think he's uh, going to be a real force. And he runs his own tournaments as well. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So he's a good guy. Don't know much about him, 
but he's he's new on the scene. He's another uh, new face for people to come down and mm-hmm. visit and see uh, what he's got to offer. The uh, the shop that they have, Berkshire Bass, out in I think it's Sheffield, is absolutely fantastic. It's beautiful. I mean, just any anywhere you go in the Berkshires, whether it's for enjoying the outdoors yeah. or the downtown areas, like it's it, the yeah. Berkshires are absolutely wonderful. Um, uh, Spencer is is actually in the YouTube community. He's been doing a lot, especially within oh, in, for New Englanders. He's been putting out uh, pretty pretty fantastic content. I know he's also a guide locally, and yes. uh, he's he's working on that. So I mean, this is somebody where if you want to like really kind of you know have that bring your experience to that next level, maybe you're trying to learn some stuff. Uh, this is a great yeah. way, you know, you know, guy going out with a guide is a great way to pick up some some knowledge and, yeah. and some firsthand yeah. experience. You know, um, a, a buddy and I, we uh, fish up my buddy, John, he's here right now. Help me out through the show season. Oh, nice. But, uh, John and I, we sit on a dock on the Swift River and we watch the uh, couple of guides go through. And I'm telling you, I think some of these people never saw a fishing rod in their life. Oh, yeah. By the time they come back down river, they are slick as can be. And they're catching fish where, yep. you know, they never, never caught a fish before. Oh, so yeah. It, that's always fun to, to go out and learn and you may not and also some of these guys have the equipment that you just can't have everything it's we true. all want everything yeah you know, but they have a guy that's got the the knowledge and the equipment and he takes you out for a couple hundred bucks you're learning all sorts of crazy stuff oh yeah fish and then go out and try it yourself i i have a uh a little bit of a, of a grudge with the the Swift River. See, I grew up near the Swift. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a Beltertonian, and uh, oh yeah, I didn't oh, know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my my high school year, well, actually, like middle school and the high school years into college, I lived in Beltertown, and I yeah. would I would fish the Swift regularly with my dad, and. Uh, yeah. I have never, to my knowledge, that I can remember ever caught a fish out of the Swift. And this year, oh I've, come on, uh, yeah, it's yeah. absolutely true. I uh, this year I have made it a point to catch my first uh, brook trout out of the Swift. So I've been putting like oh. every every you know oh, week Bobby. or so. I'm you, making you a trip down there. Sit, you got to come sit on the dock with us and drown a couple of worms because. We do extremely well. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's you, you. You'd be mad at me if, if you saw some of the fish we pulled out of the slip. Oh, I'm sure. I've had, be, I shouldn't even be talking about it. I've, had, I've heard. I've heard. You know, and it is. It's one of these bodies of water. It's one of the. What's one of the best? You know, uh, it's one of the best local fisheries that's that's out there. But it's yeah. it's just one of those things where I have yet to hook up on a fish, and I probably usually only go there yeah. once or twice a year. And yeah. you know, I mean, there's definitely some pressure and stuff but it's one of those things where i'm like i just i just this year i've got to make it a point to go out multiple times and and be there with some regularity and you know crack that especially for uh the online multi-species tournaments that we 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 run at jigs and bigs i've got yeah. uh, you know that that will definitely help the oh, trout category um yeah yeah look me up look me up we'll set you up we're, yeah we're uh we just got a great little spot, if nothing else, to watch the world go by. It's just a blast. There's nothing wrong with that. The people with their kayaks and yep. everything else. We've had great success over the years. And, and if nothing else, we call it dock therapy. That's exactly it. You get it. to sit there yep. and just let your mind wash downstream with the, with the, with the river. It's just that. It's, the best. it's a beautiful little river. That, there is nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. Next up, we got and Al. Go, Go ahead. Don't bring your speedo. Don't bring your speedo there because 
That is about the coldest water you'll ever stick a toe in. Oh, yeah. It only ever get the highest temperature is, I think, 55 degrees. The <laughs> in late August. Yeah. And that's that's in the dead of summer. Um, it is yes. it is unbelievable because I, I, that's what I've done before. I've gone wet waiting multiple times, like with a. Oh, yeah. 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 With a, like a small floating jerk bait. And yeah. I'm, I'm like, and it's, I'll tell you what, in a 100 degree day, it's refreshing. It really is. Yeah. It's refreshing for, for about five minutes. Yeah, I was going to say for ten yeah. minutes, and then you're like, okay, this is this is game over. Oh yeah, I can't feel my toes. Yep, yep. It's something we got. Uh, we got Al Gag. It wouldn't be the the Springfield Sportsman Show if we didn't have Al Gag there. And yeah, I don't know if great. you're. I don't know if you're aware of of this, Doug. But I guess in a way, Al and I were kind of coworkers at one point or another. Oh no, because yeah. I worked. I worked almost twenty years at uh, Channel Twenty Two. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. No. Yeah. Before I was ever really crazy about, you know, the outdoors or anything like that, I can remember seeing Al at the station periodically, um, yeah. you know, for yeah. his segment that would run on the news. And, uh, you he know, he had a fantastic fishing show. It was, yeah, it was a blast because Al is such a lively character. Oh, yeah. That uh, when he gets into something, he starts into it, boy, it's yep. all the way in. He's just so much fun. And I wish they had kept that. I wish they had kept that. I don't know what happened. Stations change managers or whatever or the agendas are different, but Al did a great job for a lot of years. Yeah, that's he he really did. Um his his booth is always impressive too. Like if you like fishing oh, yes. for stripers or you're looking for sh- shad darts you mentioned earlier, same yeah. deal. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's he's got what you want over there. And then we got we got Pat Kelly that's uh he's doing this oh, casting competition uh, again, huh? Yeah, yeah, we uh uh Kelly's casting competition it, it, it's great. Yeah. Pat's a real good guy, and we have a lot of fun with Pat. And, uh, uh, I, I kind of got into it one time. This started years ago. Whenever he'd be out on a live somewhere uh, doing a remote, uh, I'd, I'd stop by and I'd bring him a cigar. So now he looks at me and he relates it to getting a nice big fat cigar. Exactly. Pat is a cigar smoker. Yeah, he is. Fisherman. He, he likes yeah, Bass is his, his forte. But uh, he'll he'll catch anything. Loves talking about it on Rock One Hundred Two. Oh yeah, no, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. He is, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the Springfield Sportsman Show. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a great opportunity to. Uh, I mean, even even if you're just going out there to scratch that, you know, tackle buying itch uh, for those anglers fi- getting fired up for spring, it's a great way to do that. There's a lot of opportunities to get some real interesting baits. Um, you know, uh, also learn a little something too. Check out the seminars, and uh, we will be there. Jigs and Bigs is going to be there. We're going to have our booth all weekend long. Come on down and say hello. We're going to be recording some content, doing some live streaming. We got all kinds of good stuff that's going to be happening. You're not going to want to miss it, guys. Um, Doug, this was great, awesome. Thank you for uh, for being a part of oh, the show. Thank you. Talking about the uh, the amazing stuff that's going on at the Eastern States Ex- Exposition, the weekend of February 24th. You guys don't want to miss it, guys. Um, last year's show was amazing. Who knows how this is going to be? It's going to be. I can. Oh, I can only assume it's going to be even better. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. More exhibitors, more stuff. Yeah. Uh, we struggled to put together last year. We're not struggling as much this year. That's People good. People coming in. We got a great, great variety of, of outdoor stuff. It really is a blast. Oh, I, I got to mention one guy. Sure. He's not up on our website yet. Yep. Captain Jerry Sparks. Now, Jerry is a saltwater guy. Uh, usually open boat, uh, uh, shallows and stuff like that. But he also is a local kayak fisherman. Uh, and he's a guy too, but he's one of our speakers, Jerry Sparks. 
But the funny thing is, I remember when my dad started the show with his buddies 40 years ago, yep. that Jerry was one of his speakers back then. Of course, Jerry was a kid. Now he's not. <laughs> but gotcha. we would I look forward to an old timer with all that great knowledge. There is one other, uh, not a presenter, but uh, one of the exhibitors that I, I want to make sure that we mention as well. And this is sort of uh, fr- like six degrees of separation here. A friend of a friend of the show. Um, Brian Mayo. Brian Mayo oh, yes. is, is the yeah. owner of Mayo's Hand Poured Baits. And yep. his plastics are absolutely freaking dynamite. Um, I, I can't wait to see him. He's joining us for the first time. Oh, this but is we the first also- time. Yeah, we're and we're conning in to doing seminars too. So here, here's a guy that worked his way up by being a, the fisherman and then the inventor of some great plastics. Oh yeah, fantastic! There's there is a frog that he has on a buzzbait by the the friend of the show I'm talking <laughs> about is is Matt Thayer from Klondike Custom Creations. Um, it's like the perfect pairing. His little like like a buzz toad style plastic on Matt's spinnerbait is just deadly. My best spinnerbait fish this year was on that combo. It was fantastic. Oh. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Oh. This is going to be absolutely fantastic. I know we're going to see lots yeah. of folks coming through, and uh, we're going to have jigs and big stickers to hand out to everybody. We're looking at having a really, really great time with it. Um, definitely going to have you – know, we're probably going to record some stuff with Brian for sure. We're going to get together yeah. with Spencer and, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. Our audience has definitely got all – you know, even even those, those folks that are, you know, across the country listening to us, we've got stuff for you that you're going to love within the episodes that are following – the uh the the expo itself but uh looking forward to it sportsman show with the weekend of february 24th guys it's friday saturday and sunday come on out if you're in the west springfield area if you're in the western mass area at all make the trip it is well well worth it i promise you you're gonna have a great time and uh, like i said you're gonna there's 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 gear there and there's no shortage of jerky last year i (laughs) last, last year i dropped 200 bucks on jerky (laughs) <laughs> I, i'm not kidding i'm following you around it's i, I it, it was great <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was money well spent <laughs> oh that's great yeah hey, hey bobby can i can i uh, tell you guys where they can look find more info yeah absolutely great osegshows.com that's o-s-e-g-s-h-o-w-s o-s-e-g-s-h-o-w-s oseg shows.com also you can look up springfield sportsman show on facebook and uh, get some stuff there but really that's just the uh, the little blobs here and there that's not the full content type stuff which uh, people can find on the website oh yeah absolutely i love it or they can or they can just google up or search for it's yeah it's the easy- up. we all say google up don't we <laughs> uh but search for uh, the springfield sportsman show it's one of those and, uh, find us. it's it's a, probably one of the easiest uh things to find on on google yeah. just look springfield yeah, sportsman yeah. show you're gonna trip right over it um yeah. doug this was awesome we're really excited about this show oh, my fun yeah. i think it's gonna be yeah. a blast and uh who knows what what kind of great stuff there is to come i'm looking forward to it man Okay, invite me on again, and I'll sing you a song. You got it. Done deal. No. I'm going to hold you to that. No. Thanks a lot, Doug. We will talk soon, and, and we got Great. a lot of good stuff to work on. I love it. Thank you so much. Take care, bud. Bye-bye. All right. Bye now.
That was awesome. Thank you again, Doug, for taking the time to uh, sit and have a conversation with the old BRB here. Uh, Jigs and Bigs and the Oseg Sportsman Show. I think that this is going to be uh, a relationship that's going to see lots of amazing uh, stuff all the way around. Um, we're going to go ahead and take a short break, guys. Don't go too far. When we get back, we have uh, we have an FTG for you guys that you are not going to want to miss. Uh, also have some information for you in just the tip. And we're going to be revisiting uh, that uh, Wired to Fish article, checking out that next group of five baits in our Bait of the Week segment uh, from their article about the uh, 25 best baits. This one is actually really good. Sean is going to be weighing in heavily here. You're not going to want to miss it. Remember, we also have Todd Grubb in the beef seat coming up after all that good stuff you guys don't want to miss we got so much good stuff happening for you guys jigs and bigs is going to be right back right after this jigs and bigs wants to take a moment to say thank you to our partners for helping us continue to push the limits of our fishing adventures and bring you amazing long-form content for all your premium kayak needs, we partner with Three Bells Outfitters, located along Smith Cove in Niantic, Connecticut. Three Bells is your go-to location for kayaks and accessories from Hobie, Native, Bonafide, Jackson, Yakatek, Nakwa, Boondocks, Burley Pro, and many more. Financing options are available to upgrade you and your kayak fishing experience. White Glove Delivery Service is also available. Visit ThreeBellsOutfitters.com for more info, and don't forget to tell them that Jigs and Bigs sent you. When it comes to high-quality polarized sunglasses, we've partnered with Torej. They provide stylish sunglasses in a variety of frames that are light and fit comfortably on your face. The polarization cuts glare and allows you to see the whole picture, helping you identify what's below the water's surface. They have a 60 day risk-free trial lifetime warranty and free shipping plus you can save yourself 10 percent with the code jigs and bigs 10 at checkout visit torej.com to check out their selection that's www.toreg.com again we cannot thank our partners enough for their support please consider supporting them and supporting the show in the same process thanks Bobby and Sean now have a special presentation for us all. They'd like to give everyone just the tip. It's so true. And we're, we we're chock full of them. Chock full of tips. <laughs> but what we do is we choose to, to, to only drop specific ones for specific shows just to give you guys a little so you can digest it throughout the week and apply it to your life. And Sean has a little life lesson for everybody right now. I do. Well, once once a year or twice a year, I always get sick for recording. I always get a cold and I always try to pass on some remedies. Well, this one I'm going to pass on. Number one, the old wives tale of feed a flu, starve a cold. So I've been starving myself pretty good for two days. It's been awesome. I feel a little better, though, believe it or not. I know I sound like shit. Second thing is this this just a tip. This week's just a tip is brought to you by Gatorade. Drink it all. It'll keep you from dying when you're starving yourself. I'm not a doctor, <laughs> and uh, if you want to listen to me, it's not my fault if you do stupid shit, <laughs> but that's what I do. I'm literally sucking down Gatorade and not eating anything, and I'll probably be feel a lot better tomorrow. I mean, the the, the fever broke, and the uh, the headache went away, so I'm yep. too, you know, I'm, I'm doing pretty well with that, but um, take care of yourself when you're sick, folks. If you're, 
if you got something to do, don't do it. I should not have gone down to the boating show yesterday, but that was kind of an emergency. Or at least I should have uh, taken some painkillers or something on the way down there. But yeah, because um, driving on painkillers is a good idea. Well, I'm talking OTC stuff. No, no, no. I hear ibuprofen, and you know what I mean. I'm not talking. (laughs) You're not throwing back a fistful of Vicodin, having a beer, and then going for a drive. Hey, Bobby, I got to go to the boating show. Do you happen to have any black tar heroin? (laughs) I do have some Russian black market Viagra, though, if you need it. I'm sure. We all know where to get that. (laughs) That's all. Get through any traffic with that. (laughs) <laughs> yes uh and you'll get unfortunately you'll get more than just the tip on that it's one. true yeah you will um, get the whole thing and repeat repeatedly uh that's all i have for just a tip it was a nice simple one um i'm sick again so screw me that's it these things happen guys they happen but uh we got to do we got some shit to go through guys uh i hope you're ready for this Oh, boy. So uh, joining us for this FTG, we have the one and only Elise Snowell joining us. Uh, how you doing, Elise? How's everything? Do we lose? Hi. Sorry, yeah, I was on mute. Oh, it's all good. How, how's things going? Things are going good other than the fact that I'm an absolute monster the past few days. Like... Ever since I heard about what we're about to talk about. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and uh, and jump in here. Um, so Elise had shared on her story her experience, her reaction to finding out about a situation that hit really close to home for her. Um, this story comes uh, hot out of uh, Ludlow, Vermont. And uh, it this is as reported in uh, the Mountain Times. Uh, it says, Game Wardens Investigate Bald Eagle Shot in Ludlow. Article reads, it says, Game Wardens are investigating a bald eagle that was shot and killed on Lake Rescue in Ludlow. Uh, all I can tell right now is that this is an active investigation, said Sergeant Kerry Timothy on January 24th, declining anything more to say. Conviction results in $1,222 in fines and restitution, along with a three-year loss of hunting, fishing, and trapping licenses under the state law. That's all that's been said about this in any anywhere else uh, at the time, you know, as far as immediate kind of uh, questions or anything like that. And uh, luckily, luckily, Ellie has a little bit more info, so I'm going to pass things over to her so she can kind of chime in. But there's more to talk about that Sean and I are going to dive into. And if this story doesn't infuriate you, buckle up. Go on, Ellie. Yeah, so this is a fucked up situation. Like, if this is the fuck this guy of the year, century, decade, I don't know. Um, But it really tops it for me. Like, I've seen shit go down. We've all seen a lot of wild stuff while we're out on the water. Just, like, out. Yep. But this this is, like, to me, there's so many factors that lead into this. One is the bald eagle, okay? Would I be mad if it was a crow? Probably. Would I be mad if it was a squirrel? Probably. But it was a bald fucking eagle, the symbol of our freedom to this country. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, like, for me, it's a cultural thing because of how I grew up. 
mm-hmm. in more like an indigenous side of of you know living mm-hmm. this is like symbol of like strength and and it's like the highest thing it's the thing that flies the highest without leaving the the planet so like to me i'm like what fucking tool dick lint bag decides to just off a bald eagle on the lake yeah my mind spirals right Mm -hmm. as should anybody because if you think about it if you're in the outdoors sector of the world even if you're not and you see a bald eagle you're probably going to be like oh a bald eagle right or am i like like and for a long time you couldn't even find them anywhere oh yeah and then they put the bald eagle protection act and they started kind of like not breeding them but they were protecting the nests and all this stuff and now the population has increased immensely however they're still protected federally and oh, the fact definitely. that some just like off the bald eagle literally blows my mind now they're investigating it they have like the bullet remnants um but you mean to tell me that this lake which has homes from every demographic from a, a tiny home to a multi-million dollar home every single home is strapped with security cameras oh yeah okay yep and you don't have like they they still don't have like footage or evidence of this happening so now people are saying that the bird was shot somewhere else and it flew back to its nest which mm-hmm. dude no yeah <laughs> the bird was shot there at the lake and the day that they found it it was fresh it wasn't like old it was mm-hmm. fresh and it was also a very busy day of ice fishing on the lake there were clusters of ice fishermen kind of partying and probably you know popping some paps and like and so there's kind of like talk about trying to see who was fishing that day and then the the investigation gets like kind of brushed i don't want to say brushed under but it's almost like they're trying to navigate, not saying too much in case people start protecting people. Yeah. But really, but really, like, why? You're going to get fined $1,200. Yeah. You don't even fucking get fined or, like, thrown in jail. You get fined and slapped. and But then you get slapped with the asshole that shot the bald eagle, like the, the, Barnett, the Barnett guy that shot the, guy, the eagle in 2018. Mm-hmm. Like, he'll go down to history for shooting the bald eagle. Like, good luck trying to survive in Vermont in the fucking Green Mountain State. Mm. <laughs> like, so there's all these aspects to the, the shooting of the bald eagle, and I'm just infuriated. Like, I'm so mad, and I can't get over it because yep. they, haven't, they, they don't have anything allegedly don't have anything yeah and and that's exactly it allegedly don't have anything and here's like you and you and i had talked about this before like 
And I mentioned that that my take on it was it was exactly this. Like if you're in the outdoors, there's in our our community, the outdoors world, the outdoors community, there is a lot of uh, I would say I would I would venture to say it's not exactly an uneducated guess to say that the majority of people in this little community, in this niche of 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 pastime that we love, um, it's it's no secret that the majority of those people love the freedoms that this country gives them. And you nailed it, Ellie. The bald eagle is the pinnacle and the like the 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 face of all of that. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. so if you value your freedoms at all and you know something and you're not saying something for fear of, you know, ratting out your friend or anything like that, you're almost as big of an asshole as the person who mm-hmm. shot this eagle. So, like, to yeah. put that into consideration, like. Here you are in a community of people who appreciate their freedoms and love their freedoms and, you know, uh, and, and, and obviously, you know, want to conserve uh, nature um, mm-hmm. doing something like this. You know, shooting a federally protected uh, animal is insane. And, you know, I mean, if you know something, hey, I would this is a good time to go ahead and, and say something, you know, to somebody, maybe even if it's just quietly leave your name out of it. Yeah. That can be done, you know. There, there's hotlines you can call. You can leave yeah. anonymous. You can do all that jazz. I think it's important to remember that, like, to enjoy the outdoors, we have to conserve it. So oh, exactly. First and foremost, our job is to be conservationist. You can't be a fisherman. You can't be a hunter. You can't be a fucking. I don't care what it is. If you're in the outdoors, the only way to actually consume the outdoors is by conserving it. Mm-hmm. So to to blow a bald eagle's head off because you're drunk on the lake or maybe it came down and grabbed your, your lake trout, yeah. you're official. And I've had a lot of people tell me, you know, don't get too mad. People suck. You know what? People don't suck. People, the majority of people are actually really good people. Yeah, you're right. Human- I agree with you. Absolutely good. It's the fact that the people who are the assholes get the most spotlight, and so it seems like people do suck. Yeah. So I get very upset about this stuff. Not to mention that eagle was banded. The eagle was at least twelve years old, and to live oh. in a planet on a planet like this, and and be twelve years old, and you're literally building a nest. It, its partner was there. They they live on this lake. They venture to mm-hmm. our lake. This this um, string of lakes is up and down Route 100 in in Vermont, and oh, yeah. it's like uh, it's like a it's like a dream fishing. It's like the five mile magnificent mile, really, of of fishing. And so these late these bald eagles travel to all our lakes. So we've seen the banded ankled oh, yeah. eagle and out you know at, on our property on the lake. And so when I heard about it, my entire family, we just start crying. Oh, yeah. Because it's just upsetting. So I'm, like, very passionate about it. I sent a thing to um, some other news outlets because I feel like this is, it's not getting the, the weight that it should be getting. No, exactly. Exactly. Um, so... I wanted to talk about it. Yeah. Fuck this guy totally. Oh, yeah. Fuck um, that guy. And 
I'm just like beside my. I'm still beside myself. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm still beside myself. I agree. I I agree. And you know. I'm glad, you know, you mentioned, you know, about like the conservation element and everything else. When I was talking with Sean about this, he had brought up a story that had come out um, regarding something kind of similar, but very different at the same time, Um, because these birds are protected and but they're not that symbol of American freedom or anything necessarily. Um, Go ahead. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, Elia, yeah, Bobby, one of those birds was a bald eagle. Oh, was it? Yeah. So uh-uh. um when Bobby told me this, Ellie, I was I was listening and I was I hate to say this, I'm now desensitized to this because mm-hmm. a couple years about oh geez, almost so it was 2005, 2006. So what are we 18 years from that? Yep. Is that where we're at now? Yeah. yeah. So 18 years ago in our neck of the woods because I'm always tried to been, you know, I've always tried to be plugged into to the outdoors with news and this and that. There were two guys uh, that you didn't want me just to just read the article. Eagle. I I have the article in front yeah. of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was kind of desensitized to this whole thing. So when he told me about the one bald eagle, I was like, that sucks. But <laughs> Bobby, go ahead and read the article, Ellie. Brace yourself. So the article goes. It says ospreys and herons like to eat fish. They can be a problem. At, that can be a problem rather at a fish hatchery where the pickings are easy. One great blue heron might eat three or four foot long trout in a single visit. Most hatchery owners are using netting over the tanks and raceways to prevent birds from preying on fish. They also use cannons to scare the birds off. I'm not going to mention these two assholes' names who are invo- involved with this, but they uh, operate a uh, hatchery in western massachusetts um and uh their victims included at least 279 great blue herons which is a ridiculous number and six ospreys a single red-tailed hawk and a juvenile bald eagle u.s fish and wildlife service agents investigated uh at the hatchery in september of 2005 after receiving a tip from the massachusetts epos during surveillance the agents witnessed uh one individual actually shoot a great blue heron they also saw another kill an osprey uh on may 1st they found their freshly killed carcass of a juvenile bald eagle it was laying face down at the base of a dead pine tree with its wings shut and feet clenched uh later the individual shot it said he thought it was a big brown hawk when he shot it even though it was about twice the size of any hawk found in the western massachusetts area leg bands indicated that the two and a half year old female eagle had been born in connecticut the total summer eagle population in connecticut is only about two dozen just put that in a, into perspective like when you think about that now there's one that's that's a, a sizable amount there um the individual claimed that he shot the birds to quote protect his livelihood putting netter netting over raceways would have cost him about twelve thousand to forty thousand dollars which he decided was too expensive when the fish and wildlife agents asked him why he didn't try to get a uh to get depredation or depredation permits he said it was because the permits would have put a limit on the number of birds that he could kill uh, a gun collector and avid hunter this one individual even red-tailed hawks did not take his fish some of his birds were killed during nesting season so their young may have died of starvation um, factor that into some of those percentages percentages as well uh, many were shot while perching in the large dead pine tree where the eagle's body was found uh, a former employee had said that they referred to it as the hanging tree because sometimes birds that had been shot got tangled up in the tree and did not fall all the way to the ground 
He claimed that he quit his job at the hatchery after 11 months because he could no longer stomach the killing of so many wild birds. Uh, The Migratory Bird Treaty Act of 1918 was put in place to control hunting of game birds like ducks and to prevent capturing or killing of non-game migratory birds without a permit. Only a few uh, introduced invasive birds like house sparrows and European starlings are not protected under the act. The Bald and Golden Eagle Protection Act was enacted to stop the useless destruction and possible extinction of the eagles uh, people, quote, seized with determination to kill for no other reason than it's an eagle and a large uh, a bird of large proportions. Although the attorneys argued for a dismissal or acquittal, the two individuals were both found guilty of violating the Migratory Bird Treaty Act. Uh, one was also convicted of violating the Bald Eagle and Golden Eagle Protection Act. Fish and Wildlife Special Agent uh, Thomas Healy said, quote, our laws protect this nation's natural resources to ensure their survival for future generations to enjoy the people who committed these crimes made no effort to follow the legal and responsible procedures for dealing with the situation two individuals involved each face a maximum sentence of six months in prison and a fifteen thousand dollar fine for the violation of the migratory bird treaty act um the one other individual could receive a maximum sentence of a year in prison and five thousand dollar fine for killing the eagle sentencing was scheduled for june 27th but has been postponed in july there was an update in July of 2007 that that one individual uh, was sentenced to six months in a federal halfway house, uh, five years probation with no contact with firearms and a fine of sixty five thousand dollars for uh, killing protected birds on his property. His co-defendant and employee received two years probation and a fifteen hundred dollar fine. Um, I mean, like so all that went into play and he only killed one eagle you know what i'm saying um but the the migratory birds was what got him. the migratory birds i think is is really what what would got him really i don't oh man that's a big difference between the two but one eagle and one eagle it's just just this guy this guy was this guy refused to follow the laws and said i'm gonna take shit into my own hands and shot everything with wings that went anywhere i I love uh, that his defense was that i couldn't afford that and it would limit me for, yeah, you know what I so mean. So now, now he's in a federal halfway house and has to, or exactly. in a federal halfway house and had to spend sixty five thousand dollars. And that's you know. five years he can't. Uh, he he's got to stay separated from from any firearms. Like, if you're an avid hunter, that's <laughs> ridiculous. You don't. You, how do you get a firearm back after that? Like, yeah, Be- because we have lax gun like, laws in this country. You, yeah. You hear a story about this and. Honestly, I started just disassociating and I was looking at, I was thinking about like cotton candy and pink lollipops and fluffy clouds halfway sure. through that because I was really like, this is fucked up. It's but totally like, fucked up. What's wild is, that's like a few and far between like, thank God though. Like, thank God that some freak ass Texas Chainsaw Massacre hatchery because I've been to a lot of the hatcheries and the conservation levels at those places is absolutely out of this world. Like, so it's always like the one, the, the freak stories that obviously make the news, right? Oh, yeah. Well, initially, when we had a conversation about this, when Sean had brought this up, he had the location of the of the of the hatchery mistaken. I was like, I grew up there. I'm like, the only hatchery I can think of is is state run. 
And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was that. And now that that oh, I've, I've I've read the article and I know where that hatchery is. I think I know exactly where that hatchery is. And it is. I mean, people they get into you know farming fish for uh, for stocking purposes as. A, a, a source of of income you know i mean that's that's what they're doing so and and i man i i can't believe it. it's like this is you know the line avid avid outdoorsman you know being in that article um and then relating that to oh yeah i'm just gonna pick off all these birds of prey because they're like there's a mm-hmm. conflict there like you're right you need to have conservation first you know uh, I, I suppose that there's plenty of folks out there that are, you know, riding dirty when they're out, uh, you know, enjoying the outdoors as far as proper licensure and things like that. But like you would assume that somebody who's going to be that involved with the outdoors so much that they're they, they own a hatchery uh, for, you know, a, a fish hatchery. You would think that they would have their heads more screwed on straight, you know, as far as what yeah. what rules they have to follow. But I mean, that number. Yeah. 279 herons that blows me away yeah. i can't believe that that's, that's ridiculous that's a whole rookery that's literally like a heron rookery yeah like you're literally blowing up and so i get like i get that if you are doing it's kind of like having a farm right if, yep. if you got fox coming in eating your chickens at night or whatever more than likely you're gonna friggin say bye that you're gonna find the fox and but but like there comes a time when you compare protecting yes. to, uh, I don't know, pack time. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, too, this kind of made me think of, I, I was reading some of the comments about the bald eagle for the Lake Rescue Bald Eagle, and some people were saying, like, well, maybe somebody, uh, before we start a, quote-unquote, before we start a lynching, okay, quote-unquote, yep. maybe we should make sure that this didn't happen on accident and that it wasn't self-defense. Well, first of all, if you're doing self-defense um, on a bald eagle that probably gets two fucks about you, you're probably going to report it that you yeah. killed a bald eagle because it wasn't out of malice. Yeah. It was out of... You have no protection. reason. <laughs> yeah. Right. But for me, I'm thinking there's no way this wasn't out of malice. There's just no way. No, I agree. I think that's a that is a, an educated assumption to to make that yeah. this was a hundred percent. Because yeah, you're right. If if it was if it was something that happened accidentally or whatever, like that individual is going to probably say, "Hey, this happened, and it was not supposed to fucking happen," you know, or mm-hmm. whatever. It's not even waterfowl season, like it's not even, and you can't really confuse. I'm pretty sure any. Uh, hunter or whatever that partakes in the waterfowl season mm-hmm. knows the difference between a Canadian goose and a bald eagle yeah. or a turkey versus a bald eagle. Yeah. There's a big yeah. So, and especially because these bald eagles are very well known um, up there on the lake because mm. there's only a couple pairs of them. And it's like, wow. Like, wow. <laughs> no, I hear you. So, Oh, these, these, the, the, the guys, like, like we, you guys were just getting into it about people who call themselves outdoorsmen that are out ice fishing and shooting bald, bald eagles or raising trout and shooting every, everything with wings in a five mile radius. Yeah. They're the same people. I think that go to a body of water, the put on their, am, their amateur fucking aquatic biologist, yeah. marine biologist tat and decide that every pickerel, anything with teeth, because they don't know how to properly fish needs to die. 
You know, it's the same. It's the same idiocy. Yeah. You know. Well, I agree. Okay. I I agree, especially in the situation of that Ludlow situation. I have a, I have a strong, like sort of taking a step back, shaking my head and saying, what moment when you're involved with the stocking program, <laughs> you, you have a fish hatchery and you're just picking off birds. Cause like eventually you're gonna get found out. You know, if your issue is that you, you know, getting the proper permits to be able to, you know, shoot predators uh, to protect your livelihood, but that's not good enough for you because they're going to impose limits. Yeah. 200 and that's a little outlandish. Oh, that's yeah. insane. Yeah. 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 It, it's just, but yeah, I agree with you, Sean. I mean, I, I think in this situation that like, I'll bet you that's exactly what it is. This one dude is part of the white bucket brigade and was out white bucketing on this lake and probably had a lake trout or something that got yanked from him, <laughs> you know, and he was like, oh, I'm going to show you and then took a shot at this eagle like an idiot. You yeah. know what I mean? But this is one of those things like if if you, you know, if you appreciate the freedoms that you have in this country. Right. And you say that actively your actions should follow and you should say something because this that's bullshit. You know, these are federally protected birds, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So fuck that guy. And, uh, and fuck those two guys in Sunderland though. It does sound like they got fucked. Um, pretty good. Uh, that's a, that's a sizable fine. $65,000 for one. And, uh, we're talking about a shit ton of, uh, of, of probation in a halfway house. Not fun. Not good, not fun. Yeah. Oh, no. unbelievable. Well deserved. Well deserved. There's some pieces of shit out there. There definitely are. There definitely yeah. are. Um, thank you, Ellie, for sharing and giving a little bit of insight. Thank you. As a local, I appreciate it. We uh, we will be in touch with you uh, for some other stuff uh, later this week, and uh, we got to coordinate too. Um, I, I th I'd like to have you come down for the sportsman show if you're available, and maybe do some booth time and whatever. It'll be fun. I know. You gotta tell me those dates again. You got I it. Got my. Tell me those dates again, and then. Definitely. Hopefully I didn't bring the mood down too much. I'm just fucking mad. <laughs> it's no, you're fine. You're fine. It's all good. It's all good. We'll talk, Ellie. I'll give you I'll give you a jingle after the show, all right? Bye, Ellie. All right, bye bye. Take care, bye. Ellie. All right. Now it is time, ladies and gentlemen, for uh this next little segment here. Jigs and bigs. I'm thinking we might end up hitting the four-hour mark, Sean, to be perfectly honest with you. I know. It, Jesus Christ. Why did we come up with all this content? It, it's, it's been, an, it's been it's, for being a, such a, a weird point in the year where there's nothing going on, there is so much going on. But in beta of the week this week, um, I think, I honestly think Sean is going to have a field day with these. Now, I say that because four out of five of these are like go-to regulars. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce each of these. And since Sean's got the majority to kind of go on, I'm just going to let him rip. Sound good for you? Sounds good to me. Are you, why don't you just put in a sound effect? So I, we don't have to say anything. Just name the lure and the sound effect will be, hi, oh, yeah. And then go on to the next one. All right. And <laughs> then the, much. the final one, I actually, 
I don't have a lot of experience with. I'll just be like, yeah, I never use those. What so about, we'll get four. Oh, yeah. Well, what, what about this one? How about if we went with a good day? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's kind of rude. <laughs> no, that's, it is. It that's is. rude. We're close. It is. We're, we're closing the door on that. No, let's, let's go some. Oh, yeah. All right. I got but, you. Um, what do you got? So starting things up, it's uh, the category here is uh, is creature baits. What we have in the creature bait we're talking about is uh, none other than the Zoom Brush Hog. Oh, yeah, Daddy. Go for it. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, this will actually be pretty quick because we've covered these lures that we're going to talk about so quickly or so much over the past year. Zoom Brush Hog was the first creature bait that I really latched onto and having and had a bunch of success with. Yep. And um, for whatever reason, it kind of fell out of favor over a couple of years. I started using some different creature baits. And then last year or the year before, I decided to bring them with me on a tournament, um, I believe. And we, If any anybody who really wants to go back through the archives of this show and figure out when I started using them again, I think I made mention of it. But I did start using them again, and I rigged them in a different way. I started really using those baby brush hogs, yep. Ned rigged. And it kind of yeah. turned a lot of stuff on. So I had a, I had a, a blast with that. Um, I still do carry the um, the full-size brush hogs, mm-hmm. but the ba- the baby brush hogs are really my go-to. Um, I Ned rig them. I use one, two, three, four different colors of them. None yep. of your business, folks. And um, I keep it simple. Ned rig them. And um, again, it, I, I went into this with my Ned rigs. Like I classify my Ned rigs um, – my plastics by bulk and action and then i make a spectrum out of it so at the tippity top is something like a mm-hmm. um like a big bulky beaver style ned rig you know a yep. three incher oh right? yeah with some flappers and then it goes all the way down to just a plain trd or uh you know a cut a cut stick worm yeah it's it's um, super flexible inch. and then i just figure out what the shape and action that the fish want is from there. So I'll use what four or five different shapes and I just go up and down between that and find where they want it. And what, what, what is exactly, um, you know, invoking a bite, provoking a bite. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the brush, the brush hog, um, little, little Sean, the fisherman tip here, they come with a, it's a little loop, like a U shaped loop for arms. And what I do is I sever them at the bottom at the body. So it actually makes a little bit more twirl. Sometimes, yep. if if I'm fishing all day and they're and and bluegills and smaller fish aren't ripping the arms off, I'll just cut the arms off completely and use them almost like a double curly tail worm with two flappers on it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, dude. There's a lot of stuff you can do with these things. So give uh give those guys a try. Again, this is ground we have already covered. Oh yeah. Um I love Zoom Brush Hogs. Give them a whirl. I'll tell you what. Um, here's here's my take on Zoom Brush Hogs is that they're probably one of the most versatile baits for plastics that you could utilize. Like right out of the box, they are a unique style. And in the article here, they, they go, before it, there were lizards, craws, worms, tubes, and grubs. Uh, after it, however, there was an explosion of soft plastics that didn't resemble anything. And that category continues to expand in the soft, plisting, uh, soft plastic fishing lure world. It gives bass a bigger, bulkier profile. Uh, and it looks like a bigger meal and still remains a dominant fish catcher throughout the year. And the beauty of it, and I think you nailed it, is like... 
the arms you can trim. You can trim the length of the body to help change things up. You could use that as a trailer for like a spinnerbait or something. You know, you get those twin tails flapping away yep. around like crazy. Or you go the other way and you start trimming off uh, those those flapping tails if it's too much action. And now you've got like kind of like a little uh, a small profile TRD style bait, you know, and. Yep. And you can. There's a lot that can be done with that. So I think that's that's pretty awesome. Um, the next one is. I'm so glad to see this in here. Um, the next one, number 17, is the the Ned rig, and specifically, it's the Ned TRD from Z-Man. Can I get a? Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I actually don't even use many TRDs anymore. Me neither. Um, I found it I found it simpler and cheaper just to buy um, like four-inch stick worms. Yep. As long as they have the right colors that I want. Four-inch stick worms, and I cut them down. Yep. And it's just that way. It's a That's versatility right there. I cut them down. I use them. Or if I'm using a four-inch stick worm and they're biting it, um, I'll, I'll, I'll save those or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't buy it. I mean, the, the, the Z-Man Elastec's great. It lasts a long time. But I still, to this day, have problems with them falling off the hook a little bit, and yep. you can't. You have to keep them with their own, otherwise, you, you've got a mess in your tackle box. Yeah, that's you're that is keeping tricky. your plastic. So, yeah, I, I it's it's it's, yep. it's crazy too because I do. I like a lot of the Z-Man plastics, uh, sp- you know, for specific reasons. Like I buy the Jerk Shads because, as opposed to a, you know, like a Zoom fluke, I can throw that Z-Man Jerk Shad and work it up on top of the surface, um, and it'll float or it'll return higher up. So, like you know, when you when you're looking for like like a floating jerk bait type application. It's kind of nice for that. Um, the thing is with the TRD is it's just the originator, and it just gets bites. I personally have started using the uh, Fresh Baits Halomite in place of almost anywhere where I would use a TRD. Or at the same time, I'll use like a curly tail grub, you know, because it's got that same sort of profile and size with a little bit of action that if I really want to scale down, I'll just clip that off. Yep. You know, so it's just, yeah. it's one of those things. But I mean, it like the TRD gets bites. It just a hundred percent does. And I think that if you're, if you're just getting into it um, and you know, you're, you're not carrying around a shitload of other plastics that you could necessarily use for this. I think picking up a bag of these and keeping those separate from your other plastics. Don't fuck up. It's what I'm telling you guys. Don't fuck up when it comes to those yep. plastics. Um, the next one you're gonna have uh, a, a, a a field day with because this is like this is like the Sean the fisherman. You if there's anybody that should have like a, a signature line of these, I think it's you, Sean. We're talking about none other than the the floating jerkbait topwater minnow, the uh, Rapala original floater. Can I get a? Oh yeah. No, I want the one with Daddy. Oh, you want the one with Daddy for that one, huh? Oh, uh, the floating Rapala? That gets two of them. Oh, you want? Okay, well, here. Oh, yeah, Daddy. All right, there you go. The lure that started it all was Sean the Fisherman. That was, uh, it's still, still to this day, uh, you know, how do I put this for, for, for selling this to people? I'm not selling it. I have no deal with Rapala, but selling on how good of a, of a lure this is. Imagine... Imagine if, uh, if Bobby, if you came across somebody and they said, well, I use all subsurface lures. Sure. But, okay. only, but only stuff that moves fast. What would you say? Only uh, subsurface, only stuff that moves fast. So they don't use, they don't use Senkos. They okay. don't use, 
They don't use suspending jerk baits. Gotcha. It's only only power stuff. Only they say, oh, I only use spinner baits. I would say I, I well, have a few things I would say. I'd be like, yeah, well, I I would say <laughs> what happens when the bite is slow. Yeah, exactly. So it, for people like there really is no lure that's as subtle on the surface yep. as a floating Rapala. Nothing is. Poppers make a big splash. Yep. Frogs make a lot a big wake. You know, um, toads make a big wake. Frogs are are pretty. You know, they they make they make a lot of noise, a lot of commotion. Yep. Floating Rapalas are the the most silent thing, and fish will smash them. Oh yeah. But you have to you have to learn how to use them and what situation. Um, I prefer using them using them in, like, like when the water's like glass, because yeah. that, that that little splash. And that little ring uh, set of rings that they make up as they as they um, rise and fall in the water column mm-hmm. as you as you work them. Sometimes the fish aren't going to go after that way over the top whopper plopper or way over the top. Even you know, just a plopper that you're fishing slowly, it's yeah. it's too much noise. You know, there's nothing. Yeah, if there's nothing breaking the surface, and all of yeah. a sudden there's a plopper going bang, bang, bang. I don't know how effective that's going to be. Yeah. But I do I know like, when I, when, when I fish my poppers, it's more of a boop. But yeah, you know. exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. You get what I'm saying. It's a lot of noise versus subtlety. Whereas this may be a, a, a dying minnow. I, they imitate dying minnows perfectly when we you know. When well, trying to and trying they're to, a, to, to get down to the depths. They're a multi-species animal. Yep. You know, you they can are. get them in such a wide variety of sizes. The majority of them I have, I kind of relegate for that minnow size you know i'm i'm usually throwing like i mean a three inch or the smallest sizes when it comes to floating stuff um i have one floating jerk bait that's like a standard like a 90 ish size yep and that's uh what's what's the brand it's a yozuri actually yep um but i i think you're right i think that um when you're looking for subtlety and and in especially shallow water that is just perfectly still because I will often like when in those conditions that you just described I, that's when I'm immediately like yeah I'm going to go to a popper but if they're not biting on a popper and everything else is lining up like that that's when I'm thinking like okay so we'll do a, a floating jerk bait you know yeah. we'll see how that goes because it is a more subtle presentation it's the subtle of the subtle it's the yeah. the low the low end of the subtle spectrum. And or the low end of the spectrum as far as subtlety, and then you know you go up towards something like a whopper plopper or a zara spook, uh, yes. a knocking rat or a wake bait. That's the other end where it's just yep. you can see it for miles. Where a floating rapala, I don't know, man. I've done so much damage with those things between size eleven, actually size nine to size thirteens. Yep, are the go to. Yeah. I use size thirteens now because I, I again watched my numbers and found out that size nines were catching me a lot of fish and not a lot of big ones. Size 11s were more big ones, but size 13s was almost exclusively big fish. And I've even tried size 18s and oh wow in Minnesota. And, um, you know, eh, I've had decent success. A lot of one and two pound bass because they'll go after anything in Minnesota. It just seems like it seems like in the colder waters, the fish will eat aggressively. Oh, yeah. As long as it's warm because they know it's going to get cold soon quick. This, you know? this lure has been around for three quarters of a century yeah 
just to throw that I mean, in reference, like it's it's something that it obviously works. You know, I mean, it's been around that long and they've kept, kept putting it out. Uh, in fact, I'm going to take this piece from the article. It says the fact that this beta stood the test of time for some 75 years uh, is an obvious reason to put it in the top five most influential bass fishing lures. But it's more than just that. It's hand tuned precision and effectiveness of this lure has really set the benchmark of all fishing lures after it. And it was basically the bar that other manufacturers sought to reach in the early days of bait, bait building. It's wild. Reputation uh, that was built by this one lure sells 20 million products yearly for this company and tens of millions more should probably think or should probably thank this one creation for making artificial lures more mainstream. My father had these in his tackle box and he was not an artificial bait thrower, but they catch fish. They get the job done. Yep. They do. Yeah. Um, another another bait that uh, is is right up your alley and right up the alley of a lot of uh, of listeners of of this show is uh, a chatterbait. Uh, and and it's, of course, this one that they bring up is not the chatterbait that you're thinking of. It's they put in this category vibrating jig. It's the rad lures chatterbait. Rad lures chatterbait. Can I get a hoya? So. I have never used this rad lures chatterbait, right? Yeah, because what's the Z-Man was the originator. Z-Man, yeah, exactly. Oh, actually, I should say, so Z-Man bought this from rad lures, so this is the originator. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, so, um, I mean, what can we say about bladed jigs? At this point, they're a staple. Um, yep. They're still hot. They're, what, 10 years in, if not 15, yeah. of, of use, you know, being in existence. It combines... It really combines the best traits of a jig, a spinnerbait, yeah, and, and a, uh, a crankbait with the with the way the 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 blades are are lipped. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. So, I mean, when the fish are aggressive, they draw bites. When they're not aggressive, sometimes they'll draw bites. Yeah. But the one thing that we can say about these chatterbaits is, man, do they get big fish? And when I was deciding whether to keep chatterbaits as part of my arsenal if they mm -hmm. were successful for me or not i looked at my records and i only had a few fish on them but they were all over like two pounds at the they time i was keeping weight and i said okay you know that's a start and then since then i've kind of refined my chatterbait game so i know you know i only keep three colors and i know when to use them so um yeah it's a staple now for sure Hopefully in 75 75 years it'll be hanging out with the floating rapala as oh i believe you know, it I believe it's a test, test of time um, success story. I'm going to go through some of this because I think that there's a lot of people that don't know the history of the Chatterbait. So the Chatterbait bladed jig was created in a garage in Greenwood, South Carolina by father and son team Ronnie and Ron Davis after years of tinkering with the goal of creating a bait with the profile of a jig, the flash of a spinnerbait and the vibration of a crankbait. I would say excellent job, fellas. You're doing all right. Convincing the angling public of the virtues of this new style lure was not easy when the bait first hit the market with rad lures in 2004. So 19 years ago is when it came out. In January of 06, uh, Brian, Th uh, Brian Thrift won a Stren series on Lake Okeechobee using the chatterbait. Uh, immediately, demand for vibrating jids went through the roof virtually overnight, and the chatterbait was born. Um, let's see. It says, since then, the chatterbait 
chatterbait has gone to win dozens, if not hundreds, of bass fishing tournaments all across the country and was sold to Z-Man. We consider it a finesse version of the crankbait that can be fished through grass, excels in cold and hot water alike, can mimic baitfish or bluegill, and catch bass in a variety of water clarities and conditions. What it's, it, it, they even say it's become one of the most versatile lures for bass fishing, and I couldn't agree more. There's yep. so many. The other Chatterbait reviews that they list, there's the Z-Man Original, which I almost exclusively fish because they're cheap, and I just like to be able to get my hands on them. Um, the Z-Man Mini Max came out, was it just last year? It, it's been the Recently, buzz last, last year. Last year, the year before. It, was, it yeah. was a huge buzz. People were crazy about it. The Z-Man Project Z Chatterbait. Now, is that the one that you like, Sean? I'm not sure if <laughs> Sorry, that's I'm the dying. one. I'm dying there. I had myself on mute. Um, no, I use the, uh, the Elite Series. That's right. It's the Elite Series. The Project Zs, I think those are weedless. I think they have like two uh, weed guards that pop up on them. Yeah. Um, there's uh, the... Uh, obviously, the Jackhammers are... The Jackhammer is the where, next one. Yep. Yep. Um, and I, I mean, really, what, what I stick with is those Elites, 90% of the time, I've been using... Um, I'm in the experimental stage of Matt Thayer's uh, Klondike Custom Baits plated jigs. Oh yeah, I'm getting going on that. Yep. Um, Those are. My I've favorites. used. I've used the older models of the Striking Pure Poison, mm -hmm. and they they changed it, so I don't use that anymore. They changed the design of it. It used to have this slot in the middle with a with an oval split ring, and I thought those were phenomenal. I caught a lot of big fish on those yep. in the early 2000s, mm -hmm. or, or probably between 2005 2010, and then. Um, for deep water and for waters with with pike in them i will use the um the picasso shock blade but usually big like one ounce three quarter ounce one ounce like oh, big yeah. ones yep and those will still pull in bass too so um yeah those are what i use the other one that is getting a lot of buzz is the um uh, what do they call it? They call it the willow blade, uh, the, the Z-Man uh, chatterbait willow blade. And yeah. it is uh, it's an interesting it's a, it's an interesting bait um, to, to, to throw where it's basically got instead of that sort of like funky shaped blade that we've kind of all known, you know, kind of grown to love. Um, there are now. Um, it's like just a small jig head. There's no skirt on it. It's just a, a round ball jig head with the eyes. It's got like a willow blade that's attached to it with the same sort of clip. And it's supposed to be more of a, I guess, I guess you would call it more of a, a, a finesse or a cold water technique, I think. And, uh, and, and there's, I've seen some, some people kind of like touting how like it's a real nice alternative, you know? When you're looking to show them something a little bit different from your typical vibrating jig, it, it stands out. Yep. Good stuff. Good stuff. And you mentioned the the Klondike Custom Creation stuff, and I love that. Uh, I love I love uh, the stuff that Matt puts out for for chatterbaits. I think they're fantastic. Um, Not just chatterbaits. Everything Matt does. He yeah. Puts a, I mean, that's the thing. A little, little bit of love into. Yeah. You know? He really does. I, I think it's pretty pretty badass. Um, the final bait that they put in here, and this is this is the one that. That we were both kind of like locally, we don't really do much with. I mean, I don't. I, I fish locally pretty much exclusively, so I don't really throw a whole lot as far as um, you know, as far as this this next presentation is is concerned. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe your experience in the Midwest might prove differently, but this is the cold water shad crank, uh, the Rapala shad wrap. The the category they put in is cold water shad crank. 
Yeah, I don't I don't use those shad color or those shad shaped on yep. crankbaits. I stick with conventional. I have used them in Minnesota and very shitty results. And I use big ones too. I used like ham, you know, size my hand big ones that yeah. were floating and I got nothing. I was running them over weed beds and nothing hit them. Mm-hmm. Um so let's take our four wins and kind of skip this one. I think at the beginning when we were discussing this uh, during pre-production, I said four home runs and a ground out and to a first ground up, for me. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it's it, it's it's just one of those things. This is one that we don't necessarily have a lot of uh, info on. I'll go ahead and I'll read what was what's in the article here just to, so we have something on it. goes, the bait was made in 1982 to improve on predecessors' offerings. It was designed to closely mimic bait fish profiles with good buoyancy, straight, subtle track, and castability. There have been more than 3 million shad wraps sold in various colors and sizes, and it gave anglers a way to cover water in cold weather. Uh, the bait made throwing finesse crankbaits on light line and spinning tackle in vogue on the tournament trail when the water was cold and the bass were sluggish. Most pro and weekend anglers alike still reach for the shad wrap when fishing cold water. It's a confidence factor for tough cold water fishing, uh, but the bait works on a variety situation. works really well for a variety of species. It's a staple in the walleye world and we'd argue that the four colors account for the majority of the shad wrap sales, and those are silver, gold, fire diger, and crawdad. Uh, for a time, this bait was rented out by guide houses up north because it was so productive when it first hit the market and supply was so limited. The shad wrap continues to sell extremely well year after year. I see them everywhere I go. You know, they're available, but, you know, just not a profile that I've generally thrown. I mean, I'm mostly mostly when I'm throwing crankbaits, I'm usually throwing a lipless or a square bill. Yep. Generally. Yeah, that's but, all I throw. That's yeah. all I throw. So typically, um, I mean, that's, sorry. that's how it works. Sorry, article. We uh, we failed you one. this time. <laughs> we failed we you. We did. And that's going to conclude bait of the week uh, this week for us. But uh, something that you guys have not heard for a while. I'll give this to Little Doth. We, we got our first Dothraki wedding of the year. Welcome yeah. to 2023, Dothraki clan. Hey, so I just want to cover something real quick. This is going to be a very, very quick one. Obviously, starting in April, we have chronic trips coming up. We have May, our first jigs and bigs. Um, tonight, there, there's actually going to be a live stream I should be a part of. Um, for uh, those of us in the Massachusetts, uh, tonight. So this will be uh, this is airing Tuesday. So last night. <laughs> yep. God, time. I need a time machine. I'm in the quantum realm. I don't know what's happening. So we're going to be talking about all of the um, the stops now with the four divisions for MAKB. Yep. Uh, Ken's going to be hosting. I'm going to jump on that. I also wanted to make mention um, at the uh, at the show, at the Cheshire show, we had two MAKB members, two of my favorite MAKB members. They're all my favorite, mm-hmm. but two of my real favorite. Jerry Multi-House and Andrew Heath stopped in. Nice. So we got to hang out with them all day. Andrew was all over me asking me questions about this, that, oh, the other really? thing. Oh, really? It was good stuff. So I actually I was doing all I was doing some of the um, the descriptions um, for the events that Ken takes and finagles with and puts them up on Fish and Chaos. And I kind of let him in. I said, "Well, this is what I have to do." Blah 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 blah. And he was kind of fascinated with my typing skills. Yeah, hunting, hunting and pecking. But yeah, it was great to see Andrew. It was great to see Jerry. Looking forward to the season. Our season kicks off um, in April. And um, trips, baby, in April. Yep, and yeah, a lot of stuff. Chronic trips and MAKB, yeah. and then May for Jigs and Bigs, and uh, May for also EKF as well. Please listen into that live stream tonight if you're in Massachusetts and are interested in getting involved in high-level um, kayak fishing. Yeah, We'd love to have you. There's four divisions now. we got plenty of room. It's a fucking party. Come on and join us. BYOB. 
Um, no, I'm just kidding. Don't bring any beer or bud on the water. You're not supposed to fucking sure. get fucked up while you're while you're fishing. That's um that's all I have. But I for uh for the Dothraki stuff. But there is one thing I want to bring up. We kind of skipped over. Oh, go ahead. What do you got? We we were we had so much shit. This I don't know how this got pushed out, but um we didn't talk about me at the boat show. <laughs> we didn't talk about you at the boat show. Okay. No. Well. No. So. Yeah. Well, I, we just kind of ran with it. I figured I'd wrap it in at the end here. Um, I wanted to make mention. So. Yep. Uh, of the boat show, New York City boat show. It was at the. Uh, God, what was the name of the place? Hold on, I'm gonna get the name of the place here. Would you say it was the Javits Center or something like that? Javits Center. Thank you. Yeah, it was at the Javits Center. Fucking Javits Center is a shit. beautiful, beautiful, beautiful place. Um, I got some pictures. I did grab a video. Um, I was hanging. Oh, you know what? He didn't put his last name on here. I don't know what AJ's last name is. So, um, at the show, holding down the fort was obviously Lauren. All right, she was she was there the whole time from Wednesday through Sunday. Yep. Um, she had AJ with her. I don't have AJ's last name. I have his. I have his his uh, his brochure. He is a guide up at Saranac Lake in uh, the Adirondacks oh, region. Oh yeah. York. Okay. We should fish with AJ's, him. Yeah, AJ's a veteran um aj is a kayak angler as well and he is a jackson rep i believe so he was there helping out um got to meet him got to talk with him a little bit my job at the um at the boat show was due to lack of available hands with a couple other shows going on in the uh the three bells team being spread rather thin this weekend my job was god parking in new york i am th- just so you know just so everyone knows I've driven through New York once. I've used the GW Bridge a few times, but I've yep. driven through New York City once. And that was 2006. And I never wanted to do it again. No, why would you? No, it sucked. Um, and it was it was an accident, too. I took a wrong turn. And, and this is before GPS. I was in hell. So um, this this weekend was my first time purposely driving into New York City, knowing I would have to pay for parking. Oh, yeah. And dealing with all this stuff. So some notes on the event, on the drive. The homeless will actually go out into the middle of busy on and off ramps on highways and beg in between lanes. I had never seen that before. When I got into New York City, I was greeted by, I don't know if this dude was homeless or not. I don't know his story. Gentleman wearing every color of the rainbow of clothing. And I don't think it was intentional sitting on a bike in the middle of the intersection right near a cop on this bike doing the Macarena. <laughs> really? If that, if that doesn't sum up New York City. So. Okay. I, yeah. I, um, I, I, I weathered through it. We had to, we had to get the van to the, um, to the parking lot, to the parking garage that it was designated for, which was two miles away from the Javits. Yep. Which I followed, um, I followed Ian from Three Bells. He's one of the uh, he's one of the boat slash warehouse guys, mm-hmm. dock guys, and um, they pulled him into. Uh, for, I, I'm hoping for some overtime. I don't know what the deal is down there. Whatever. So Ian drove the rented truck, a big box truck, to get the kayaks in and out. Yep. I followed him all the way there, and he's driven in New York City a couple times, and he got turned around. Oh yeah. Sent me a text and said, "Oh shit, I fucked up." We went through the Lincoln Tunnel. And then we came over another bridge and went right across the river again. He took a wrong turn. So we oh, went dude, I, happens, on my man. first my first time through the Lincoln Tunnel was followed by the second time through the Lincoln <laughs> Tunnel, both on the way into the city. <laughs> so we parked oh. the truck and um, he hopped in my truck. I went to a closer parking garage um, 
that was nearer to it was less than half of a mile away from the, the Javits Center. Yep. We parked there, walked in. Um, I let Lauren know, like, I am under the weather. I am going to – obviously, I was here for the, the the extra drive so that he didn't have to take an Uber or whatever. For sure. I did my I did my job, talked with AJ because he is running a NAR currently. So Lauren felt it was important to get his take on what I was doing. For sure. And what I was planning on doing with mine. Um, uh, again, excited to be jumping into this boat and uh, joining, joining the uh, – the, the throngs of people that are in Jackson's. We'll oh, see yeah. what happens with this. And um, pretty uneventful couple hours. Uh, we I helped pack up, and then around 6 o'clock, um, I, uh, I gave Ian the, the lift, you know, our, our path in reverse, and I got the fuck out of New York City. And I mentioned to you off air, mm-hmm. I got home at about 9 o'clock, and I was not feeling well at all. Yeah. I, I dosed myself up with medication and drank orange juice and sat on the couch. And I got a text from Lauren somewhere around 945 saying, we're just leaving the Javits Center now. They oh, had a yeah. two plus hour ride back to back to um, Three Bells after yep. loading all that up. So thank you to AJ. Nice to meet you. Ian, I've met before. Thanks for, for hanging out. And, you know, hopefully you don't get sick, too. And thanks to Lauren for having me down there. Um, that was fun. I'm, I'm hoping I helped out. And um, yeah. We'll see you guys awesome. the next show. Be good stuff. I just wanted to throw that in there. So that's all I got. What segment are we on? Two, I love eight, we're nine? On segment 15. No, we're on segment <laughs> number two right now. And uh, we're going to take, take a quick break. We're going to take a short break here. We'll come back, guys. Um, coming up in this next segment, a little bit of a heads up here. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a qualifier before you hear this segment. So here's the uh, whole situation. Um, your boy sat down with the one and only Todd Grubb and had an amazing interview sec- session. This is when I was carp fishing. We were truck camping in Rhode Island uh, after we had gone to that uh, Narragansett Surfcaster show. So we recorded all this content. We were recording in his van. And like a moron, I balanced like the battery that I was using to power the recorder on like my leg. And it fell off and disconnected. And I've had this happen in the past where the data was okay. Like it it had stored. So I continued on. We recorded. Well, we recorded about 90 minutes almost of stuff after that point. There's a lot of shit here. As it would happen to be, that segment that we that we previously recorded before the battery had dropped ceases to exist right now um the good news is that todd was recording uh on his rig uh with his 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 uh slr the whole time and i said i reached out to him said hey but if you still have that audio i'd love to get a copy of it can you dropbox it to me and unfortunately it no longer ceases to live because he already deleted it. So what I'm going to do is this, is I am going to go ahead and take bits of that audio to tie things together from the video he produced. And I'm going to tie in the remaining end of it that you don't get in his video right to it. If for some reason ripping that original audio doesn't doesn't happen, you guys will be getting it joining in progress. It's fantastic. My apologies, and uh, I will be running in-house batteries as a backup from here on out (laughs) using recording mobily. Um, With all that said, we're going to take a short break. When we get back, I've got Todd in the beef seat. we got all kinds of stuff to talk about, including the launch of his brand new podcast. We'll see you guys in a bit. Don't go too far. (laughs) 
Jigs and Bigs is your favorite fishing podcast, right? Why not show the world how much you love the show while directly supporting us? We have men's and ladies' shirts, hoodies, and a variety of hats. We even have a waterproof outdoor Bluetooth speaker so you can listen to your favorite podcast while out on the water if you like. Check out jigsandbigs.com slash shop to visit the store and gear yourself up. If you really can't get enough of this show, consider becoming a jig head and joining our Patreon. It's a subscription that gives you exclusive access to recording sessions that allow you to engage with us as we record the show. We also have some exclusive content there just for our jig heads and even have some special promo codes. Space is limited, so join now at jigsandbigs.com. Finally, if you're local to our area in Western Massachusetts, consider checking out the Western Mass Fishing Report posted weekly at northeastwildwoman.com. We have amazing contributors providing great content and info for local conditions and what's been going on and working recently. Jigs and Bigs, so much more than just two lightly roasted hippies trapped in the 90s arguing on the internet about fishing. You know, this is actually the first time I've ever had video recording and audio recording at the same time for a podcast. Yeah. That is amazing. I could send you this whole... That's pretty crazy. This whole file easily, mm. too, if you'd like. There's talk about someday including a video component, but I don't want to even try until we have a space that we can call our own. Yeah, you need, a, like, an actual studio. A studio, yeah. And, um... You know, I've been thinking about that personally. You know, I could start something from home, and I could have a video component, but oh, yeah. then my guests, I have no room for a guest there. Yeah, you that's, saw that today. That's it. That's when it's There's tricky. No room for a guest there. So then you're, you're, you're relying on like, okay, hey, what can you put together in your dining room or wherever they happen to be recording? Right. And it just, you know, it's almost not worth it. I mean, and really, let's be honest. The, what I think the best part about podcasting is, is that it's something that somebody can consume for content that's 100% passive with an audio-only podcast. They can go and they can go fish or they can take a long drive or whatever it is. Right. And they don't have to feel like they're missing something because they're looking on the, at the screen. Yes. So I, I love that. I think that's a good thing. And, and for, for you, the listener, we're going to go ahead and break the wall now. Uh, for the listener that's that's sitting here listening uh, to this little segment that we're, we're working on here. Uh, hi, I'm Bobby Rose Beef, and I'm, I'm here with uh, Fish and Grubs with Todd Grubb. What is going on, everybody? And we're, we're having a little adventure right here uh, in the winter. Winter, winter, winter has come. Kind let's, of. Let's check the. Uh, yeah, it's. Let's check the outdoor temp. My my guess is, like maybe thirty on the dot. Yeah, it feels a lot colder. Thirty three. Yeah, thirty three on the dot. And it's windy. Um, I'm I'm really not loving that the the wind, but uh, we had a day, man. Um, this is something I was really looking forward to. We uh, you and I got together earlier this morning. We took a ride down to Narragansett, Rhode Island, for the uh, uh, Narragansett Surfcasters. That group organized this little expo of uh, some local uh, bait makers and uh, I think a bunch of used gear too. In fact, I, I got a little gift for Sean the Fisherman. Um, we, I picked up a couple of hula poppers, old vintage ones. One with like the OG packaging too, which I'm psyched about. Sick. Uh, so yeah, I mean, went down there uh, to visit with uh, Matt Thayer from Klondike Custom Creations. He had a, a giant booth. He had three tables lined up, like crazy stuff. Yeah, his baits are awesome. His baits were beautiful. I love handcrafted, and he had he wasn't so 
he wasn't one dimensional at all. No. You know what I mean? And that's that I thought that was really cool yeah. about his booth is that any any fisherman, whether it be like somebody that just goes after largemouth, uh, to somebody that targets tuna. Like he yeah. had the whole spectrum there, uh, with all handmade plugs, handmade jigs, yep. spinner baits, the whole nine. It was really cool. Oh yeah. Great I setup. Mean, he's got his good his, kid too. His baits are awesome. I, I don't want to go and like you know blow this up necessarily, but you and I have had conversations before about you starting a podcast, correct? And you kind of got into some of the details today, and I think you have an awesome, awesome number one potential working title, amazing, yeah. but oh. like a great premise for the show because it can it it truly the target audience is anybody with ears. Correct. You know, and I think that that is a really good thing. I always find that, like, as you know, when you're trying to create something, you, you're always trying to find what your audience is. But I, like, sometimes it, it's a good thing to think a little bit more broad. Yeah. You know the the thing about most podcasts too. Yeah. Pro probably all of them is that you know, uh, for the most part, you're doing it in the same place every time. Yeah. Whereas, like, and and your guests have to come to you. Yep. I yeah. could literally take this podcast to whatever guest there is. Oh, travel wherever you want to go, yeah. go on whatever adventure. I'll be in this area in this time, set up four or five oh, yeah. guests in that state or that area, and, and on to the next. I think the idea of a mobile studio is f***ing the dream. I mean, we're it, doing it right now. We're it's doing it's exactly. It's making me feel really stoked. It's it's pretty awesome. <laughs> like when you think it doesn't take much, it really doesn't. But yeah. like the the fact that you've got the space in here and like there's nice comfortable lighting, you know. Right. If I do a podcast, it can't be about fishing. Yeah. I mean, it can definitely involve fishermen. Sure. Oh, they for sure. They will be guests because that's a huge part of my life. Yeah. But there's so many aspects of my life, so many people, and so many different realms yeah that i want to talk to there's more to it light to what they're doing yep um instead of just in the fishing world yeah like because i love as much as i love the fishing world there's so many things that i'm wicked passionate about it was it, it's wild like um we're trying to do that with jigs and bigs like especially in terms of other ways that we can kind of relate it to the outdoors so that's where the truck camping element comes from from Right. You know, and same thing like the tournament stuff with with, uh, with with Sean. And even going, like, stretching that a little bit further, like his, like, coaching basketball and stuff and how that mindset kind of applies in different, different sort of ways. Right. So it's all in how you kind of tie it together. For me, like, once I found ice fishing, I was like, oh, man, this is great. Now yeah. I don't have to hate winter anymore. Yeah. And also, like, even as a, kid, there, to, as a kid, there was one thing that I did to, like, make myself not hate winter as much and i went barefoot for two years straight like th straight through the winter and everything what yeah really yeah I, that's I, intense yeah if you talk to my friends from like right yeah. after high school they'll all tell you i'd go to like parties and stuff and just be walking around in the snow up in new Hampshire. totally barefoot They'd be like what the fuck is wrong with you my one friend tried to do it and just screamed at the top of his lungs like very high pitched ran back onto the I think part of it is through his shoes on the perception and the adjustment, you know. Yeah, I yeah. still do it. Yeah. I'll still go barefoot in the snow, just to because it, you know, yeah, that actually feels amazing. Yeah.
So for the listeners, uh, if this doesn't exactly sound like exactly fluid, it's because my battery uh, disconnected and I had to restart recording. So we're back. But we were talking about about hitchhiking and uh, having dreadlocks. Yeah. And I feel like in a way that's kind of brilliant, man. It's sort it of a great. good little filter. It was great. And, yeah. you know, it was it was in New Hampshire. Yeah. It was mostly between Milford and Nashua. And so it was like I didn't really like most of the time I was somebody I knew. I'm like, oh, that's grubby. That's exactly it. Yeah. Right. Let's pick up grubby. Yep. I went to school, grade school in Nashua. Mm-hmm. So I lived in Nashua most of my life. And then I went to high school in Milford. So it was like oh, okay. literally just people I knew. Yeah, constantly. between going from one and spot then like to really another. really chill people yeah. that were like, oh, that kid's probably cool. Yeah, exactly. Or that kid's probably a fucking idiot and needs help. And that's that's exactly and, and also like you're weeding out like you know the soccer mom from picking oh, yeah. you up that's like yeah. gonna just you know give you a freaking hard time oh, yeah. for whatever or some yeah. shit like that Wanna you know save me or something yeah exactly absolutely not yeah that's uh but um yeah no it was uh it was a uh, so much fun until i got knocked out knocked out yeah i got knocked out once when you were hitchhiking apparently I don't oh. remember any of it. No, that's usually how getting knocked out works. I don't remember. So oh, wow. I got have complete amnesia of the entire situation afterwards. So apparently this kid who is like, must have just been at the bar uh, with his buddy. This has all been told to me by my, my buddy who was next to me. Yep. We were walking home and uh, I like stuck my thumb out to hitchhike. Because I had just been so used to it. Yeah, of course. We didn't even fucking need a ride at yeah. that point. This dude, like, thought I flipped him off. <laughs> you conditioned yourself to, like, knowing the position. Like, I don't even fucking, like, I was just hitchhiking everywhere exactly. at that point. I hitchhiked from freaking New Hampshire to Maryland. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, so this dude apparently thought I flipped him off. Oh. Pulled over, got out and was getting in my face. And I've never been one. Yeah. To, to like, back down. Oh. Just because some big idiot is screaming say, at me. Yeah, 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 exactly. I took a I lot of fucking big hits in football. People would just be like, you have, like, a spring attached to your back or something. Like, what is wrong with yeah. you? And so um, this dude, like, hauled off and sucker punched me in the face right after I... I was like, what are you, drunk, you fucking idiot? Apparently, that's what I said. And he sucker punched me straight in the face, oh. and I hit the pavement. Yeah, I had like a, a mark on my forehead where he hit me and then a pavement mark on the side of my face where I hit the pavement. And apparently within seconds, yeah, I was up screaming at the guy <laughs> because that's me. Um, that's what my buddy said. And so then fast forward, yep. I went to my house, my mom's house where I didn't live. My house was down the street further. I went to my mom's house and apparently... Uh, she had just got me new shoes. So I get these new shoes. Yep. Then I go to my house where my friends were. Thank goodness. And um, about every 15 minutes, I'd find the fucking shoes and be like, whose shoes are these? Oh these my are God. dope. And my friends would be like, yeah, they're yours, dude. You and okay, I'd be man? like, these are fucking awesome, dude. Because they were dope shoes, right? That's awesome. And... Uh, <laughs> And they were like, we got to get this cocksucker to the hospital. And they were like, dude, let's go to the hospital. You have 
a concussion. And yeah. I was like, no, nah, man, I'm fine because that's just my. Uh, of course, yeah. That's just me. That's one of my friends that'll he'll he will confirm the story. Actually, it's an old friend. Oh, of that's awesome. <laughs> I could have him talking about it right now. <laughs> uh, get him on a fucking microphone. So, anyways, um, we they convinced me that yep. we're going to Wendy's. And oh, that's there you how go. they got me out of the fucking house into the hospital that night. Those Wendy's nuggets will get you anywhere. I still don't remember. <laughs> I remember none of this. I have still no no memory of any of these things. These are all things that were told to me by yeah. all of my friends. And then uh, the next morning, I woke up to my mom standing over me, and I felt like I had the worst hangover of my life. Yeah. I thought I drank the night before. Oh. And forgot everything. Yeah. Yeah, no. There was no drinking. And it was a concussion. I hadn't even started to drink yet. Shit. It was just a complete and total fucking oh. smack to the dome. Yeah, that's not good. And then I became a serial killer. It comes with <laughs> it. You know? You know, I've That's heard, the path that, that we take. That is like that weird um, thing that like they, uh, Teo is really, the first podcast I actually ever got into was. Yeah. Um, true crime. Uh, was a true and i hate true crime yeah me too but the girls telling the stories were comedians and they were so good oh it's uh my favorite murder uh, it give them a listen like i just liked listening to them have their band i liked their banter before the stories yeah more than the stories yeah. and my and taya Mm-hmm. Hates the bit. She'll fast forward through all the banter. Oh, just to get to like the meat of like the scary the shit. I just like hearing them talk because they're freaking hilarious. Yeah, and I think that that says something too. Like, podcasts can be so many different things to so many different people. Yeah, you know, you can learn some shit. You can, you know, flash the lights randomly. It's, it's I mean, out of let, all of a sudden now, apparently, this is a fucking ghost podcast. It's so. Out of battery. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. It gives you like a warning, which is pretty dope. That's pretty cool. And the recording on the on the video just stopped. I think it. I think the video goes for like twelve minutes. Yeah, that the, makes sense. The ninety D and the eighty D have that have like the same issue for like long form recording. Oh yeah. There's some stupid shit you can do. I think to make it not do that. Mm-hmm. And I, it was like I don't even know what the fuck. I hmm. looked at it a long time ago. Yeah, and uh, I have not looked at it since because I never do stuff like for that's super that long. long. Yeah, exactly. I think that's why, like, you find a lot of people that that do uh, a video podcast. Right. Lots of times, what they're doing is they're either using uh, a webcam, right, or something. A nicer it's just webcam. Like, yeah. Okay. So we and you, you know. can even set up like a few of them. Oh yeah, to absolutely. get like uh, a couple different angles. Yeah, you can fool. I mean, it's, I could like deck this thing out, with cameras. Oh, absolutely, man. And, like you small could, ones. You could easily, easily. You could put. You could even put the uh, like the flexible um, mic stands. Yeah. On either side, so this have way, them, like swinging. Yeah, down. you just have them swinging around. That'd done deal. Dope. You go like, all right. So the guest sits here. We have a guest here. I'll sit over here. The controls are all right here. You set it up. Yep. I mean, this this could be really great, man. I mean, Sick. really freaking insane. Yep. Yeah. And this whole thing in bed, the pull-out kitchen from underneath here yep. to out the back, right? Oh, Full it's designed sink. like that? No, that's what I want. Oh, that's I'm what you're doing. I'm pulling this couch out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Yep. It's, I can't believe that this is from 1999. It's unbelievable. Yeah. There's not a fucking scratch in it. Nothing, bro. yeah. It's like it never got used. It's like brand new. Out of control. 
but I can't. It just doesn't have the an, enough storage underneath. And yep. I kind of want the bed up a little higher just for more storage. Yeah. And that I wanted sense. an office, but now I'm thinking I just make a, a a place to record a podcast, and that could also be my office. Yeah. And that's the because beauty of there it. Could, I fucking, that thing gets knocked down every 35 seconds. Oh, yeah. Uh, but right here could be like a full-on table, but that table could have a ton of storage underneath. That could even For be sure. all the battery storage. Boom, yeah, right yeah. there. And Build that it. could be where the, mm-hmm. you know, you just sit and do your, I could edit. We could have the podcast. I could have the podcast. That's a really whole, good idea. The whole nine. You do something like that where you go, you set up a bunch of storage underneath. You got batteries, cables, adapters, all that yeah. stuff. Easy to get to. Right. And you know, and then you have the fact that it, it's a tabletop, so you can put whatever you're using as a mixer, right. an interface, anything that you need for equipment. These panels yep. have room behind the whole thing. Oh. They just didn't make cutouts for any of it. This, the, both, all of these panels could be taken down and re- done yeah there's also room behind both the vcr and that <laughs> and the storage and the up tv there. absolutely that could be moved back or that could be something could be done to that to give it more storage oh definitely man um this has more storage than it should uh than it like actually than you think does it, yeah you know because they put like this plastic thing in here that probably comes to like here oh yeah but really like there's so much more room here. This is absolutely wild, man. Absolutely wild. A, I got. I'm like. I thought that was a freaking cop for a second. Yeah, no. That'd be dope to that have a cop insane. roll up on your podcast. Just be like, hey. Uh, there's no camping here. Sorry, bro. We're just having a podcast. We're just fishing. recording. That's what we're doing. You know. Can't you see? You should drive up to uh, uh, West Falmouth and uh, and and bust these kids that are doing donuts in the parking lot. Is that what they like to do? That's what they, that's what they did when I camped up there with Becca. So, you know, some kids that do donuts are dumb. Yeah. Some kids that do donuts are awesome. Uh, graduate to like drifting. That's true. Like professionally, yeah, my that's my true. buddy. Um, I never knew it when we were kids, obviously, but he had gotten into the, you know, he was always very into everything Japanese. Yeah. Always. We yeah. were wicked into anime together and like, he just got super into the culture. His brother taught English over there and like, he just loves that kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. And he got wicked into the drifting shit and he would freaking, we would take his mom's minivan out. And we would go oh. to the fucking parking lot and just rip, dude. Oh, yeah. Kid would rip. Now he's like professionally fucking drifting. Oh, yeah. The kid just. Like he's doing shit for absolute like movies and shit? Not movies. He's not at that level yet, but gotcha. he's still. Like, if I showed you his Instagram, you'd be like, yeah, he's, he looks he's like he's the a real fucking, deal. Yeah. He's he looks a, like on he's on the a tracks dragon. all yeah. the time. Yep. His pictures, like, with him and another car, just like. That's insane. Like, whoa. It really is choreography. It's with just automobiles. Freaky. It's nuts. To be that good yeah. at driving a fucking car. At driving a car. <laughs> Sometimes I have the occasional maneuver behind the wheel, and I'm I'm pretty impressed yeah, by that. I mean, like that. I think I, I like to think I could fucking whip a vehicle around, but there's just the amount of control you have to have oh, yeah. to put t- like two or three or four or five cars around a turn going that fast, <laughs> drifting. It's like, fuck. That's. <laughs> that's just unreal, bro. And I, that's never something I ever got into. Yeah. But I can totally respect that shit. Oh, for sure. It's out of control. For sure. 
I'm not. Uh, I just, you know, it was like the the thing that made it big was those fucking Fast and Furious movies. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I have so many friends that, like, love those movies, and I've not watched a single fucking one of them. Yeah, it's just not for me. Just not a diesel. Yeah. Not a diesel guy. Just not a diesel guy. There was one... Chronicles of Suck My Dick. My... (laughs) (laughs) It'd be sucked. (laughs) My wife... And uh, and my kids, they love drive-in theaters. Love them. Uh, we had one in Milford. And yeah, I grew up with one right down the street. We went to see, it was like a triple feature. And one of these movies was a, it was in the franchise of the Fast and Furious. Okay, yeah. I forget what it was. It's like two dudes' names. You know, like I, I'm going to say yeah, Calvin Hob, and Hobbs. Hobbin, and Hob and Butthole. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Butthole and Itchy Finger. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, <laughs> but I uh, I remember I was like, okay, I'll give it a chance. Okay, that's fine. And we start watching this and I'm just like, I can't get to the end of this movie fast enough. Yeah. It's just not for me. Right. And you're a film guy. I love like movies. let's Let's take a dive into at, that. I worked at a video store when I was a young kid. Oh, yeah. That's how, like, me, the kid that just called, that's Keith. He's the kid, he's the gentleman that lost his leg in the bad car accident a couple years ago. Oh, okay. And um, we met working at a fucking video store. I mean, we were in high school together. Yeah. But we never hung out. I didn't, I mean, I knew of him. Sure. But, like, we never were in a, we were in a, no classes together. Never, I've never, never had a conversation with the kid ever. Yeah. And we became, like, best friends almost immediately. That's the best when that's we the situation. smoked copious amounts of marijuana, yeah. watched, uh, at least for that age, which wasn't that much. Uh, it, t- it didn't take much back then. No. But uh, no, we no. watched Outside Providence. I think that was the first movie we watched together, and I think we cried laughing. So. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, but it is gold. I. Uh, it's been a long time. Drugs Delaney. Oh yeah. <laughs> I so actually I want to roll this into and tie it into another episode that we did. So Sean the Fisherman had this idea. He goes, you know, the winter sucks. It, it, obviously, like we're limited with the stuff that we can talk about. We riff off of articles and things like that. And you know, uh there's generally less people out fishing. So like our FTG segment is kind of like, eh, is there gonna be one? Is there not? By the way, we have plenty coming soon. So um so he goes, let's just have some fun with that third segment, you know, uh, especially if like we don't have an interview or something. Let's let's have some fun with that. So a good friend of the show, Bill Galakis, who is uh, self-admittedly a an absolute uh, a geek of all trades. Yeah, I would that. say, love you know, it, it's awesome. And Bill's a Bill's a great dude. I don't know if you've ever met Bill, but Bill is he's a great guy. And uh, so, you know, Sean goes, I don't want to, you know, go on this tirade about this one rare graphic novel that i read and you guys are like i guess i'll read it or you know whatever he goes i kind of want to tie it together so it's all together so i want to throw the same topic that we talked about and i'll share some of the the stuff that came out of that conversation that i can remember like i said there was a little bit of grandpappy's uh sleepy tobacco happening so i'll do my best to remember um (laughs) but uh so the category was best worst films 
like best worst films like films that were just like they were never going to be like great movies and they were never intended to be great films but like they ended up being great to you like well, you appreciate them as bad films it's funny that you talk about that because you know uh-huh. you know we're watching one of those tonight i know yeah exactly like i had a feeling this was going to be on your list oh 100 percent one of like the greatest cult classics um ever recorded and if you were to just grab this movie yeah and slap it in uh, your VHS player, <laughs> as we're about to do. Um, you would, you might like it, you might not. It's, yeah, uh, it, you never it, know. Depending on your humor. Exactly. But if you know the story behind the man, then you know. Uh, then there's a lot that you will absolutely love and even if you don't if you if you just are a fan of the weird abstract and you realize before you start the movie that the movie is about a real person yeah and that this these kind of things like act he actually did now maybe not all of them are you know things he did yeah yeah not 100 percent sure Sometimes uh, there's a little bit of room a, for. I think like there's a little bit of a fugazi license. in this one. Sure, but if you've ever seen Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, yeah, I mean that that movie is almost like word for word from yeah. the book. Yeah, yeah. And now Hunter was famous for writing exactly what happened in his mind. Now maybe it wasn't real. Yeah, it could have been altered uh, in some way <laughs> because of the mind-altering substances he yep. was usually on, but. <laughs> It was what he experienced. Yeah, he would. There's, there's like it was his perception. pictures of of him like with a tape recorder like taped to him, so that when he was fucked up, he, he would record everything. And that would be his notes. And then the next That's... day, he would listen to what the fuck happened, <laughs> try and piece together the shit. I mean, it, in a way, he it's, was a savage. It's kind of fucking brilliant. He fucking traveled around yeah. with uh, with uh, Nixon. Yep. On the campaign trail in 72, and the shit he would write about Nixon was just absolute. And they would publish it in fucking Rolling Stone. Did he go to China with Nixon? I, I don't know. Are we I, just, I, I only bring that up because it I was a trivia so. question on Friday night about not Hunter S. Thompson, but about uh, which president visited uh, China in 1972. Specifically. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Was that Nixon? It 72 was, Nixon. was the age of Nixon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because he was, was he traveled on this campaign trail in seventy six. Was seventy two this first year? Wait, I, I have to fucking. Look. I know I'm a little older than you, Todd, but I'm not. I'll have to old. look it up. I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> he no, was not alive in the Nixon administration because Hunter followed him on the campaign trail in in its it's a specific. I thought it was seventy two or seventy six or some shit. Hunter, fear and loathing. So. It's called Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Loathing. Huh. Now... He also traveled around with the Hells Angels. I'm going to share... And, and he, what ended that is he stood up for a woman. And oh, got the fucking yeah. absolute bag beat out of him. Oh, I'm sure he did. That didn't fly back then. Absolutely. No, absolutely not. With, not. not with that organization... Yeah, that did not fly. Um, 
So we uh, on the show, like I have, I have, I have a very strong. I know what the first movie is that you're going to mention. Yeah. So seventy two. Yeah, that was seventy two. Yeah, the year the Dolphins won. <laughs> that year, the fucking that was like back to back years. Yeah, was that seventy one, seventy two? They won the fucking Super Bowl undefeated one year and one lost the next. Don Shula. Don fucking Shula. I loved the Dolphins when I was a little kid. Really? They traded my favorite player from the Patriots uh, oh. to the Dolphins, and I got really mad. Gotcha. I was like four years old. It's Irving Fryer. I'll <laughs> never forget it. <laughs> Four-year-old agenda of rage, so Todd pissed. Grubbs. My grandfather was like, they'll be good. They'll be good. I promise. I was like, this is stupid. This and is And you know what's funny? Is he, when he passed away, yeah. the Patriots got really fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right after he died. They oh, got my God. Really good. <laughs> so let's talk. Uh, what we're talking about as far as those movies, right? Your best. I'm going to share a couple of them as an example. And why don't you go ahead. T- what's the title of what we're talking about now? Uh, it's called Where the Buffalo Roam. Yes. Um, I believe it's from maybe the year that this car. It's like 19. 19- I can't remember. It, they they might have re-released it the year the, this car. So this, the shitty that thing about this, and and I'm sorry to say the, per, the, uh, the a special person got this to me. I can't say who it was yeah. yet. Yeah. Because there's some other things going on behind the scenes that our mutual friend doesn't know about yet. I'll tell you about it off sure. there. Yeah. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, but um, yeah. So this was gifted to me. And I love it. And it's funny because right on the back here, it says featuring music from Neil Young, Bob Dylan, Jimi Hendrix, Creedence, Clearwater Revival. Yep. Those are great bands, aren't great they? Great bands. None of them are on this film. On the film at all. On this film at all. And it even says it on the back that they are on it, but they're not because they didn't, they couldn't afford the fucking original soundtrack yeah. when they re-released this movie. Oh, so it's the re-release. I see what this you're is, saying. Uh, this came out in 1980, okay? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a young Bill Murray. It's a very young Bill yep. Murray. And it... Um, so, if you get your hands on the OG, yeah. the original release, uh, you'll hear the original soundtrack. Then it came out on DVD, yep. Blu-ray, yeah. Uh, and it was all this bullshit fucking garbage soundtrack that's yeah, on Was here. it like, what is it, it like? It changes the music? whole fucking, so the opening of the film is the Neil Young, and it still is. They could afford to keep that one fucking song. Yeah. Then the very next song is one of my favorite songs of all time. It's Bob Dylan's Highway 61 Revisited, and it fucking just, the harmonica is just like, and you just like, it just kicks it off like, fucking of course and it hits home because uh my good friend kevin who works in film uh film class together when we were kids and he made a a movie with that like called highway 61 and i was uh i was actually in the movie it was fucking really fantastic yeah that's cool we made some we made some cool films when we were kids. Well, and that's that was one thing uh, I want to mention. Like you, that's your background is in filmmaking. I mean, I took two years of class in high school, and I fucked off quite a bit in high school. But you, since then, but even boy, you, did I have fun. You've been active. Like this, this goes into YouTube and everything else. Like you, right. that knowledge that you've got, and it shows in your stuff. You know. Yeah. I think I said that when I first interviewed you. Actually, I I love film. Yeah. You know. Uh, and if I can, if I, you know, eventually 
someday, hopefully, we I get to the point where I can actually have a film like crew. You know what I mean? Oh, be yeah. able to do even bigger and better and badder things. And you know, like I don't know if you saw what we did recently. I worked. Uh, I work at a custom rod shop. Yep. It's closed for this whole entire month, and I really miss it. Yeah. Uh, but they taught me how to build rods recently. That's awesome. It's been unbelievable. And Ralph, the owner, is just like the nicest dude ever. And he gave me rods to give away, but he wanted me to do it in like a cool way. So I took two of the four rods. He gave me two reels and spooled them up with line. Mm-hmm. And my boy Scotty bought two of the holiday like surprise boxes that I oh. put together. So it wasn't a fucking surprise at all. Yeah. I knew exactly what I was putting in the boxes. Yeah. And we went on the island current. And we gifted them to two strangers. So oh, that's awesome, there was, I told them beforehand, I'm like, listen, we got to find people that have like an, like either like an old, ugly stick or some sort of like... Yeah, just something janky. Really like, you know, a rod that like they should maybe not be using yeah. out there or something, whatever. And so there was a little kid on the boat oh with my his God. dad. Yeah. The first kid, I like I see him immediately and I look at Scott, I'm like... Mm-hmm. I like filmed it to you guys. I zoomed in on him. I'm like possible candidate. Like whispered it to the Oh camera. yeah. And uh so I started talking to his dad and I'm like, So does uh does he have his own setup? And his dad was like, No, nah, he just uses mine and I'm like fucking Yes. This is the one. <laughs> we got a live one over here. So then I uh we we took off, right? And I yep. didn't fucking it, it's a three, four hour ride to the grounds. We were going out to the this offshore wreck from the fucking like 40s that like is this like sunken ship that then got blown up by uh, a military boat that thought it was a uh, uh, an invasive submarine they saw the fucking mark underneath them they were like what the fuck is that they sent down depth charges blew up a wreck that was already fucking a wreck yeah just wasted depth charges well it made this giant str- like imagine a wreck's already like a ton of place for fish to like do oh, their yeah. thing Tons of color. <laughs> and then it gets blown up so it's like everywhere yeah. wreck so so crazy they sent down like a couple scuba divers to see what the, if they had destroyed the enemy and they're like oh we destroyed it all right <laughs> but anyway back in time so so we're on our way offshore and i went around with a fucking flashlight <laughs> oh and peeped everybody's setup nice and i found a field and stream musky rod oh wow and i was like we got a winner that'll do it that's a dead giveaway dude stoked he texted me a couple days ago yep Loving this like, shit. Yeah. I was like, That's it was awesome. just so cool to be able to like make somebody's day. Yeah. You know? And it it's nice because like, that's just something I try to do all the time. Like I get a lot of stuff given to me by companies and I give half of it, like all the oh, mystery yeah. tackle box shit that I got. I saw that huge giveaway that you did. Yeah. Barely. I don't use it. So I yeah. fucking give it back you know like if i can give back i'm gonna give back and if the channel ever blows up which yep. like if i keep going eventually it's going to yeah act uh i mean that's gonna be like one of the big things we do is give back to the community i want to be able to like jump Definitely. on a, i want to be able to jump on a fucking party boat yep. right and these guys on these party boats there's usually like a pool right you buy in for fucking 10 bucks yep and then the biggest fish gets a fucking, you know, hundred and something bucks. There you go. Like, yeah. Sweet. A couple bucks in my pocket. Sure. 
you know, you got Mr. Beast going around fucking dropping 100K, like... I don't know if I'm ever going to get to that status. Mr. Beast is literally changing lives. It's dope. And the thing is, is I'm thinking like I could jump on a party boat and be like, if I get to uh, at least a tier, not that high, but, you know, some sort of where I'm making a bunch of money off, I could easily go on a party boat and be, be like, all right. Prize today's ten grand. None of you have to buy in. Oh hell yeah! And then do like some side cool things, giveaways, shit like that. Yeah, because, like oh like, here's here's a customer. Here's this JDM why reel not? or some why, shit. Why yeah. why not? Not a lot. I don't see anybody in the fishing community doing shit like that. And watch, I say this now, and all the fucking I know. guys that are already big are going to start doing. But like, money. I mean, there are there are giveaways, but like to up that that level, like I can remember, level, I, can, I can that's remember. what I'm talking about. It'd be so cool to be able to like make somebody's fucking like some, some of the guys that go on the party boats because they don't have their own boat. Exactly, they can't afford. You know, the party boats like that's what they can afford to fucking do. That's their destination fishing, you know, and they fucking love it. So yeah, they, you know. Some of the video that you've posted from those trips out, like some of those anglers are a hundred percent like living their best life. Oh, they like, really are. They're so happy out there. A lot of them salt. come up from like New York City, and when they're in Rhode Island, they're in a whole new world. Oh yeah, it's tough fishing down there. Definitely, for them. I, except for stripers. The last few years in yeah. New York City have been absolutely out of hand. Mm. And they got really lucky uh, with some tuna coming really close. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but they were catching giants with the fucking, like, Statue of Liberty in the really? background. Yeah, it was... No shit. There was some crazy shenanigans going on. The tuna situation has been a little out of hand the past two years. And yeah. uh, it's really the game I want to get into more than anything else. Is the tuna stuff? I, I've really... It's really hard for me to even think about much of anything else. I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, this carp fishing is like the only other thing that um, has really been getting me stoked. Yeah, and it's because I can do multiple things at once. I really enjoy it, and I love the mayhem that ensues when you do get a bite. Uh, and these fish beat the living piss out of me. You know, oh, the smaller yeah. ones are, are fun, and the, the smaller ones fight as hard as any. Oh, for sure. Any big bass, definitely. A small carp fight like a fucking ten pound, like because a small carp is ten pounds. Oh yeah. So you know they fight like a ten pound <laughs> animal, and uh, it's dope. But like, the, yeah, something. They're unbelievably they strong me. fish, and, they, and they're smart. They <laughs> go straight for snags. They yep. go straight for things they know they're oh, yeah. fucking. They're smart because those big ones are fucking old. Yeah. There's a lot of experience. For so long. Yeah. And they've been hooked in most, but not all places. But in a lot of places, they've been hooked. It's true. Yeah, it's crazy, too. And, like, I think I think that's one of the cool things is uh, I, I'm seeing more people now. Like, obviously, everybody gravitates toward bass fishing in terms of freshwater. Um, right. You know, there's, there's... Which is cool and all, but, you know, bass fishing... Bass fishing, the, that community almost like pushed me. Like, uh, it it has a lot of great people. Don't it get does? Me wrong. Yeah, yeah. But so does Hawaii. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like Hawaii has a lot of great people, but the the that that place just get like get, rubbed me the wrong way. Yep. Um, you know, and I'm not saying anything bad about Hawaii. I lived in Oahu at a time, and it's changed a bit. I went back sure. recently, and it cleaned up a lot. But like, lots of methamphetamines, yeah, lots of crazy homeless 
villages and it was a lot it was a culture shock for me oh for sure you know that's that's nuts man but that's what that's what i'm saying like as far as fishing goes you know and I'm seeing a lot more, and I, I feel like I'm I'm really appreciating more than ever those multi-species creators. I just want to get everything. Yeah, it's it's I want to. I as a kid was mm-hmm. fascinated by yeah. animals, not one animal. Yep, animals just in general, all yeah. of them. I wanted to fucking catch everything, and I didn't want to do it with a rod or a reel. Yep, I was fucking nuts. I anything I could get my hands on anything I- <laughs> <laughs> Go bro's anything like, i could get my hands on i'd fucking catch like it, <laughs> there was this one time i remember we lived in hudson and it was one of my favorite places we ever lived because yeah. we actually lived like with the woods in the woods yeah and like behind us and fucking there was a big garter snake in the backyard oh. and like this my mom's boyfriend at the time like had like a fucking pitchfork and was trying to like shoo it away with a pitchfork i just <laughs> fucking blasted by him and grabbed the thing i was like what are you doing give me that it's my snake i'm keeping it and i put it in a bucket <laughs> and it escaped we, we left i like covered it up too and I, we left and the fucking thing escaped i mean snakes are insane escape artists and i did not uh I did not uh, secure the lid properly. Oh, oh. goddamn fault! But I, you know, I just fucking threw it in a box. I was like, "We're going to keep them. This is my pet." Yep, he lives there now. He lives here now. <laughs> exactly. You know, I was fucking in third grade, second grade. Yeah. Hudson was second grade. I moved all around a lot when I was a kid. We finally settled down when I was in like fourth grade. Yeah. And then, uh, and I ended up like staying in that same area all the way up until I went to high school. Oh, there but you like, go. But like before that, it was every year. Yep, somewhere else, somewhere else, Every somewhere single else. year, yep. which is why I uh, really want to move into this fucking van and just go, I think. Yeah. It's like- You kind of have that nomad spirit already. I just love it. You know? I like being in yeah. different places. I've lived, I lived in North Carolina for two summers. Yep. I lived in Hawaii for a full year. It's, I hate vacations because when you go on vacation, you're like, well, that was dope, but you know nothing of the place. You got the fucking, you got the, 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 you got the travel the brochure small version. picture. Yeah. You didn't meet many locals. Yep. You didn't really get the vibe of a place, especially a place like Hawaii. You know, oh, you go yeah. out there and, and it's like, as a tourist, you're like, Ooh. but if you go there and you live there, you, you get to see a lot and learn a lot it's a hell yeah it's a different world and i'm sure there's a lot of places like that you know no no i'm i'm i'm, I'm positive and, and it's true that's that's the thing that's and good i think and that's bad, why by the way that's no, why good and bad that's why a lot, a lot of people turn their noses up at just tourism in general you might you might be talking to me next year and i might mm. be in alaska really yeah that's I got a buddy up there oh there you go it's just a thing it's been always yeah. an itch in the back of my head like you got to spend some time there yeah and i have a massive opportunity to be able to just go up there and be able to work so well, like like i would have a job if i went yeah doing, oh absolutely doing something really fucking cool oh yeah my boy uh runs the um biggest crow operation in the state of alaska oh really one of my best friends that I made in Hawaii. Nice. No shit. Yeah. 
at the cheese sense. at the cheesecake factory. Me and that motherfucker worked at the cheesecake factory together, and he is him and his brother are running shit out there. It's I'll, I'll tell you that is one thing for sure. Like I look at the cannabis industry, and some of the entrepreneurs who are hustling in that yeah. space bro has to drive all over the state of fucking alaska oh i believe it that's a big motherfucking state you gotta like deliver your own shit oh yeah he's he's in all those fucking mammoth bones yep you, you, oh. did you listen to that shit i heard about on the, it on the rogan podcast yeah i read something Homie about gave it. up a, a spot where the fucking they dropped a shitload of fucking old like bones uh, in the river because they didn't have enough fucking room to bring it back to New York or whatever the fuck. Really? And they, there's doc they documented, yeah, we're just going to dump this shit in the fucking river in Fairbanks. And, <sighs> and the dude gave up the location on the Rogan podcast. And I called up my, I didn't call him yet, I texted my buddy Jacob who yep. recovers, like, he's been finding, like, people. Oh, okay. I don't, he'd be a great person to get on the podcast. He would totally do it, too, in a heartbeat. Um, huh. But he's been saving, not saving, he's been finding. Finding, yeah. Saving, big like, families by, like, figuring out what's, you know, what, what happened? has happened to yeah. their loved ones. Yep. Finding lost loved ones. And it's crazy because he's, you know, he started in the game fucking fishing, bro. And then he, his channel got hacked, and he got pissed. He was like, "I got blah, blah. and it, we." I was just like, you know, me and all everybody that knew him was like, "You got to yep. keep doing the YouTube thing." He loved doing YouTube. Yeah, it wasn't even about like getting big or anything like that. He just loved making videos. Yeah. And he was fucking. I loved watching his videos. For a lot a of people, that's what kid. it is. It's it's just the the catharsis of right creating something. You right. know, right. That's why yeah. you got to do it in the first place. Yeah. Uh, if you're doing it just for the money, you're. Fucked. Yeah, it. I, it's one thing to it's, take what you love shit. and make a um, living off of it, but like it takes a while to get there. Yeah, and, you know, you gotta absolutely you gotta do it the love right way. Doing the whole yeah. process because yeah. I tell you what, it's been tough for me this past year. Totally. I've been I was down on myself, which made it hard for me to like do videos and yeah. shit like that. But anyways, I I hit up Jacob. I'm like, you gotta fucking listen to this podcast, and we need to go up there. And he's like, we I don't have the gear to do that. I'm like. Bro, we don't have to go up right now. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's going to go in that water right now. I mean, no. maybe. Yeah. But, like, that's, that's, this is a springtime thing if we're going to do it at all. Yeah. And we could dive up there. And my, and then I hit up Sam, my buddy that owns the grow. And mm -hmm. he was like, he's like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I want some of the gold. Because <laughs> the, the dude's been, like, that's why he's been running into all these bones in the first place. Oh, so all the gold in Alaska. Gold. Yeah, gotcha. He's got all these uh, mining operations, yep. and they're finding finding bones all as of they're these mining mammoth. Yeah. All they dire wolves. All of these animals that really? shouldn't even fucking be in Alaska that they yeah. people they say weren't there, they're and there. they're they're finding the fucking bones. It's crazy, bro. I love that shit it's though. It's I love wild. I love new discoveries and yep. shit like that and it's funny like i never realized like as a kid how much like kickback some of these new discoveries and things like trying to change the old view on things yeah how much like shit i don't it's just like crazy like all the stuff that's going on with all this like uh gobekli tepe and mm -hmm. the fucking 
all these like ancient civilizations like the sphinx and the fucking fact that like there's obvious like erosion from water which like yeah there's been no water there for way past when they said the sphinx it was oh yeah Yeah. so it's just like all this cool ass shit that i just think is fascinating Mm -hmm. coming out i love that shit yeah it's so funny wicked into it i'm not dialed into much of that like and it's it's like i said you and i talked earlier i was talking about was it ancient uh what the hell is the name of the show aliens yeah ancient aliens ancient aliens that show's pretty fun yeah it really is and that's kind of why i started watching it but there's there's some wild theories that are like wow holy shit i like the alien shit yeah me too i like the theory that like uh like um your thoughts like some like some of the like your ideas like your big ideas Mm. could be just being implanted by aliens like, because people are like, like they're like, where did you come up with that idea? And it's like, it just came to me. Yeah, I just I have no idea. How'd you come up with that song? I just fucking, it was the flow. Where'd you get that flow? Yeah. You know? It, it is. It's it's freaking pretty bananas. cool. I love all that shit. We live in a weird-ass fucking world. The only fucking thing I don't like is that flat earth garbage. Like, get that the fuck. Yeah. Just get out of here with that. We had I had a coworker who was <laughs> who was big into that, man. Uh, we were relentlessly just, busting balls at every single opportunity. It is fairly obvious like, that most of you know, you look at the goddamn moon and what? it is a goddamn circle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. The moon's just a flat circle too. We're just two flat circles. Just a disc. Flop, just flopping around. It's just a disc. Just flying. <laughs> Zipping around. Maybe that's what it looks like from uh, from way out there. We are traveling at quite a fast speed. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember it's talking. crazy to think about. <laughs> you're, you're talking. I want to share. I want to share a random fact and to catch them all. Everything. They were Pokemon to you. Pretty much. Yeah, but this was way before this Pokemon. This was real. You know what I mean? This was real life Pokemon so, before Pokemon was... If, they fucking made my childhood into a goddamn <laughs> video game. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you know? Gotta Put catch f- them all. fucking wacky names on them. I, if I were to tell you... So, when I was... I must have been about 14. Maybe I was uh, like probably a freshman or sophomore in high school. Yeah. I caught a rabbit with my bare hands. That's savage. Like mammals were always tough to me. Yeah, I I had uh, and and to look at me, you they bite you. It's like exactly to look at me, and (laughs) this was because my neighbor's dog was was chasing this 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 uh, rabbit, and um, this was a domesticated rabbit. It wasn't wild. Okay. Big difference. Keep in mind, I had a pet rabbit. Yeah, exactly. And uh, catch that one all the time. And and this, it was running away from my neighbor's husky. Oh Lord! And I'm like, oh shit! So I'm like, all right. So we'll try. We'll try and catch him. I couldn't believe I I, I got him. I could not believe it. It was They're one of those fast things, little fuckers. It, oh hell yeah, they are. And I am not exactly what you would call uh, quick. nimble or or nimble. Back then, obviously, I was much much more nimble. Oh, shit, dude, that was thirty fucking years ago. Yeah. God. And it like. I mean, I, it was one of those things. I'll never forget that feeling. But I, I totally had forgotten the, uh, the that it had happened until you brought that up. I was like, holy shit, that's right. I remember that time. Don't you love how conversations spark crazy <laughs> memories? 
I, that you just haven't thought about in years. 100% love it. You haven't even thought about it in years, and then you start talking about something, and it's like, oh, I remember of, when. Out of the middle of nowhere, yeah. You're like, holy shit. I love that. Um, I had, uh, I kind of wish, I got to introduce you to uh, my, my buddy Jimmy. Um, Jimmy played the role of uh, uh, Chickapee Chet. At the 100th episode. Do you remember the guy who was hiding a fucking kielbasa in his pocket? Yeah. That's my buddy Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is, he's the guy who has the, I, I should text him about what it was that the Hunter S. Thompson Club had sent um, to yes. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's unbelievable. He is such a freaking awesome guy. But he, so I've talked about this before. Like there was, he inherited this house from his family after his grandparents had passed. And, uh, and we had a blast over there. But we did some weird ass shit. Like we would have people over, you know, and just like have drinks, cook out on a grill, hang out, just, you know, regular shit. Or right. at the time I was, there was one of the bedrooms I had used for uh, band practice. And I would get together with the dudes in my band and we'd play every week. And sometimes we'd hang out and like watch movies and shit. And uh, this actually ties into the, the fucking movies question that I had earlier. It right. kind of all loops together. So we used to do this messed up thing where, like, it was you got to keep in mind, this was his grandparents' house. And, like, his grandmother especially collected the most random shit. Specific, specifically, Nana's always do that. Campbell's kids <laughs> stuff. <laughs> like, you know how... Love difficult yeah how difficult it, it it is like to be a you know 20 something uh bachelor enjoying yourself living you know in, in this you know the bros house you know what i mean right and then you look over and there's just like a, a sea of porcelain faces of campbell's kids staring at you absolutely ridiculous yeah for the if it's you guys are too fuck. young listening go ahead and google campbell's soup and yeah, campbell's kids creepy creepy as, as hell so we used to take them and put them in questionable uh poses and situations situations sounds like, about right we decorated uh the house like it was like um the one corner of the living room there was a, a stuffed donkey so of course we went donkey show with it oh, God. and we made a little sign it said free show five cents and we had just campbell's kids around there with a bunch of loose change oh have mercy so it was wonderful I have an amazing story for you. <laughs> Creepy shit, okay? Now, I apologize if uh, this seems offensive to anybody, okay? I'm already offended. Um, I don't want to get canceled, but it's a very, very stone story, Todd. So, um, <laughs> I think I'm prepared. In this living room, in this living room, in this house, on Lake Thompson in Palmer, yeah, there was an old Hammond church organ. To which we decided we would decorate it. Those things sound fucking. They fucking sound amazing. Whew. This thing had issues. Like it made some odd sort of fucking circusy sounds. It, it was broken. Oh yeah. yeah um. Yeah. It was. I mean, cool it, in a cool does way. It just need to be tuned up, or was it actually oh, broken? I think it was broken. Maybe I think there. Were, I think there were like tubes or something in there that were like done. Yeah. And they weren't functioning properly. So, um. But we decided to decorate this with a um, uh, a nice uh, portrait of. Uh, President John F. Kennedy. Lovely. Um, because, you know, Irish Catholic home, like, you know, they're very, they love JFK. Right. There was so much JFK stuff. And uh, what we, like, we would mess with people. We'd have people come over. They'd go into the bathroom and at the, like, we had a tape of the rosary playing in the bathroom on auto reverse all day, every day, constantly. So if, when you sat down to drop a deuce, you heard, 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. <laughs> like, this is why I think we're friends, that's some, man. That's some <laughs> satanic shit right it was, there. Because we're just like, and it was the comedy. Like I, like, I went to Catholic school. Like, you know what I mean? But, like, we just wanted to mess with people as they came over. And we would forget. We would forget that it was like that, that yeah, we, yeah, we did yeah. that. So, like, uh, I'd be alone in the house and, you know, hanging out, going to the bathroom, and I'd come back and I was like, what the fuck? What am I hearing? Oh, that's right. Yeah, and I had right. to remind myself. Anyway, back to this Hammond Doris. We got JFK. And Dope. characters. Dope. Yeah, on, on, uh, on display, as well as a bunch of other, he like, did all, he, That was a spawn guy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, his yeah, shit yeah. was dope. He was like my favorite. McFarlane, kid. like, yeah, he's he's one of my favorite favorite artists. Yeah. Like, I wasn't like super into comics, that, but, but I fucking loved his and, artwork. Yeah, 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 and sick. So we had that, and then oddly enough, in the basement, the basement was like chock full of I don't even know the some of the random stuff that was in there was just boxed up, but we found this plaster Virgin Mary. Yes. Now Jimmy used to do this really messed up shit where like we would be either drinking or you know maybe having some fun with the devil's lettuce and uh he would just take the phone not a cell phone because we had a landline this is before like this is like at, at a time when like texting was like cost you like 15 cents a piece like one of those i remember that yeah i, I refused to text oh yeah i was like no no, no. i refused you to call text me after 9 p.m or for don't call a me very long time i it's thought texting was stupid as fuck just as in it i literally just started using emojis it takes me a while to oh yeah oh to, it takes me to, forever too i i just curse things it took me forever to yeah. get onto facebook i'm surprised i got yeah. into youtube at all it's I don't it, even I just love making videos, so I think that's why the YouTube the, the passion it, like, it pushed you. Oh, this is dope. I, yeah. I, I I was like storing videos there, anyways. Yeah, I put a couple of videos. There's up a lot of like people that are bartending. Like that. Yeah, fucking my boy Patrick and shit. Yep, Patrick's like the best bartender I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I love bars. We get a fucking go. There. Have you been to the Baldwin Bar? I haven't. Son. Yeah, let's go. Place. My, have you my, seen pictures? Have I showed? Have I showed you pictures? I've seen pictures. Shit? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's a, it's a nice. They just spot. opened up a new spot called Birds of Paradise. Really? Yeah. That it looks fucking diamond Ben yet. So, so my, I would love to go. My wife loves a a, a well made cocktail. Yeah. And she never was like a big like cocktail drinker, but man, like she's a gin fan. Yeah, well, everybody's a gin fan. They just don't know it. I think they don't like gin. Well, that's because you've never had a fucking bartender that knows what they're doing make well, you a goddamn and, drink with and it. Let's be honest. I like, can hide gin yeah. so well. I will say this. That, and if you drink vodka, yeah. you drink gin yeah. because they're the fucking same thing. Pretty much. And anyone that says, oh, I can't drink gin. That makes me crazy. You're fucking <laughs> crazy to begin with. You fucking moron. The thing is with gin is like... It it's can, all in your head. It can taste like so it's many different things. fucking vodka. It's because, because of all the botanicals and shit. They're, and they're distilling it yeah. with it. Yes. Right? Whereas yeah. like vodka, they put their shitty it's like garbage flavoring in after. Yeah. Garbage. Oh, yeah. The shit. Yeah, the there's syrups and stuff. There's fucking gins out there, too. Yeah. People don't understand this either. That yeah. There's London Dry, which tastes like, you know, it's got the juniper and the classic and it's classic yeah, yeah it's got that fucking gin the real gin mm -hmm. which you is still fucking delicious if you know what to do with it it's 
terrible by itself. Yeah. Um, but it, anyways, I know some people that actually really enjoy drinking shot. My boy Justin like loves gin. My, I won't fucking psycho. But I won't do a gin shot, but I would sip a cold shot of gin. It adds so much more to a cocktail when you put gin in it than vodka. Vodka is, a, is flavorless garbage. But yeah. anyways, what I was getting to is there's gins out there now that don't taste like fucking gin. Yeah. Right? There's like this amazing gin called Uncle Val's. And you open it, and it just smells like orange zest, and it's absolutely gorgeous. It's like one of the cleanest, and you can drink, you could just take a sip of that one. It doesn't taste anything like a London Dry. And, you know, people are, they just, people live in their fucking boxes. You know what I mean? They never step out of them. That was my job. I Working at at the Baldwin Bar. I had the yeah. ability to get people to come out of their boxes a lot easier oh, just because yeah. of our reputation. So they would sit down and be like, can I have a can I have a dirty martini? And I'd be like, can I make you something different? So You know, you're here. And they'd be like, you're right. And I'm like, I know. It's my fucking job. Oh, yeah. But, uh, but then I'd blow their minds, you know, because a lot of people just don't understand what a good cocktail is. Nobody's had the real martini, right? The word martini's been bastardized oh, yeah. to shit, and uh, nobody's really had a real one. So what I would do is I would convince people that ask for a dry martini. Yep. The reason why they don't want vermouth in their fucking martinis because it tastes like dirty shoe water. It, it do you know is. why it tastes like dirty shoe water? Vermouth is garbage. Do you know why it's garbage? Uh, why specifically? Correct. It's it's a it's a shitty dry white wine. It's a shitty white wine because you've taken it, because it's a white wine, and you take it, and you open it, and then you leave it out. Every oh, single so it's, fucking bar. I see bar, what you're saying. It's never fresh. You've never had good vermouth. Yeah. Unless you've been to a good bar. Yeah. And had a drink wow. of fucking vermouth in it. Because it says right on the back of the motherfucking bottle. Yep. Refrigerate after opening. Yeah. And nobody, it's in everybody's well at a shitty bar. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's in the well with a fucking speed pourer on Yeah. Because people are fucking stupid and yeah. don't know how to goddamn read anything. Huh. Yeah. So when you taste dirty shoe water and you mix it with gin, it tastes like shit, yep. right? Oh, And yeah. then when you start taking it out of the gin, right? Like, er, if you start removing the vermouth completely because yeah. it tastes like dirty shoe water and you're just drinking a glass of gin. That's pretty much it. What's that taste like? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. So then you're like, what the fuck is this? I can't do this. Then it started to change to vodka. Yeah. That's what happened to the martini. Yeah. Okay. Shitty bartenders. After Prohibition, the bartenders stopped making the money they were making. Yeah. They were making fuckloads of money before Prohibition and probably during. Yeah. But after, they lost their status. Yeah. Bartenders used to be held like on high. I know. And yeah, they just exactly. it dropped. You know, they, yep. it, it didn't, it wasn't cool to be a fucking bartender anymore. Yeah. You weren't making the money that a doctor was making because you were back in the day. The bartenders yeah. were like on top of society. Yeah before prohibition so they gave a fuck about their jobs of course afterwards they didn't it became yeah and then it just got more and more bastardized by the time the 80s hit and all this garbage like sour mix and all this shit started to come out you just like bastardized all these fucking beautiful drinks that were invented a hundred years before and that's why there's a resurgence of like guys that actually give a fucking these these 
mixologists yeah. or just whatever you want to fucking call them or people yeah. that actually care about their craft cocktail bartenders yeah, like, and shit. I can't stand that fucking word because most of these kids still don't give a fuck. Yeah. But there are that some that there do. There are some that do. Yeah. If you exactly. find a bar mm-hmm. that has their vermouth refrigerated, yep. then you order a Manhattan because you'll actually have a good Manhattan. Yeah. You'll never have a good Manhattan at a bar that doesn't refrigerate their vermouth. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Have you ever heard, had uh, Malfi gin? I don't think it's so. It's from Italy. They have a, a variety of them, but there there is an orange one. The one that's most popular has like uh, lemon botanicals. Yeah. And it's, I try it. it's wonderful. So the original martini. Yep. Right? The, the first ever written down version of the martini. Yep. Was a fifty percent gin, fifty percent vermouth, yep, orange Jesus. bitters, and a lemon twist, and it's one of the most beautiful, yep. most elegant cocktails that you'll ever fucking have stirred. Yeah, never shaken, never shaken. You'll that bruise the, the you'll bruise the, the dumbest fucking thing you'll ever yep. do. But when you, you when you would sit down and you drink the real martini, yeah. It will blow your fucking mind. And I used to do this to vodka drinkers. I'd be uh-huh. like, listen, th- you just got to try this. And I'd give it to them. What is this? And then I'd tell them. Yeah. Oh, my fucking God. I thought I hated all of these things that are in this. Exactly. <laughs> and now they're like, oh, like, shit. No, this is enjoyable. You're welcome. Have a great day. Uh, how? What are your thoughts on dirty martinis? And I that used trend? To like, before I knew what a cocktail was, I used to like them yeah just because i like olives but yeah exactly now, like mo- i i know what's in olives and it's olives are just not great yeah i mean those ones some olives are fucking some fantastic. olives are fucking all out of this it's world. just not yeah. my thing anymore because i want to have like a the real the 50 50 it's yeah. called the 50 50 now yeah if you go to a nice fucking cocktail bar yeah and you order a 50 50 you'll get the original martini yeah yeah it at makes least you shouldn't. <laughs> if you it, order it and you get something else, I'm very sorry. It's freaking nuts. <laughs> it's it, like 50% uh, Kahlua and 50% dog piss. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great thing. I just remembered. I got to I gotta wrap this up about the fucking Hammond organ. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I totally forgot. It was 20 minutes ago. <laughs> but before we get, before I, jo- I dive into that, I do want to say this, too, and we should we should mention that we're going to, uh, you're going to have some video, but we have a couple of cocktails to try tonight. We do, and uh, we have to uh, warm up some water. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily, it doesn't have to be boiled. No, it's just got to be hot. It's got to be hot enough to melt the yeah. ice. So that won't be a problem. My, my lovely girlfriend, Taya, has just started her own business, and she is uh, making, like, crafted cocktails yeah. in our kitchen, um, but they're kind of, like, deconstructed in a jar, and all you do is add the booze to it. Um, for one of them, you add the booze. The other one, you add the booze to it, you shake it, you pour it in the glass, and then you add fresh ginger beer. Yeah. So you have a two-step program in that. Yeah, one. exactly. But it's something that you can do and have that. And, but, and it's not some garbage mixer. Quality, exactly. And I think that, like, a lot of people downplay the mixer. They they don't consider what they're adding to their drinks. 100%. You know? So I'm excited to try this. We're going to make these out. Uh, po- poetic pours. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. 
Poetic Pores, the company. Poetic Pores, if you want to check it out on Instagram. So be on the lookout. If you're in that, like, camping space, you, you like overlanding or something, and you want to kind of enjoy a craft cocktail, this is a great way to do it, because all you need is whatever amount of spirit that you have to carry that jar and some water in order to basically rehydrate all of those ingredients uh, that are that come in the jar if you want to try that while like and record it for the show we could do that we can do that when we're ready yeah do that and i'll i'll put the camera back on yeah make sure because then i can put it in the in the episode for today too it'll be awesome so this is a double episode let me let me chime in with this this freaking organ this is ridiculous so as we back up jimmy uh you know he's he's telling me he's like hey uh he would hand the phone to me and like i would be you know inebriated he'd hand the phone to me and he'd be like oh hey it's for you it's your boy Uh, it's your no he'd say oh it's your mom is what he would say a lot of time or he'd hand me the phone and go like it's your boy jay christ or something like that it's just like i would be because i have like you know (laughs) i i i feel he would say that shit just to mess with me because he knows that i'm like don't you love friends like that yeah it just it's nuts so this one time he does it and he i i go walking into the into the living room and i was like jimmy and he picks up the plaster virgin mary he hands the virgin mary off to me todd and this virgin mary in my hands disintegrates into powder oh god i literally yes mom's pissed i was like "Uh uh-oh what did you do yeah you you're going to yeah i thought i was going to hell probably night probably gonna die yeah i'm like oh god it really messed with me man you're lucky you didn't yeah die but like you talk like it's i had like one of those ancient aliens moments where i was just like oh yeah take this object that you're such a oh my god i got good stories from parties we used to uh used to take lawn gnomes Love lawn gnomes. Yeah, that yeah. was like a thing when we were kids. Very popular to steal lawn gnomes. Why do you do really dumb shit as a child? I, it, is there a reason for that? It, in is my there a town, reason you just want like in it and it gets egged on. I think it's because yeah. you, you're hanging around with a lot of people. Yeah, because you're in school all the yeah. time. So there's lots of stories going around. A lot of other people doing a lot of dumb shit. Yep. Yeah. Urban so you legends. Gotta like you gotta like re. You gotta re up their dumb shit. Yeah, exactly. You gotta to you gotta dumb, so you own gotta it dumb for shit your own. year. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't fucking. I've know. done I've done dumb do a shit. lot of dumb shit. I have. I've done stupid, stupid shit in my life. Yep. But uh, you know, you live and you learn, and and I hopefully think that's yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that's exactly it. So and let's jump back to the this whole like favorite like best worst movies i suggested uh i'm going to give you one of my suggestions that i i i'm curious if if you've seen it directed by peter jackson okay meet the feebles mm, oh it's so so. good meet the feebles meet the feebles is a it's i i explained it like it's kind of like the muppets on crack um it's just it's a dark sleazy side of show business with a lot of like really really dark situations for a lot of these characters that just so happen to be puppets right it's it's i mean uh yeah just the front of this looks fucking phenomenal i think you would love it i i I really do it doesn't look familiar yeah i know I think so. I I've saw watched the, a lot of shit. Yeah, I've seen that movie, uh, and the first time I saw it, I was on a date, on a first date. Um, 
did not go well. That's fucking cool. There's one scene where I looked over and I was like, okay, so this ramped up pretty quick, huh? And uh, if anybody's seen Meet the Peoples, you know what I'm talking about. The one movie that Sean had mentioned was, and I feel like his suggestion, this one specifically, I, I went and I watched it because I wasn't familiar with it. Right. Um, I almost had a little stroke. I looked out here and I saw the reflection of my recorder. Oh my the God. red lights. I thought we were, I thought we we were like doubled on. up with carp. Big hot! I was like, fuck! Those, them... <laughs> We're really close to those alarms. It's we're gonna hear. We're gonna hear them. Yeah, are, that's gonna scare the piss out of us. I'm gonna like try and scramble to put my shoes on. Yeah, try and scramble to grab the GoPro that ran out of battery. So I'm gonna be grabbing another battery at the same time. Yep. I should probably do that right now. I don't even know what the fuck's wrong with me. Uh, I'm gonna knock over the big camera. Uh, possibly fall out for the the door. Um, we got a small slope, so I probably won't fall on the way down. Um, You'll be all right. You'll make it. It'd be great if you could make it down there before me. Yeah. But it's very tough. When, when the, the alarm goes off, I go into like this weird oh, yeah, absolutely. animal instinct mode. Where it's just like, go, go, go. Until, it's go time. Until the, until the rod's like up and I know the fish is on. And then, yeah. I, and then I'm looking for whoever was actually supposed to get the exactly. fish. It's, uh, it's but terrible. But I think, I think that's the, the, the one thing that makes carp fishing so unique is that team kind of aspect. It's definitely a team. Like, I think it's, I think it's the best. Like, if you're fucking, especially like on days where like yeah. you're getting bored, you start fucking going to meander over to your buddies who have a spot over it, and then it goes, goes off. If your buddy's not there to get it first. Yeah. Them fish go straight for snags. Yeah. You just, just whoever's gonna, there, just fucking grab the yeah. goddamn thing. Just just get it. Just get it. Don't scream yeah. for your friend, because if you scream for your friend, they're gonna it's gonna be a bad scene. Win. Yeah. Um fish win half the time anyways, these fish. Oh yeah. It's crazy. That's why I like it. Like bass yeah. fishing, it's it's dope and all. But like most of the time. Most of the time. And, yeah. and I've had days where you strike out like, and you miss every hook set you got. But like most of the time, once you mm -hmm. hook the goddamn thing, you get in the boat. Yeah. You know, they're not going to. Shit, shit, shit can does happen. happen, but it's not like, yeah. it's not on the the level that it happens yeah. with these fucking things. Because they're, they're steamrollers. Like I've had these fish to where I've like had to crank up the drag and they're just still pulling the drag. Yeah. And there's nothing I can do. Yeah, at that to point, stop it's, the fish. Yeah, and, and but but what Fred's telling me is like like he's him and uh, Cody have said to me both have said to me you just gotta fucking cup it and and pull and trust your line's not gonna snap and it's like yeah. fuck you know That's, I'm trying to catch a fucking giant. Oh yeah, I you don't really, want to lose a giant, and it sucks because uh, you know my biggest. Maybe I got last year at the zoo, and, and I didn't have a, a scale with me. Yeah, Car carp. I'm I'm not gonna weigh a carp with like a normal. You have to no. have the whole setup yeah. for it. So yep. normally I don't weigh them unless Fred's with me. So my biggest on record is 22 pounds, and yeah. that was the second the day the second time Becca ever fished for carp. And she got a fucking 30-pounder that day. It was her first fish of the day. Uh, so she's still whooping my ass in that category. That's unbelievable. Killing kill my soul. Awesome. It is awesome. It's for her. crazy. Yeah, oh, exactly. Mother effer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's it's cool because it may, like, that's that's not a driving factor to make me want to get a 30-plus. But I, I've always wanted, like, I want one of those monsters. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know? My boy got a 50 last year. 
I, I when I heard that, did I, I show was, you it? Did you see the picture of the? Damn I don't thing? think I saw a picture of this one. No, but I can't. It's out of control. I, I, I can't even imagine a fifty-pound fish. Like, oh my god! And oh, so this is what I was gonna. I was gonna get back to back to this whole movie thing. Sean the Fisherman's pick was, uh, or one of his picks was uh, a movie called Night Patrol, which revolves around this uh, police officer that basically gets uh, moved off of his regular shift to Night Patrol. Okay, but it inner it's it's a problem for him because he is uh, moonlighting as a comedian, the unknown comic. He's basically a comedian with a bag over his head. This movie came out in the 80s. And so it's very 80s. Linda Blair is in it. Nice. And uh, it, I watched this movie, and I understand exactly why. Like, there's some shit going on in here where they were just throwing ideas around, I'm sure. Like, in whatever meeting they had going on, they're just like, yeah, we'll try this. Maybe that'll work. <laughs> you know, sometimes there's no context for anything. Right. Um, Jeez, Bill Galekis threw a couple of good ones out there, uh, but the one that that stuck me was, uh, well, <laughs> hang on, the first one, just take holy a, shit, take a quick pause there, dude. That is an absolute. But look at the belly on that fish. That fish's belly is, oh my god, holy crap. It's crazy, dude. And he caught a 48 in the same day. That's unbelievable, man. Look at that, dude. I mean, Look at the size. it's almost a 100-pound bag. A 46 that day. Oh, Jesus. It's almost a 100. That is unbelievable. The whole story is on this uh, post. It's nuts. Is he on the East Coast? And I had, like, just fished with him in New York City. Oh, we fished New okay. York City together. Gotcha, gotcha. Absolutely out of control, man. dude. Fifty fucking pounds, bro. God, God. <clears throat> I mean, I I just want a thirty. Be stoked for a thirty. <laughs> it seems like such a small number to to shoot for, you know. I mean, a lot. And they're there. They, I mean, they're all over the place. Yeah. I don't think they're in here. Yeah, uh, but I think they're at the zoo. Yeah, you might I be think right. There's some thirties in there. Yeah. You might be right. I think part of that too is. I like, think I've been. I think I've, I've lost a couple. Oh in really? There. Oh yeah. No shit. I've had a couple fish in there, like yeah. literally slap me around. It's such an amazing. Like I like place. left me feeling abused. Just yeah. Fucking defeated. Bro. Yeah. I've had my alarm go off and knocked my fucking rod clear off the thing. Yeah. That I've had like around the corner, and because of my alarm, I had like the you know the receiver on me and shit. Oh, yeah. like, I think I could yeah. it, it make like one ding, and then I like went to look you know to check my bait like a hour later. Yeah. My fucking thing is off the alarm in the oh, yeah. like went all the way down the creek like around some shit, and it got me. I was in the water trying to. I didn't know if it had just happened or what. Yeah, well, they had and, me in the water looking. And you, that's the thing. I'm At psycho. that point, you don't know. <laughs> I go in for shit. So you're going to, yeah, exactly. There was, I, I, I don't know how many videos there are of you, Todd, where <laughs> somebody is fishing and uh, next thing you know, you're in your fucking underwear. In the water. <laughs> it's fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Like when you were in Texas with Weston, you had one of those. <laughs> Gotta do it. It's like, dude, he is hardcore. I just don't, I mean, skivvies. Left, no, in. There's no way. Yeah. I can't just let. The water does n does not win. No, the ocean though is a different story. Hell yeah, Mother Nature out there is a yeah. little bit different. 
I respect her a little bit Definitely. more. Definitely. But there have been many times where I've wanted to just jump off, especially oh. on calm days. Yeah. But I'm at work. You know, yeah. Be, and it's and I'd be like, Cap, can I jump off the boat? And it's totally not kosher. Yeah. No, exactly. Of course not. I'm like, are you sure? So what are you what <laughs> what's your, your goal? Like you mentioned captain's license and stuff like that. Yeah, that's like, part of it. That's like something I'm thinking about. It'd be dope yeah. to get a captain's license. Then I could charge people yeah. to take them out fishing. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. I have a buddy that has a really nice boat yeah. that he wants to like pair up and we could fucking run charters. Dude, I think that would be, be insane. We like, could take you all you friggers out fucking I, I dude i think that would be absolutely bananas got a beautiful boat and and what a way to like market it you but know then you'll I mean? have to call me captain grubs captain grubs by the way <laughs> i want to say the one thing that i think is the most epic thing about this van and this whole adventure you've got going on is that license plate i had to do it yeah no it's that's the way to do it that is the I had way. to own it on this one. You yeah. got to own this one. No, that makes sense. This fucking thing's a sore thumb anyway. You can't fucking. No, if you know. If notice. you watch yeah. the channel and shit and you see this fucking van out there, you're going to know it's this van. So it's not like I'm hiding from anybody. Yeah, no, no. You can't be fucking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's him. <laughs> you know? Fuck. Oh. This thing's the it's the coolest goddamn vehicle I've ever had in my life. It's dude, it's I mean for what you are are looking to do, it's perfect. It's just so comfy. It's freaking perfect. It's comfy cozy. Oh, man, that was freaking the, bananas. The VHS by the way, I'm just going to throw this out there. Yeah. I know this is your show and all, but no, like uh, throw it out if there. anybody wants to send me <laughs> yes. any of their dope old VHS tapes, I'm a, I'm a, we are Accepting donations. I wish I would have fucking thought about this, man. My boy, uh, <sighs> there's one in the mail right now. Somebody's sending me one of the Lord of the Rings movies. One stoked. One I wish of, it was all three, but like you know, beggars can't be choosers. One of my old bands I used to play in, like my first band actually that I ever played my first show with. Sick. Yep. I, I think it might have been our last show, but I have a video. Where we opened the show and the headliner was Tree. That's sick. It's fucking insane. Yeah, that's sick. It was like, I mean, it was so crazy just being on that show. And it was just, and I, and I have the VHS tape. In fact, we downsized a bunch of shit in 2020 in the house. And like, I mean, I got rid of so much media that I haven't used. Like I went crazy for like mini disc, uh, technology when like right before the iPhone came, yep, <laughs> like yep, I was like, yep. fuck, you know what I mean? Yep. I went and I bought all Fucking of this mini disc. I was like, God, son of a, cause we use them. Like when I worked in television, it's weird how some technologies they come out yeah. and you're like, this is the one and it just fizzles out and. Yeah. Then Blu-ray pops up. Yep. And you're just like, son of a bitch. Mother fuck. So. So much money in this. I had. uh, Like the. What was the Sega CD? I got the Sega CD. Do you guys even remember that? You don't even fucking remember that, Bobby. The Sega CD? Like you clicked your fucking Sega Genesis into the cocksucker. Oh, it was an an accessory for the Genesis? That that had CD discs. It's like when they fucking first came out. It was the very first thing. And then you had to attach your fucking Sega Genesis to the Sega CD. And there was like four shitty fucking games for it. And I, fo- how I, I fell for it, which in fe- yeah. entail, like, made my parents have to buy the fucking thing for me. 
I remember that. It was so I was thinking stupid. like Sega, like Dreamcast. And yeah, shit I wish like I waited for that. Yeah. Nope. I no. had to have the dumb thing that came out before that went absolutely nowhere. And that's the thing, Sega. <laughs> I, I I watched a a, sh- a small like a short YouTube film about the kind of oddball history of Genesis attached to that tube television. Yeah. Genesis? That was my fucking thing. But fucking anyways, a. continue. continue. Where was I? What was I talking about? Sega Genesis. Sega Genesis. The Dreamcast. So, yeah, I was watching this video about the, the odd sort of history of of Sega, and it's it's kind of depressing. Is it? Like, yeah, it really is. is. Like, because of how it fizzled out at the end? Definitely. It's like, it, it, it was... was the, I, I thought it was better than Nintendo. Well, the thing is, in a lot of ways... I thought the controller on, was better. On paper... It was like in a lot of ways, but it was so hard for them as a company to, and it had something to do with like licensing for their games, and that's kind of like what they're known for now right. is licensing out their games for other shit. Right. Um, and a lot of those companies, I think Sega has a history in games in general much earlier than anything having to do with electronics, but like Nintendo was a card company. Really? Yeah. They made like card games. Really? Like, it is an old fucking company. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, it is fucking wild. Like, I, video games are just un- unbelievable. I was never a, a big gamer. Like, I went hard with games in, like, middle school. It it was, it had to, like, really, I had to really like it to want yeah. to play it a lot. Like, because, like, they, they would fizzle out for me. Mortal Kombat, I played up. Fuckload. Yeah. When that first came out, that was my jam. I couldn't play Mortal Kombat on a console because it was so long when it was uh, a con uh, when it was uh, in an arcade game, yeah. and it just like it just didn't feel the same. I was like, yeah, I'm like this, this one's not for me. I like a lot of the side scanners, was like the Metroid series. Metroid was sick. Metroid was insane. I it was not weird for me to play metroid until like i had blisters on my thumb vector man you ever played vector man i remember vector man i don't remember ever playing it much earthworm jim earthworm jim now see that's where i started to kind of drop off earthworm jim is one of those weird ass toe jam and earls another one a weird ass fucking dope do you remember the turbo graphics 16 no the bonk game nec made that console and they had their their cartridges were on like small like credit cards almost like it it was it was nuts so they oh <laughs> they had like small like credit cards uh credit card size games and they had uh they had some really good games but like their their like flagship game was this little like caveman baby named bonk that's with yeah. a giant, I don't but, even. I do not remember that. Oh man, it was crazy. Uh, it was not I had very popular. Another system that I had to have that was that went fucking nowhere oh. was um, that Game Boy 3D. Oh, Game Boy 3D. Yeah, that, that fucking thing you strapped on your head. You look like yeah. a fucking dolt. Yeah, it was like the first. It was bullshit 3D. That's fucking wild. It yeah, was like I remember a, that. It was so dumb. Yeah. Uh, Wario World. I and, and what I played on that. It's, all the time. it's crazy. Dumb like, as shit. The handheld market had to have that though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because it was so cool back then. Of course. But it it was really terrible. Oh, it didn't go anywhere. No. <laughs> no. It's like uh, the fucking original. The original NES. The what the something gyroscope whatever it was. Like he had a fucking gyroscope. The robot. Okay. 
That was that is way before your time. No, I, think. I don't remember. No, I mean, I was I was alive for the whole thing. There was. I was eighty four. You were eighty four. Yeah, yeah. Atari came out what right at, right after I was born, probably. Uh, I want to say Atari might have been like eighty one initially, like right before. I was but born. yeah, it was like, and that was like they were yeah. killing it. And then NES came out, and the original NES came came with two games. Or maybe three. Super it might have been Mario. three. Yeah, one was Super Mario. And, oh, Duck Hunt and uh, it, yeah, they were together. Yep, and there was a third I was nasty game. at Duck Hunt. What the fuck was it called? And there was like a the, the it came was, with a gun. There was a robot with this funky like top, and it would move around and like drop it, and it was part of the game. I think the game was Hunt? called like Gyroscope. No, oh, oh, oh. yeah, it was. It was I crazy. Remember that? Yeah, it was nuts, man. I did uh, a really good video game trivia round one time in fact i might have it on my hard drive um my one of my one of my first trivia podcasts i had ever done it was so good i did a music round like i took like my wife's like favorite sega genesis game echo the dolphin loved it i took the soundtrack hard that oh it was wicked hard and it was just it was just dynamite. So I took all this stuff and like all these questions. I had these two dudes, um, too. He's like he's 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 a clever dude. And then the other guy is uh, he's like locally this guy Scott. He's locally in our area known as like the video game guru. Like he's got his own oh, little yeah. video game museum and stuff. That's dope. He is the singer for the this this uh, metal band called One Ton Tommy Gun. Sounds amazing. Oh yeah, and they're they're brutal. It's so good. But he is like it was unbelievable. So he had never played the game before. But it was I, I even forget how it turned out. But it was just so freaking good. I had a like a whole audience. Everybody from trivia was just like, no, no, no. We want to see how this is going to go down. And it was it came out so good, man. It's Live recording. If that That's shit never insane. happened, the hundredth episode of Jigs and Bigs never would have happened. That's crazy. That episode was great. That was unbelievable that yeah. was like one of the best nights of my life that's so up there fun. it was it was so goddamn good uh and it was good you guys came out and you got to experience springfield and all it has to offer <laughs> all its glory <laughs> all of its glory holes but there's big fucking carp there bro there are big carp there we got i'll bet you on them. i'll bet you could you could probably find a 50 pound mirror in right near the basketball hall of fame maybe 40 you know yeah that would be dope. That would be. You talk about like an amazing photo holding right this giant carp with fucking fuck basketball. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I love it. I fucking love it. They all just flop anyways these days. It's a fucking flop fest. Flops everywhere. Fucking soccer and basketball should just like merge, quit. Oh. I do actually enjoy watching both soccer and basketball. Yeah. I do not yeah. mean that. Uh, <laughs> oh, my but God. But they do fucking flop like bitches half the time. I can't fucking stand that. You know what I think we should do? I think we should fire up our uh, our skillet and make some steaks. I'm fucking... I'm and, finally hungry. And mix up some cocktails. We Did we say what type of pizza we had earlier? I don't think I don't we think actually we went into touched the details. base on no, the no, fact no. that we had a BLT fucking pizza. Yeah. And it was. We each had one, and I devoured mine. Yeah. Like it was. I just like unhinged my jaw, and then it was gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it was, was so good. Out of this fucking world. Um, he, no, the lettuce did not go into the oven. No, that's a big thing for a lot of people. And I don't think the tomatoes did. I don't either. think it did either. They were like fresh tomatoes. They had like 
like yep. the right sort of texture. They weren't yeah, like, like melting diced everything up else. Small. Yep. You know, it was really good. On the top, but the bacon was in the in the fucking crust was perfect. My uh, I think that's that's one of the things. There's two things really that make a pizza. What's that? And the first thing on a regular pizza, yep, is the fucking sauce. If you have a shitty tomato sauce like yeah. Domino's, sauce is fucking disgusting. Yeah. I just it how anyone eats that shit and how that chain has survived this fucking long blows my mind. Yeah. When was the but last time you had Domino's? I don't I refuse. Oh, all right, okay. I, I don't even know. Yeah. Unless it's like here, this pizza, like if I was on a boat somewhere and somebody said, here, have this slice of pizza, I'd probably eat it. But, gotcha. Um, by choice, I would rather have Cumberland's Farm pizza. Their sauce is better. The breakfast pizza is pretty good. Their fucking sauce is better. Yeah. It's, and it's not great. No, it's, it's not. It is, but Domino's. yeah, it is, it is certainly um, better. Papa John's, too, just their sauce is horrid yeah i don't know it's garbage i don't know how that the crust chain is definitely anything it makes a huge difference yeah i think crust is is for me and i like them all too there's not oh, a yeah. lot of crusts you can perfect out there and there's so as many as different you styles <laughs> you know yeah like i worked at a stone oven pizza when i was in uh north carolina for all right years, and i ate uh a lot of pizza but we we cooked our pizza first on the con- conveyor like through the oven Yep. Melted all the cheese, and then we took it out and slapped her on the stone to crisp up the fucking crust. Oh, yeah. So and it's got it that crunch. Awesome pizza. Yeah. And um, the sauce was unbelievable. There are, you know, regional styles of pizza that, like, in the Northeast, we're lucky, you know? We have a lot yep. in this area, and, and, and there, I, my thing is I don't like to, like, compare apples to, or like, I am a... a Clearly, if you just look at me, I am a guy that will eat New York style pizza and then immediately eat a Chicago deep dish. Right. We call that a bang bang in a Slam. professional world. Yeah, I I love them all. I fucking love deep dish. I I love them all. You know, I get it. It's different. So good. I've been really interested in is it is it Detroit style, where I think it's I think it's I forget the, the square the, the style. Yeah, it is. But like the cheese, it, it goes right to the edge. Of the pan and it's in a deeper dish, so it's got a little bit more. Yeah, it's almost like almost like a a, 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 a focaccia in a way. Yeah, like it's that level of thickness. And there's, uh, I think Yum. I've also heard this. This my pizza dad would make some freaking dope pizza that my grandmother, oh. my Italian grandmother, taught him how to yep. make, and it's fucking out of this world. <laughs> fucking, I'm gonna use some when I cook tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Crushed red pepper. Yeah. All right. I I almost I had to actively think of how to say those words right now. Crushed red pepper. Crushed red pepper. I had to actively think to make myself say that. CRP. I have an uncle. Right. He passed away, but I can remember uh, my father and and I and my sister would go over to over to his place, and uh, and we'd all hang out, and he would make these deep dish pizzas that were out of this freaking world and i think yeah i think this is at sunapi we vacationed together right the two families up at uh lake sunapi yep in new hampshire and i was wicked young wicked young and he was making and i'm sure he was a few pops in for the evening right and he was making uh these deep dish pizzas like cast iron skillet like deep dish pizzas hell yeah 
So good. And he'd be like, yeah, can you pass me the crud rush? Pe-? <laughs> like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Stumbled over it. It was so early in my childhood, and that became the stupid little inside joke for everything. So every so every time I'm like- Crunch red pepper. Crud rush pepper. Crud rushed. <laughs> crud rush. Give me that crud rush. Give me that crud rush. I need it. Bitch. <laughs> All right, let's go make some drinks and cook some food. Fuck yeah. We'll be back. This was awesome. We'll be back. We'll catch up with you guys later. <laughs> Good day! Well, here we are, guys. Jigs and bigs. That's the thing. If, if there's ever an issue when something hits the fan as far as the production goes of this, I'm going to do my best to deliver on it as possible. And uh, and hopefully hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed that interview with, with, with Todd. So it was great to have Todd back on the show. I'm really excited for what the future holds for Todd. Um, speaking of that trip, I had uh, I had made an order from uh, from Taya. Todd's girlfriend that uh, that is the owner and proprietor of Poetic Pours. I had ordered two of those uh, cocktail kits, uh, and they arrived. And uh, I'm looking forward to making some drinks with the misses. I or I ordered one of the old fashioned because I love it, and I've got a variety of whiskeys that I can go ahead and throw in, make some great cocktails. Or uh, I had picked up the mule one based off of Todd's recommendation. It, it would make for a great gin buck, uh, which is an old old timey cocktail, and I think I think my wife might really really enjoy that. I really do. So we're going to go ahead and uh, mix up some drinks using that. I am going to be interviewing Taya uh, after her book arrives, and uh, we'll be talking about all, some good stuff, and, and we're going to have a good time. It'll be it'll be a great time. We got lots of good stuff coming up for you guys, too, also. Um, we got Mikey Balls on the schedule to record with us. Uh, we also have another local guy, uh, Joshua Wade, who's going to be uh, jumping in and talking about an event coming up uh, for, I believe, Disabled anglers and uh this is coming up later in march so i mean you know we're just getting into february we're just kind of dipping our toe into february but i can already feel that like spring is is just about here like we're almost getting into that that section where i'm getting really excited to get back out on the water i got a very strong feeling i'm going to be in my kayak in march uh, very, very awesome. strong. Yeah. Um, I won't. Uh, I'm having surgery next week, so I won't be able to do any. I will be one handed man, one armed man. Oh, for that's right. Month. Um, so as soon as that heals up, uh, then it's a quick rigging job on the kayak and yep. we are game. Um, one thing I want to throw in, Bobby, I, I didn't mention, I realized. Mm-hmm. So I have AJ's uh, brochure here for his guide service. Yes. If anybody's in the Saranac Lake region up there, up there in the Adirondacks, battlefishcharter.com b-a-t-t-l-e-f-i-s-h-c-h-r-t-e-r that is aj i met him uh, he said he would uh, like to be on the show so i'll be reaching out to him um ice fishing's going on up there right now check it out give him a buzz if you uh yep. want to catch some fish through the through the hard water there uh i think does he do uh kayak guiding trips or is it big boat or Good question because this might be his winter brochure. He might have a summer one too. Oh, that's what I'm wondering. I don't know. Okay, this is what he handed me. Um, again, we're going to talk to him on well, the show. Yeah, exactly. Day. We'll get the details because I'll tell you what. I think that actually sounds like it could be friggin' awesome <laughs> to do a trip up there. So maybe we can make that happen. I mean, now, like you know, now that the schedule is going to be announced and everything, and you're going to have an idea of what's going on, it would be cool if you and I could kind of schedule a spot to go and do a jigs and bigs trip and just fucking catch some catch some some fish you know 
Some slaunch. Some slaunch. It's been a while, so I think we're a little bit overdue. Um, I think I think that's about going to do it. I think that does it for this show. Yeah, let's get the hell out of here. Guys, thank you so much for checking out this week's Jigs and Bigs. I appreciate you so much. Uh, I know Sean does as well, and uh, we've got big stuff coming for you guys. Remember, the Springfield Sportsman Show is happening the uh, weekend of February 24th. You're going to want to come and check it out. we got Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm going to be there all three days. It's going to be awesome. There is potential that uh, that I'm, I'm kind of hoping that Becca and I might be able to make uh, Eastern States Exposition history. You know, I'm hoping. We'll see what happens. Uh, more on that to come, guys. Looking forward to the Sportsman Show. Big shout-out. Thanks to Jeff up in Cheshire for just being awesome and dealing with all of our freaking, you know, moronic stuff and everything. We appreciate you guys. All of our listeners, you guys are awesome. Remember, we got merch available at jigsandbigs.com. Remember uh, that you can also check out uh, our, our – oh, you can leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcast or give us a rating on Spotify. We appreciate you guys. Uh, to our jig heads who are in here, Vidal, we got Fishing the Sticks, we got Chrissy Fishing, we got Mike Mariani. Guys, have yourselves a good one. Go out there and catch some freaking fish. Any catches that you're making, make sure to tag us, guys. We'd love to kind of uh, uh, sing your praises and uh, and get behind you because really we're kind of living vicariously through you. Um, although this week yep. I have a date with some brook trout. That's that's happening. You Do know, it, I'll, be, I'll be back at it. I'll be back at it. And there's a spot lower river I want to go. Now you got me thinking about pike, and uh, I might want to. I might want to throw around one of those spinner baits I bought from Matt there from Klondike Custom Creations. God damn it! I just can't stop plugging. Jesus Christ! All right, guys, have yourself a good one. We will see you next time. Uh, I appreciate you. Make sure to share our show with your friends if they love fishing or if they just love being entertained by a couple of lightly roasted hippies arguing on on the internet about fishing. Uh, have yourselves a great week. And like we always say, piss out my ass! Piss out my ass! Hush now, child. And don't you cry.